One podcast has crushed the horror landscape, leaving behind the silent audio waves of all of those who have came before. Introducing our hosts. This man needs no introduction, but needs seven takes to record his own. He is known for rating bad movies high and known for rating good movies high. Don't try to call him because he only phones it in. He is our host from the foreign land of Canada, Mood 616. This man is willing to die even on the smallest of hills. He argues to the point in which he disagrees with himself. A man who knows a remake when he sees one. He is the Mexican-born super producer known as the humble one and the sexy one, JP. They are known for creating superstars out of their guests. They are known for being the number one horror podcast on the Horophilia Network, except for when they allow others to take a turn. They are the devil's advocate of horror podcasting. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Ho, 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 it's going down right now. Episode 97 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am the host from the West Coast, Uncle Big Dick, rolling thick in the candy paint super sport, a.k.a. Moods. Yeah. And of course, I got the full-blooded half-Mexican double shot J, also known as JP, by my side. Yeah. And finally, we have the man who thinks plot holes don't matter, calls a Serbian film a suburban film, and will argue that any Asian film is better than your favorite film, D-Borgie 86, also known as Derek here. What's going on, homies? What's up, man? That was a a really funny intro. (laughs) And I did it in one take. I'm I'm very, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. (laughs) Yeah, I was, I was thinking about the suburban film thing. Fuck, it's making me laugh all week, man. So I had to throw it in there. <laughs> Makes me laugh. Ah, shit, man. So what's going on, guys? How's your Other week been much. going? Other uh, much? Not not too, too bad. A oh. little, little busy. Um, had a Christmas party and stuff. But I will say that uh, one thing that happened this week, actually today, two hours ago, the ratings came out for Horophilia month of November. And those mm-hmm. fucking bastards over at Exploding Heads beat us once again. I know, right? Yes, they did, those motherfuckers. Even though we have three in the top ten, three of the four shows we did last month made it, um, I still feel like we're the big winners. You know, it, you know, they got one show there. It happens to be the number one spot. But, you know, I'll, sometimes I'll take three. I'll take three. It's just it's kind of a shame that the uh, Sergio Martino show didn't make it. I guess it's posted a little well, bit too I'm, late. So I'm not sure if it actually is because... Um, you know, it didn't get enough downloads similar to what happened last month or that it was actually posted on the first because it was kind of weird where I, I didn't get it up till really, really, really late on the last day of the month, which would technically after midnight was the, the, the next day. So I don't know if it's just that or yeah. if it's actually I, I would have to ask Jason, I guess, but. Well, let's kind of hope that it's uh, that it was posted on the first, because then maybe it's eligible for this month too. So, because I mean, we are having uh, last episodes that are you know eligible to be in the top ten for this month. So we'll see, we'll see. I guess we'll find out. Last we'll Jason, see what's up. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny too, because Martino, the Martino show is actually doing better than the uh, Lamberto Bava show on my channel. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was kind of curious. I when I looked at the top ten, I went, "Wow, the Martino show didn't make it." Um, which you know, obviously, there's like a week difference within uploads there. So, 
Yeah, so, it, it's, it's odd. You know, sometimes I want to just tell everybody who listens on your channel to stop and, like, hey, <laughs> download the show so we can beat Exploding Heads because our actual viewership is much higher than theirs if you count not to sound like a dickhead or anything, which just, I, <laughs> no, I just totally all. sounded like a dickhead. I apologize, but you know, we've also been around for like three years, so they should we should be fucking seven times higher than them by now. But you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, you know when you when you factor in the crazy amount of views that you get on on the YouTube your channel, which is you know five hundred to seven hundred views ish, sometimes less when when they underperform. But you could usually bank on five hundred, you know by the mm-hmm. yeah. by the month, uh, and. You know, it, sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish everybody would just stop listening on there and then download it. But then I'm like, no, because I like. I, then I would be sad that those numbers would look all shitty. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So um, the real key here is to just get more listeners. So um, we need exactly. to, we need we to reach out a little bit more. And and I've been trying to. I've been trying to sort of um, like download. We we're on Horamino now. I, I've been posting on there. Uh, also, um, I've been posting on Instagram, Instagram all the time. Yeah, you know what's funny, Derek, about that what's Instagram? Uh, my friend who I work with, he is an Instagrammer, which I don't use Instagram. And um, we were standing, uh, you know, somewhere, and, and we, he was showing me um, this car on that he was thinking about buying on on Instagram, and under like recommended like follows or whatever i don't know how instagram works but the 22 shots of uh, moods and horror podcast instagram was like recommended mm-hmm. to him which yeah. is weird because he never clicks on like he doesn't follow any of our stuff or anything you know what i mean so i don't know why that was recommended yeah. to him you know that's, that's, <laughs> that's really totally random weird. yeah i don't know if it, it's it's completely random um <laughs> that's funny it's really weird. I'm so confused. I'm still confused by how that would have popped up. But, um, yeah, so, uh, but we did get the second, third, and fourth place spot with uh, episode 92, Dario Argento 2, in the second spot. Uh, episode 94 in the third spot, which was Lucio Falci 2. And then episode 93 in the fourth spot, which was Lamberta Bava. Um, which, you know, I- I'm really. I'm 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 always happy to have any in the top ten, let alone top five, let alone top three. You know, second and third spots pretty nice, and that fourth spot. So I, I'm always interested in those ratings. But Dave, like he was pretty much on every one, <laughs> like the whole top ten. Banana Laser, Skeleton Crew. Yeah, he, like, he, he's season. only two episodes out of all ten of them. That's crazy. Yeah, there's there's an exploding heads member in every single one except for the third, except for the fourth spot. Yeah, the Bava one. Yeah, that's crazy. That's wow. (laughs) Yeah, and Moods is like, I don't want to podcast with anybody else. When Lewis asked that question. Yeah, I was more, I was more or less fucking around. I honestly can't even fit into anyone's time slot. Yep. You You know the the schedule ever. And I'm just. I know, I just can't do it, so whatever. I know, like I said, I've had to turn down a few opportunities. I'm just like, ah, oh, I can't do it on those days, man. Yeah, but, yeah, it, it, yeah it would be good, Yeah, I seen Greg Amortis posted the show the other day, and he's like, this is a solo effort, guys, or whatever, and I was like, what the hell? I haven't, I'm sorry, I haven't listened to Land of the Creeps in, oh, probably over a year, but 
I listened from day one, like literally their mm-hmm. first episode. Um, and he was you know, doing the show by himself. That's what it said. He said he did a solo wow. show. So I don't know if he's just like like I know his one co-host, the one that he started with. I, I believe he started with t- two guys. I believe one of them actually passed away, honestly, which is kind of messed up. Um, but the other one is uh, what was his name? Like the Hattonfield Hatchet or something. I think that was him. And um, he, I don't know. I think he was going back to school and all kind of stuff. So. So I, I don't exactly know for sure what what's going on, but I know he had a bunch of other co-hosts on there at one point. So I, I don't I don't know. Doctor Shock, I believe, from a um, bunch of stuff. He was he was a co-host at one point. I yeah, think, yeah, so. yeah. He was. Um, which yeah. So I, I don't know. Like that sucks that, that if he couldn't find anybody to do the show with him, you know. But. Yeah. yeah, well, he hasn't asked me in a while because I think I turned down like three or four <laughs> times. And I'm just like, yeah, I kind of get the point now. <laughs> so it's never going to work out, man. It's never going to work out. But, yeah, that sucks, man. That sucks. Yeah, it's the same with me. I would like to guest star on a lot of shows. Uh, actually, ironically, I was supposed to be on uh, Exploding Heads 26, but then I started doing uh, the podcast with you guys. So I was like, I can't do this right now because I'm working with helping them out. as well. Yeah, exactly. It was going to break into Italian Horror Month, so I couldn't do that show. But I would like to like get the out there more and get more networking and all that good stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, but it does help because even, like I was telling Moods, uh, <coughs> when we recorded that little thing for the Horrorcast, their Academy Awards, there was two people on our Facebook page a week after that, you know, show posted that said that they just started listening i was like i'm always curious to where people you know found us yeah i saw that and two people said that they heard us on the academy awards episode and that they decided to check our show out so like that just that little clip that we sent in got us potentially two more listeners um which is which i i still have not even heard it yet I, I'm I like 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes in. I completely forgot about it. I, was, I heard it. I was trying to make a point of, you know, checking it out and listening to it and stuff. And then I just, it spa- I spaced on it. So I, I'd actually like to hear how it was edited together. So, yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, so um, I, I do think that it is good to go on other shows and, and try to sort of you know, let people know because that's that's half the battle is letting people know, right? Yeah, exactly. I believe Captain Flint yeah. said something like that once. Um, knowing <laughs> is half the battle. Is that what it is, or is that GI Joe? <laughs> um, I don't both. know actually. <laughs> anyway, it might be both. Yeah, um, <laughs> it could be both too. Besides yeah. that, this week um, this was really interesting. I posted this yesterday in the Facebook group and it went it went pretty hard honestly I, I saw that um, Mr. Parka made a little 10 unpopular opinion thing it wasn't all horror based like one of them was like I actually like McDonald's or something but I thought it would be pretty cool I mean, we might have done this in the group page before but I, I, I typed up my list and man it just went crazy if for those of you who are not in the Facebook page group page which you should be facebook.com slash group slash 22 shot podcast 
22 Shots podcast is the group to be in. You'll get all kind of crazy stuff like this. But my list went like this. My number one was the Thorn storyline in Halloween 6 is actually good. I stand by that. Number two, Japanese ghost story movies generally suck. I also stand by that. Uh, three, Shaun of the Dead isn't funny. Now, there is a few laughs in the movie, but overall as a whole, it's not funny to me. Uh, number four, Jason Goes to Hell is good, and I like the storyline of Jason Goes to Hell. Number five, there are more good remakes than bad. Number six, Paranormal Activity is very well made. Number seven, Rob Zombie is the master of horror. Number eight, jump scares are not bad is what I wanted to say, but I couldn't come out and say it like that, so I said, I don't mind jump scares. <laughs> I pussied out on that one. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis's performances are overrated, and Infected and Zombies are the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and people, I had a lot of people agree with me on a lot of them. Uh, a few yeah. didn't, but then people started posting their own, and there was some really absurd ones out in there. There was ones that I agreed with. It was it was a ball. It was fun. What'd you guys uh, think of that? You know, I've never been a big fan of these things, man. Because they're they're fun just for a laugh and stuff. But it's when everyone starts chiming in and every, you know everyone has an opinion, right? So shit usually gets out of control and people get offended and start fighting and things. Yeah, that's you. Moods uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't take it. Moods <laughs> and Jason Lloyd are having heart attacks, and Jason's saying absurd shit too. <laughs> I fucking literally stopped reading everyone's posts. I was just like, I can't. I commented on like. Three four of them and I was like hey this is fucking retarded I, I can't do this anymore but but it was going back to my days when I was a mod on the underground hip hop page and uh I used to moderate on there for years and every, you know, every month or two, someone would make a fucking thread, unpopular opinions. And it was just like pure shock value. It would just start worst arguments and people would be like, people would be getting banned. And, oh, it was just nasty shit, nasty shit. So, so usually when those, uh, those threads came up, I would just delete them right away. I'm like, Hey, no, we're not doing this right now. This is bullshit. Cause it just starts fights. And, but I, I had a kick out of this man. Cause when Matt, when Matt threw in his top t- his ten list, oh my god, I started pissing myself so hard because he was just fucking around. When he- uh, <laughs> Dude, I'm, that- ju- I'm just glad exactly. no one really commented on mine. <laughs> yeah, that's because all of yours was like shit that nobody even knew what the hell you was talking about. I don't even like I said. I kind of stopped reading. I only checked out Matt's because he said something in the group page, something about uh, Tara Reed should do more horror, and I fucking lost it laughing. <laughs> That was a good one, man. I agree. I mean, I don't mind Terry. And also, um, one that I saw that Sam posted that he completely fucked up and said it stupidly. And oh, I got. Then he removed it. He like changed it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. He said that um, most indie indie film indie horror films suck or something. And um, I 100% disagree with that because. Um, yeah. Most of our top ten is indie horror at this point every year. Yeah. Well, most, in general, are indie. I mean, it's just the way. Well, they, yeah, most horror films that come out these days, most of them he are. He meant to say like no budget films, like not yeah, even like what I budget, said. Like, no That's what I, yeah. I came in and was like, I think he means no budget because I agree with that. Most of them they do fucking suck bad. Mutantis, mm. for example. <laughs> but <laughs> Mutantis is awesome. It's great. I've never seen it, so I can't come. You, you, you do not feel that way. No, it's it's no, anyway. it really great. But um, but yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with that. I was I was laughing at them because I can actually read those and not care. Like that that stuff doesn't bother me. Like some of them I think are stupid and I think you're dumb, but 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't it doesn't like ruin my day or anything. Like like some things that people were saying, I was like, that's just that's just like Zach, like Return of the Living Dead is garbage or something. I'm like, it's just right. not even. I, it's just not. Even <laughs> he true. literally said that every <laughs> single day too to us. Yeah. So. Uh, when it was his number one on there, I was like, "Wow, fuck that doesn't that doesn't surprise me one bit." No, he added like ten thousand other films that he hates. I had a really strong distaste for that film, and, and I swear most of it isn't even warranted. I think now it's become such a novelty in itself, you know, just to you know, just to just to stress how much he hates that film. I find it so amusing. There's just no fucking way that he can't find anything likable about that film. I just, I don't find that believable. And I've said this before. You know, it's like, you know, I don't really give a shit if people like the same films that I do and whatever and stuff. But there's a certain amount of films that I just can't get over the fact people are like, that sucks. I, just, I, I, I chime in. That's like, that, that's. I mean, I could, you know, you saying, oh yeah, this faulty film, whatever it sucks. And no, with Return of the Living Dead, it's like, it's, it's like saying Day of the Dead is the worst in the trilogy it's like what like no like <laughs> i don't know man there's just certain things i just can't handle so gotta chime yeah. in yeah it's always funny when what, zach's what, what was the one that was like most absurd to you guys uh, you could remember. So, so many that i was just like oh my god oh, the one that... you're from the keyboard <laughs> yeah there was so many though. it was like there's a few about black christmas i know that yeah, it seems like a lot of people do think. I, I really want to see Dave's commentary because, if I remember correctly, back when I, we did the review on Black Christmas, I remember that I said that I felt like there was a lot of plot holes in the film, but I didn't write them down, so I was having a hard time remembering them. If if I'm if I were, I mean that was, uh, not, that was like ninety some episodes ago at this point, but you know three years ago. But I, I think that I remembered that was my biggest beef with the film. So I, I want to see what he points out, but he did a video commentary. It's on horrorphilia.com if you want to check it out. Um, it seems like there were a lot of people that that were kind of saying that about Black Christmas, though, that it's a little overrated. Um, which, by the way, when, when I do these lists, I, I hate when they turn into, like, I think that this is overrated or I think this is underrated. Because to me, that's not what the list is about. Like, I tried to limit it to one, like, overrated thing because – like saying something's overrated isn't really an unpopular opinion because any pretty much everything's overrated or underrated depending on your perspective. Um, mm-hmm. When you say like jump scares are not bad, that's that's an unpopular opinion. Or when you say like um, paranormal activity is good, you know what I mean? Like you're not saying it's underrated because like underrated is like just. It's, it's yeah, I know. It's like a, it's not saying that it's good. It's just saying that you think that it's better than people think it is. That actually reminds me too, because Andy he didn't even do a top ten, but he did like five, and his number one was Suspiria is overrated, and I I just fucking burst out laughing. Uh, and then it was Freddy's Dead is actually a good movie. Friday Eight is the best in the franchise. Maximum Overdrive is the best King movie. In yeah, Prom Andy's, Night. I it's better completely rolled my eyes at and couldn't even take it seriously. I literally. <laughs> fucking busted a gut because those are actually all his real opinions though like friday yeah. is his favorite in the franchise and like i, I just like holy shit andy like yeah but i just can't take mark. it serious like i feel like he doesn't really believe that he just wants to, he just wants that's just what he wants to say like i don't know yeah. how you can look at maximum overdrive and say this is stephen king's best adaptation like this movie right here is the best right, one. Yeah. The one with all these plot holes. Like, like lo- logically, how can you look at it and say that? Like, Terrible I don't know. actor by Lisa Simpson. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah. The- 
<laughs> there was one. Um, Mike Merriman said that. Uh, what did he say? He said that uh, owning physical media is now a waste of time, money, unless you are specifically a collector. Which turns out, I actually agree with that. Unless you're a collector, it is a waste of time and money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny when as soon as I seen Dave post a list and he had uh, Memory on Elm Street remake is not a bad. F- I knew he was going to have that on there. Like even before I, agree I even with that, up the though. thing. I don't think it's a bad movie. Like if it, if it existed in its by itself in its own world and you never seen any of the Elm Streets, it's technically not a bad movie. It's just it's just a bad remake because of the shit that they do. Is, but doesn't is, that make it a bad movie though? I mean, in general, like I mean, it is a no, remake. Because I try to leave, because it's not a sequel, right? So there's no connection to the first film other than the fact yeah. that they're redoing it. I don't think that what happens. Yeah, it's like the interpretation of that of that original classic film, and I don't know, man. I, I just have a hard time saying that it's it's a well made. I, I just, I mean, it's not like it's not like comparatively to a no budget film you know in that realm of shittiness you know it's just it's it's more about the story and the execution of the film but the and... story is fine the story's fine in the elm street remake the story's decent like it, it's actually it has, better it than, it's 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 almost better than the original story like the pure story is almost better because in the original it just has it's the same so, thing I... it's the same thing the original and the remake have the same storyline except for one difference and the one difference is, is that you don't know if Freddy's innocent or guilty at first, which I think was a, a great addition to the, the story, especially if you're going to remake it, because then it's like, whoa, wait, what if they switched everything? They made the right choice and didn't switch everything, but yeah. at least it got you thinking, which I did like that. The, the addition mm-hmm. of the micronaps was cool. There's certain things about it, but people that say like, "Oh, like they got rid of all the comedy," it's like, no, they didn't. It's still filled in that. I'm movie. just petting her. Yeah, or like, <laughs> I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Wait, that's the original. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing Jackie early. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know, no. man. I, I think I think when we cover this, we'll get into it more. But yeah, there there is there is little points in the remake that I can't stand. Like narrative wise, it just drives me nuts. Can but can you just give one example of of like the of narrative things that you don't like? Well, just things. That, I, I guess more something that they changed. I mean, just Freddie being like a straight up child molester. I know people have these arguments and stuff, but in the original film, you know, he was never actually labeled as that. You know, he was a child murderer, and you know, there's a big difference though. And I think people seem to overlook the difference in what a child murderer is and a child molester is. I mean. It's like it's like a 180, man. Um, I just well, that's just that's literally because you like Freddy, though. Like you don't no, want him to be. No, a child it's molester. even putting it's even having your main villain as a molester as a, like a child molester. That's just fucking wrong, gross. And well, you know it, if he's just yeah, if he's but, going I mean, around, I mean you uh, can kill the kid uh, and not touch the kid, but if you're killing the kid and touching him, maybe not even maybe not in that order. I don't know, man. Much, and it's pretty much typecast because Jackie Earl Haley actually played a child molester before that in another yeah, film. Yeah, but that, that, that doesn't have much. That's kind of ironic, it. though. I mean, that's just more of a coincidence, too. But yeah, uh, Well, to be fair, the in the original film, in the script, he was a child molester. They took it out, and it was never <laughs> in the original film. It is in the sequels, though. There's evidence of it. 
in for the sure, sequels. for sure. But I mean, that, I mean, that's a totally different conversation. Yeah, the sexual I'm and the Ingo and stuff. That yeah, he does. I'm glad they took that out of the original film and stuff. And you yeah. know, I mean, there's but a big I mean, difference. do you get mad about it in the sequels too, though? <sighs> I mean, it's not my favorite thing in the world. I mean, <laughs> that's because you got a yeah. tattoo of him. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with that. I mean, it's, it's a fictional character. It's not like yeah. this is a fucking real person tattooed on my arm. It's that. Yeah. That's just weird. <laughs> wrong but you know what i'm saying it's like uh, i don't know I don't the, know, the, the I, other I, one that gets me going and i know that you agree with dave on this and uh because i use it a lot man when i'm watching films i really i like to be involved with the people i'm watching i like to i like to uh you know kind of care about characters and stuff and and you know of course dave i think i swear that was directed at me because i always say that how much you know if, if there's certain films out there and everyone is just a total shithead character it fucking annoys me when I'm watching films, man. All these cliched, shitty characters that I don't give a flying fuck about if they die or live or whatever. You know, I mean, you have the argument of why do you need to cheer for characters and stuff. You technically don't, but it is nice to be invested. If but, you're going to sit there for 90 minutes, it's nice to actually have someone see, that's but, relatively relatable to you and that you can actually try to identify, identify with and, you know, at least get the... I can the identify depth with bad people too, though, because it, it's if they're if they're... If they don't have I any can, depth I can to them, cheer for them. What's you that? know? I just, I the thing is, I can too. I just don't want to. I just don't feel if I'm watching this film. I mean, there's got to be something decent about it. Some you got to get something decent out of it. Every, if everything just sucks, it's just such a fucking downer. Yeah, I know it's I kind like of downers. Like I don't know. Yeah. Like, to me, it's like okay, you look at a film like you know, kids or something. Like nearly every character is a piece of shit in that movie. But I love it because it's like it's a it's a study of these people that suck kind of. And to me, it's like I don't need to like somebody. I'm I'm looking at it like like an objective person who doesn't. I'm just watching the story unfold. I don't have to care about this person or that person. But but in certain films, I do. Because but, if the narrative is based on that, if the narrative is trying to get you to... But this is what I'm talking about, horror film. I mean, if you're talking about kids versus a horror film, in kids, it, it is what it is. I mean, they're not fighting for their life and shit like that. I, it, theoretically, I don't want shitty characters and shitty people to live in films. So that's annoying. So, like, when this fucking shithead lives in the fucking film, you're like, that's ridiculous. That's so stupid. I don't even care about this guy. See, but but sometimes that happens, though. Like, that's the way I look at it. Is like sometimes I'm talking about your main gonna... characters. What's that? I'm talking about your main characters, though, too. Like, yeah. you know, your final, your final girl, I mean, is like a total sucky shithead. You know, well, like, who gives a fuck about her? She's just different, a, she's though, just a fucking because cunt. in a slasher <laughs> film, the, the structure of the story is an arc for a character that is supposed mm-hmm. to make this character triumph over these things. So it is different in a slasher. You do kind of need to root for the final girl if you want to feel something at the end when she wins or doesn't so yeah. i agree with that but i'm just saying in general well, that's, that's i don't kind of what like i'm talking anybody. about i mean and when you're back to elm somebody... street yeah i 100 percent agree that the characters are fucking trash in the elm street remake they're not likable oh. at all and they're bl- they're not only not likable they're bland which is Dude. way worse than not liking if they were complete dickheads, exactly and maybe they're very they, bland yeah they, like very like bland. like let's say that the characters in elm street Lied and said Freddie molested him, and he really didn't, and he didn't do anything to him at all. He was just a nice guy. Like I would rather have that than just bland characters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I know, I know. I mean, those characters are just one-dimensional, fucking bland. No, 
there's no girth to him at all, man. This is boring shit. That's and a the way, problem. That's a and the big, way they deliver some of their lines was very like bland too. Like uh, when that reveal happens, like he did do it. <laughs> I, I can't watched... wait to cover that series one day because that yeah, I, gotta, I, I yeah. feel like we can spend an entire hour at least just on just on just on the remake. Oh, yeah. trust me, I'm watching that film with a fucking uh, you know picking apart with a fine comb too. It's like <laughs> I mean the delivery lines and certain dialogue and things I can't quite remember right now because to be honest, I've only ever seen it like once and a half kind of thing. I, I, yeah. I think I'm going to need a whole notebook. You always hear the same arguments with the Elm Street remake. And I I almost disagree and agree with them every time. It's the same ones. It's like, okay, Jackie O'Haley. You know what the movie sucks, but Jackie O'Haley's performance actually pretty good. Nope, I disagree. Jackie O'Haley's performance as Freddy sucks. It does. It just does. It's not. Of course, it's, it does. And it's and this it's is just, coming from a subjective point of view too. It's like you know, verse uh, compared to uh, Robert England as Freddy. No, we're not even trying to. We're just looking at his performance. It just seems so downbeat and shitty. It it just doesn't seem. It's just basic. Oh. It's a basic. It, it, I can do that. I can do that, Freddie. Like, yeah. All you have to do is sound a little emo, and yeah. just be sad sounding <laughs> and, and mad. Sad and mad. That's two notes. Yeah. Well, the thing he's not menacing at all, man. It's like no, 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 no. He's it, definitely not menacing. He's that's just, the thing. He's so downbeat and out of it. It it almost seems like he's. He's kind of giving it twenty percent, you know. It's you awkward. notice that when you watch the performance, it's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> it's almost laughable. Yeah, these people that are saying that his performance is the one good thing about the Elm Street remake. You need to watch it again. Come yeah, on, it's it's actually awkward. Like, it's actually awkward. Yeah, um, but anyway, mm-hmm. to wrap that, it feels like every once in a while we get into this long conversation about the Elm about Street Elm remake. remake. We could take all the clips of us talking about the Elm Street, re- Street remake in the past ninety some episodes and literally ma- make like, a whole make clip a show whole about review it. on it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so <laughs> I-, I posted that thing. Unpopular opinions. It seemed like it hit. It was fun. It was funny. Uh, I enjoyed it very much. But. Besides that, I mean, I just wanted to also, in this intro, sort of plug the things that we're doing. As I said before, last episode, if you haven't heard already, um, we need two voicemails from you. One if you want. Either one if you want. One of them is what the greatest horror film to you is. uh, And that will be played at some point in episode 100. And then also in episode 100, we'd like a voicemail. You know, just something, something basic. You know, what, what, anything you want to say about the twenty-two shouts of moods and horror. You know, this milestone episode one hundred. So, those two things. Um, get them to me. You know, before episode one hundred, uh, please seven two four four two six 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 five. I believe is the voicemail number. If it is, if that is correct, that's the first time I've ever been able to do it off top of the dome. By the way, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> And also, we need iTunes reviews if you care to, if you want to. That would be nice. We've been getting them, and it's very, 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 very awesome. Um, like I say all the time, anybody who does iTunes reviews will be entered into any contest. Zach, that also includes you. Um, <laughs> saw that today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, episode, I believe it'll be 98 which will be the top 10 of 2016 that's approaching uh that episode will be recorded on the 8th of january 
and drop on the 11th. So I need all of the top 10 lists on the week of the 1st. So, you know, if you want to participate, please drop us a top 10 list via the email 22shotsmovesandhorror at gmail.com. Uh, and basically, we take all of them, put them together, assign each, uh, you know, entry with a point or a value, and then it gets sort of um, calculated into what the definitive top 10 list would be. We did it last year. It's pretty cool. Uh, got about 10 submissions so far. Uh, really, really want to get more. I definitely want to beat what we got last year, which I believe was, um, it was definitely way higher than 10. I don't remember exactly, but I'll, I'll know once I start getting a lot if it feels like I have more. I once think I we start got, like, math. at least over 20, didn't we? Oh, fucking way over 20, dude. Yeah, some I can't remember, but yeah, it seemed like we got a fair amount anyways. But yeah, get those in, man. Get those in. Get those lists in, guys. Yep. So please do that. And uh, I believe that is it. Hit up the Instagram. Hit up the Facebook, Twitter, 20 Shots Podcast. Um, and yeah, that's... That's all I got for you today, guys. Yeah. Q, Q. Well, with that said, um, I kind of forgot where we were in the show. I I guess we haven't even done news yet, have we? Nope. (laughs) So, yeah, let's get into some news. Yeah. All right. So, um, news, we will be discussing um, not a lot this week at all. So the first thing that I did want to sort of um, bring up is it's it's not necessarily news, but it's sort of rumors. And basically, every once in a while we get, we get news via like just the way things are done when you release something. Like, mm-hmm. we might, there might be a listing that is posted on Amazon for for a release and you know this release hasn't been announced somehow when, whenever Official. the film gets released you know um, there you have to go through these different channels like you know you have to set up the fact that you're going to be shipping them to Amazon and and you know sometimes the dates get mixed up and Amazon oh. lists them too early or whatever same thing goes with like IMDB for example when you you know sometimes things will be put on IMDB before they're ever announced and uh, yeah, so, oh, so I know I know what you're gonna announce. You're gonna announce the Blu-ray release for a suburban film, right? <laughs> that one coming out. Suburban film. <laughs> oh man. I wish. <laughs> I find it so funny. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. So um, basically, somebody shared in the Facebook group page that there is a listing. Uh, for the gate on blu-ray.com so did it have a company attached to it or did it just have the listing well we know who owns it so uh it did not um actually i don't let me let me check on that well, you know who owns it but i meant it's like it doesn't necessarily mean that they're the ones releasing it they could have sublicensed it out yeah except for they don't they don't oh, license out is it sony no um lionsgate who? Is it Lionsgate? Lionsgate? Yeah, so... That's, I couldn't remember who owned it, yeah. I pretty much would assume that it's a Vestron title. That's what I'm going to go ahead and assume. Um, because... That makes sense. The, actually, the company that, uh, it, that, I guess, leaked it or, you know, put put a, you know, pre-order s- listing up is actually Best Buy. 
So Best Buy was the first one to post the uh, listing, and it's it says that it's a February twenty eighth release date, I believe. Makes sense. So it's actually it does make sense because that's their February uh, release then. Yeah. So um, yeah. So and judging by the price, which is thirty four ninety nine. I assume that um, it's a restaurant <laughs> title. Maybe by then I'll actually get the other two that got released. Fuck. I still yeah. need oh. Waxwork and Chud 2. Uh, I, I, Return of Living Dead 3 and Chud 2, I, of course, pre-ordered, and they're unavailable or temporarily out of stock right now, of course. Like, fucking Amazon. I think that was happening down on .com, too, wasn't it? Some people were saying that they didn't get their copies and shit, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, a lot of things. Was, it's been happening a lot lately. Yeah, my creep show. That one didn't ship and stuff. And I, yeah. I think I. What was up with the one. creep show? Is it is it sold out? What's going on <sighs> with that? Did they I don't anything? know. I don't know, man. I pre-ordered the the slipbox thing and I didn't ship, so I have no idea what's it's going either on. Either two things. It's either they didn't get their shipment in yet, or it's sold out. That's the only two things I could think of. Because if you guys remember, we did a raffle for it on the Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. And I still have it pre-ordered for Matt, who won the raffle, because uh, I just did it directly from my Amazon account, so it ships right to him, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's still, it says not yet shipped, so, I mean, I don't know, it's not canceled or anything, but uh, I told him if it doesn't go, then we can, whatever else he wants for equal or lesser value, um, we'll send that to him. And, uh, yeah, so that's weird. That's kind of weird that that happened. I didn't. I didn't really expect Creepshow Two to be that popular of a title, honestly. Like I know it's a popular title, but I didn't know people wanted it that much. If it is sold out already, I'm thinking it's because it was like a limited slipbox edition, and it's Arrow putting it out. So yeah, but know. even even like some of the other Arrow limited things, they don't sell out nowhere near no, that no. fast. I know. I was actually just thinking about that today because. I was looking on the Arrow sale, actually, and there's a lot of limited edition stuff that's available for, you know, 50% off right now. Yeah. Crazy. So, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess Creepshow is just more popular than you thought it was, I, I guess. I don't know. That was Creepshow actually good. <laughs> that was actually going to be one of my unpopular opinions. Creepshow is not a 10 out of 10 or a 9 out of 10. <laughs> you were um, so... Yeah. You want to ask Creepshow 2 more than the original one? Um, I used to, but then I watched rewatched Creep Show too, and I was like, you know what? The raft isn't as good as I remembered it was. It's just yeah, not. That's, yeah. Um, and I and I, like I like Creep Show like a good bit, but it's just to me it's not as good as like Trick or Treat or Tales from the Hood. Um, I think Creep Show like the first segment in Creep Show, the Father's Day one. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's not good at all. Really? Bedelia! And then, wow. um, also, just, I don't like the Tide You Over one at all. I think it's silly. <laughs> yeah, we got oh, that before. I love the Tide Me Over, man. The Dude, best push, segment in there the is the one with Stephen King. Me or shit. Yeah. Yep, that's the best <laughs> one. And then, I like the crate, but it's, you know, it, it, the crate's really good. And then yeah. I like they're creeping up on you. I like the mm-hmm. wraparound too with Tom Atkins. That's why yeah, gods yeah. make fathers. Babe. But uh, continuing on here from our creep show talk, um, 
Amityville The Awakening once again delayed. Uh, this is probably the... I mean, this is a, going on a, a two-year delay now. <laughs> two full years, almost. And this it, one's it, coming right before it was supposed to come out, like a week before or something? Yeah, like, so it, yeah. A, a, it initially had a September 2014 release date. That yeah. was its initial release date. And now it's pushed back once again till June 30th of 2017. Um, or, or actually, scratch that. Um, yeah, no, I, that's correct. Actually, I would like to know <laughs> what this delay was. I mean, if it's supposed to come out in a week and then they delay it that long, like, what just happened? <laughs> Dude, but no, like the this film's been built. done. The film's been done. Like, this is Amityville, like twenty six. This is like the twenty sixth Amityville film, like. Do are they putting that much merit into this thing, or like they actually think the fans care that much about this shit? It's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. I, I just don't get it, man. I mean, it's obviously fully, fully done. You know, it, it has to be done. Yeah, I just think that it's an awful movie, and they don't know what to do with it. <laughs> just release the DVD, Jesus. Yeah, why Christ. don't they? Just, yeah, why don't they just put it straight to DVD? Um. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I really don't. So, so I mean, when you talk about Amity, the, you know, Amityville, um, I believe that officially, I, I've kind of looked around a little bit, and I believe officially there is Amityville 1 through 8. The remake is all part of the original series. And everything else is not part of the original is is uh unofficial and then and then up until Amityville the Awakening so so basically the the name Amityville isn't copyrighted like anybody can just go and make an Amityville film then yes like, is that because... is that what you're dealing with here so how is that name not copyrighted because it's a place well I mean you can still attach yeah. it to copyright. Because I mean, they're not calling it the Amityville Horror either, which probably is copyrighted. Maybe that's what that's, it is. That's true. But if you, you just would say copyright Amityville. the word Amityville. I mean, yeah, of course it's a place too, but you can still copyright a word. I mean, use it for, uh, you know, those purposes. But I, I don't know. I find that so intriguing that none of these – well, I mean, a couple of the entries, they're kind of related to the, the original franchise, aren't they, in storyline and stuff? I haven't seen any of them. So like, I they're generally kind of... I know a couple of them completely are not even, like, the, it's um, just the name. Yeah. I'm, yeah, but isn't that, like, public information? Like, I don't think you can be sued for talking about, like, public information, right? Like, like there was a like, house in Amityville where people said it was haunted. Yeah, they did that in one of the movies from this year, The Conjuring 2 and The Conjuring. They yeah. talk about the Amityville... It's not copyrighted because they used it. Yeah, I mean that's a little different too because they were actually talking about the real people that were actually apparently you know did investigations there too. So they were basing it off real people and real the real um, actual place. I don't I don't really know. I really don't understand how a lot of that stuff actually does work. But I don't know. It's intriguing. Yeah. I like to find out more about that because it just seems like I don't know. It's just so, that, so right now, that you want, but. there is um, 
eight, nine official Amityville films. Yeah. And then another one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight unofficial Amityville films. So 16 total, eight official, eight unofficial, with a ninth official on the way. Huh. <laughs> but I swear to God, if we do the Amityville series, we will do two shows. We will do the official Amityville series and then go into the unofficials which is the uh, another eight movies i think that's the best way to do it yes <laughs> oh my god this is so much shit to watch. franchise nice <laughs> nice uh, it has a nice ring to it yeah. and moves is supposed to answer is it nice yeah really so, uh, <laughs> yeah amityville is being pushed back after that, we have Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds is going to be uh, put into the National Film Registry. So, nice. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, got a little feedback here going on. All right, fixed it. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a little bit of news there. And this little bit of news, which isn't really news, it's just like, hey, this happened. Um, I guess on the Jack Frost commentary for the new release put out by Vinegar Syndrome uh, I believe it was a commentary moderated by Justin Beam and mm-hmm. basically the was it the director Michael or, Cooney is he the director yeah yes. writer director basically says that he wanted to do a Jack Frost 3 he started writing it uh, there's about 20 pages somewhere it was going to be giant Jack Frost. At the end of part two, there is this screaming Jackzilla, Jackzilla, and this giant carrot drops on the boat. The next one started off ten years later, and the kid is all grown up. It was going to be set in the city, and Jackzilla, this giant snowman, attacks a skyscraper, enveloping it in killing people coming through the vents and all that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's so stupid. So, so stupid. Um, I, I probably watched the video. <laughs> oh my god, that just sounds ridiculous. Uh, basically, <laughs> a few years ago, he said digital effects have come uh, down in price by now, and I think we could do it if someone wants to make it. I would adore the opportunity. It holds such a special place in my heart. <laughs> ah, digital, yeah. Done, Jack Frost. Oh my God, that's gonna take all that charm away from that hundred thousand dollar suit. <laughs> It'd be great if he fought like a giant. Never used to. If he fought like a giant Santa Claus in the middle of the movie. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like a terrible idea, man. Ugh, bad. <laughs> they just make it like a giant kaiju film with like like a giant like Jack in the Box and Jack Frost fights it. Frozen to the sun. <laughs> oh my god! I actually popped in Jack Frost late last night. I wanted to check out the transfer on the on the new Blu-ray, and I was just like, "Fuck, this movie's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad, but it's so entertaining, and it just looks it looks so good on on the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray. It's like it does. How did this movie get such a fucking good release, man? <laughs> It cracks me up, man. But I was just laughing. I watched about the first half an hour. I was like, yeah, this transfer is ridiculous. It's crazy. So, um, basically, uh, that's all the news for that Jack Frost thing. And then uh, after that, uh, the film, we mentioned this last week, that Train to Busan uh, was getting a remake, uh, a United States remake. 
and apparently it's going to get a sequel as well. So um, basically, it's going to follow the events of the, what happened at the end of the first one, which I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. And I just stopped reading there because it started talking about what happened. Oh, okay. The, the first one, but yeah. So apparently, it's getting a sequel. So we're getting a sequel and a foreign remake. Well, foreign to them, home to us. <laughs> I'm excited because I really enjoyed Trend Bazaar. I still need to see it. I hear it's on Amazon Prime though. So yeah, I got to check that one out for the year-end show somehow. I don't know. I yeah. don't know if I'm going to be able to do it or not. I have no idea. Speaking of the end-of-the-year show, like, I'm actually starting to come around pretty heavy on this year. I've watched a couple solid flicks of late, as of late. Thanks to Dave Z, actually, for and Brandon, for giving me a list of films that I should see. Because um, it's kind of coming down to the wire. and um, Yeah, I... I I'll talk about it more on the end of the year show of like my actual thoughts on the year, but it mm-hmm. is actually, in terms of quality movies, it sort of does rival last year once you get to the actual quality movies. Yeah, there's some good ones. Well, I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Um, there's probably a lot that you still haven't seen, Moods, I would assume, huh? Yeah, well, there's a couple. I've been catching up. I've seen quite a few recently, so... But yeah, there's still a couple. Um, I still need to see the Neon Demon. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, still gotta see Jesus. that. But it'll be happening. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple. I want to see that Train to Busan or whatever, however you pronounce it and shit. That's another one. And The Wailing, that's another one I gotta check out. But Is it on Netflix for you? Yeah, The no. Wailing's on US Netflix. Oh, actually, it is now. That is. Yeah, I got it in my keys, so I'm gonna check that out. Stuff, so. Um, Good. But I did watch The Good Neighbor, re- actually, the day after you uh, reviewed it, Derek. Um, have you I really, seen... I really enjoyed it, actually. I thought it was good. Have you seen yeah, Shizo like... Diabolical? Yeah, yeah. i seen it a, while, a long time ago. What about uh, I'm the Pretty Little Thing That Lives in the House? I watched that. It's, it's pretty good. I gotta rewatch that one, though. That's one that I might have to rewatch before the end of the year. That one's on my list. It's on my list to check what out. About so. Kill Your Friends. Yeah, I saw Kill Your Friends months ago. Uh, before Good I film. Wake. Um, was, is that one we're checking out? Before I Wake? It's on my list, but I, I wasn't 100% sure if it was actually, like, legitimately. I haven't, oh. I haven't looked into it. Is it, is it out yet? I think that's a 2017 one. Is it? Yeah, I think well, that one... the, the DVD doesn't come out until, I think, January or something like that. But. I'll have to look this into year. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about Fear Inc. Scare Campaign? Uh, the Mind's Eye. Well, Mind's, Mind's Eye I reviewed on the podcast. Yeah, Mind's Eye was good, man. Derek, we're getting some kind of feedback from you or Modes. Not sure who it is. Um, but, yeah, I, I still need to see a lot of those. Um, I really like Fear Inc. I seen Trash Fire. Did you see Trash Fire modes? Uh not yet, no. Alright. Um, let's go into the last little bit of news that I have here. It's more of like a PSA. Um so I apparently 
Scream Factory's release of Black Christmas, uh, they need to do the replacement disc program. They've done this a couple times. Um, once for Army of Darkness. Um, there was an, wasn't there another? Oh, Halloween Four. Four. Halloween. Halloween Four. And then we also heard from other people too that like the thing, Child's Play. Who said uh, that? Dead Ringers. I guess had a bunch of faulty discs on those too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, holy fuck, crazy. And I was like, shit, man, I haven't even checked out much Alice Play yet. I watched the thing, and it seemed like it was fine. I don't know what the problem is. Was I'm assuming it's probably not the whole pricing. It's probably just bum discs or something like that, but I don't know. I hadn't heard anyone else say anything about Child's Play. The thing, I didn't notice anything with mine. But uh, Well, they, yes. they uh, with the thing, they actually uh, postponed that release to another month because of the disc errors. But but they sent fucked up. But they sent fucked now? up this to all. Yeah. Oh, that, that's right. The screener copies. Because remember, Jason's copy was all fucked up. I think. That's funny. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But they pulled those before. Okay, that's what the problem was. That's right. That's right. But man, that seems to be kind of an ongoing thing. I was saying like, I don't know why they don't have some type of uh, quality control. You know, people that actually go over their releases before they officially release them to the public. Doesn't that kind of make sense to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, don't, really. I don't know how those companies work, honestly. But, like, honestly, like, you're putting out a mass product here. I mean, and like, it's is a... It, is it a case where it's, like, every single disc off the line is messed up? Or is it, like, halfway through production? Like It could be, like, Russian, it could be like Russian roulette sometimes. I, it seems like with the Black Christmas that, that the audio track is actually fucked up. So that's... See, that's on, something that I wouldn't notice, though. Like, because apparently, what is it? That it doesn't have the mono track included or something? I'm not actually 100% sure what it was. I didn't really read fully into it. I didn't even check out my copy yet because I just got it. And that news came out. So I was like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Um, but, I mean, they have had audio issues, minor audio issues yeah. in the past with certain releases. Like, Body Bags had a lot of, uh, like, a little bit of hissing and stuff. And that was just caused from, you know, the actual print or whatever that they used, the audio track that came from it. So, mm-hmm. well, I will uh, which say a lot that they didn't really notice. But I didn't notice it. For me, I noticed right away. And I remember I was one of the first people to even say about I was like, what the fuck's with this Body Bag, the audio on the... The, the first story and it was kind of kind of hissy and high pitch and stuff and sure enough on the forums and they were saying that yeah something to do with the audio track taken from the print or whatever was kind of screwy and stuff and I'm like <laughs> but they just don't say anything and it's like yeah it wasn't the only person that noticed so I don't know um, that me. but apparently the Black Christmas disc one uh, basically uh, the the replacement disc will include the original uh, mono audio track as it was presented on the prior release so it has something to do with the mono track which that do, like do you ever listen to the mono track so oh, yeah 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 some I mean like a lot of releases I do because I mean it's the original audio right because when you when you mix down something that was originally mixed in mono, into like 5.1 it, it changes it like completely like it's not yeah. supposed to be like that right so um you know it's it's kind of like you know a film that was shot in full screen and then if you put it into widescreen it stretches it out theoretically right so um with the audio yeah i mean it's, it just depends how it's mixed down but I, I apparently just, their mono track I, whatever must be fucky. is whatever is like when you hit play whatever plays that's what one i listen to yeah I never changed yeah. that stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, with older films, it makes sense because like a lot of that shit was. I mean, none of that shit was five point one mix back in the day and stuff, right? Yeah, so, that's true. So, so all you're doing is changing the mix on it, right? So you're literally changing the way that film actually sounds because a lot of that shit was not actually meant to, you know, have, um, you know, those sounds. Like, you know, it wasn't supposed to be mixed in five one. So that's why some of these films that are mixed like that now sound a little bit interesting and odd. It's one thing I do like about Arrow Video is that they do. Um, they include like just you know the general original audio track to the releases, right? So it yeah, sounds. Mo- doesn't most mm-hmm. doesn't like Screen Factory does that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm just saying, I never change it. I, I don't know. Like now, I'm kind of curious to see what like what's a film that I should change it on and try it out. Just to watch the mono track. Yeah, like um, if, like is it a, like is it a like what like is it a noticeable difference? Like, am I gonna be like, oh shit, this movie sounds completely different? Well, it'll probably be more in front of you. I mean, it depends on how your your audio system's set up, right? If you have a 5.1 system and you're sitting, you know, kind of in the middle room and you have the left and right, uh, you know, the the speakers behind you and stuff. Um, yeah, it just comes out, like, plain, like, all the same level, right? Well, you like, probably won't have any sound coming out of those in general. You shouldn't because it's not the 5.1 mix. See, that's where the 5.1 comes in. It'll mix it down, and then you'll get that wide range, right? Yeah, but I thought mm-hmm. when, when something's in, like, mono, it's, like, for example, like, the podcast, if we do it in stereo, like, certain sounds can come out of the right ear, certain sounds can come out of the left ear, but when it's mono, it's the same sounds come out of all ears, like, all speakers. Yeah, I mean, to to a certain degree, anyways, but um, a release, listen to mono tracks, I don't even know, man, I just... Uh... A lot of the older films I do, I just listen to it in the original audio just because, um, I don't know, because sometimes it does come out sounding a little fucky and shit like that, but, uh, you ever, it, it, with Chainsaw, I guess, um, do you watch with the 5.1 or? Whatever like, starts, right? when you put Chainsaw in and you press play, yeah, whatever it's on. Some releases, they come up with the brand new mix, right? Well, most releases yeah. like that, they, 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 they come up with the brand new mix because if Screen Factory did a 5.1 mix on fucking body bag something like that it's gonna come up on that but uh, yeah and sometimes it comes out a little hissy and shit because <laughs> it's not supposed to be like that I don't know <laughs> yeah that's where you get a lot of audio problems is the new mix downs and shit like that right so too many frequencies man too many frequencies <laughs> yeah oh yeah uh, it's very interesting I'm not really big in audio when it comes to yeah I mean neither that's why like, I'm not that hmm. Like, even, not even just audio, but, like, music in general. When people are like, oh, yeah, got that 80s blah, 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 blah type sound. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that no, is. Oh, soundtracks <laughs> is different for me, but, like, the like actual, like, audio tapes, like, people dialogue, it's a little different for me. But I, like, the you know the difference in, like, music and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so these replacement discs, if you bought the uh, Shout Factory... Black Christmas, um, and you want to get the replacement disc, uh, send it an email to the info at shoutfactory.com. I believe you have to have your like receipt and stuff. Uh, please provide your first, last name. Uh, oh, also, please include Black Christmas replacement pro- program in the subject line. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, yeah. So, must provide proof of purchase, photo of receipt, blah, blah, blah. Um, and basically shipping information, they'll ship it out to you. And, um, there is going to yeah, be no confirmation yeah. on that. So if you're wondering why you're not going to get a confirmation that it shipped out, 
It's because they're not sending them out. <laughs> that's I think that's noted in the in the uh, posting. So yeah, it's kind of just, weird um, that this I I didn't did you I don't know if you guys checked, but I didn't see this posted on um, Scream Factory's page, like their their Facebook page. Did you guys see this over there? No, I actually didn't even bother to go over there. They responded quick though. Like I emailed and I had like an email I think the next morning. So like that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, um, I just found it weird that they didn't say anything. Well, I didn't really go like, on that page. This information was kind of like hidden, right? Like it wasn't like. Yeah, well, it's probably because they didn't want to make a big deal out of it because it probably sold well. Yeah, they gotta like, sell more discs. Fuck! Now we got now we gotta send <laughs> so many discs out. It's probably exactly what it was too. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I I a hundred percent give props to companies that will replace the discs. Like that's that's huge to me. Like whether the mistake should have been made in the first place or not, like that's up for debate. But the fact that they at least do something about it is good. It, it, mm-hmm. You can't look at that as bad. So, um, the only thing that always bugs me about that is like now when I buy Black Christmas, eventually if I buy it, does that mean that I'm gonna get a shitty disc? Uh, yeah, I know that's that's kind of the question, right? I mean, are I heard that they are pulling some of them. I mean, are all of them gonna get pulled? Probably not. I'm sure some people are gonna end up buying those bum discs, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long these... And that's the other thing I, I never understood about these replacement programs. How long do you have before they just totally cut you off? Like, if you bought the release six months down the road and you got one of the bum copies, do you email Screen Factory and be like, you know, I got one, it's six months later, here's my proof proof, proof of purchase, and uh, can you guys help me out? Like, do they respond? I don't know. Don't know. Who knows? Anyway, that is it for the news, so... Alrighty, Q Q Q. Yeah, not much news, but yeah, it is what it is, I guess, right? Yeah, it's the end of the year. There's not really much. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Speaking of not much, uh, getting into mood swings here in the DVD and Blu-ray releases for uh, December twenty seventh, two thousand sixteen. We're getting down to this is the last one of the year, <laughs> and uh, it's pretty scrawny, man. It's pretty scrawny. I think last week I announced that. Uh, the house that screened by Screen Factory was coming out, but apparently it got pushed back a week or something like that. Probably because <laughs> of bump discs or something like that. <laughs> Had to do it. Yeah, poo. Um, yeah, so apparently the house that screamed is coming out on the 27th now. I'm not really too sure why um, it got a week delay, but I don't know. It, it's kind of weird because mine actually shipped. And my, like when I pre order Screen Factories, they never ship early, ever. But this one did. So I'm not really too sure what's up with that, but who really knows? Um, so basically all we got, I don't really know anything about this film. Uh, do you guys know anything about this one? Dog Eat Dog uh, starring Nicolas Cage and William Defoe. Is this actually a horror film? Is this a thriller or what's going on with this one? I, Cause this I, one's I no idea what a, it is. I might have seen a trailer for this at some point somewhere. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. It was listed in here. So I think it's... Uh, Engaging crime, crime, uh, yeah, it doesn't. It looks more like a crime thriller type deal. Um, I will note this just because the director is, uh, you know, he's more or less a horror director, but uh, in a valley of violence is coming out from Ty West. If you're interested in, uh, you know, westerns and stuff, um, I've been hearing pretty mediocre stuff about this. Have, what, have you guys heard anything about this one? Um, 
I'm pretty sure I heard something good. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't heard anything like terrible, terrible, but I heard some people say it was, it was pretty average kind of thing. But I, I'm definitely curious to check this out because I'm a big fan of westerns, and that's you know, got a pretty cool cast: John Travolta, Ethan Hawke, Ty West directing. We'll see how, we'll see how it turns out. Derek, I know you're interested in this one, though, right? Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm a big western fan, so I'm definitely gonna check it out. I just thought it was interesting that John Travolta was in a fucking western. <laughs> as soon as I heard that name attached to a western, I was like, it's weird. <laughs> It just kind of shocked me a little bit, but um, and then oddly enough, I don't know why this is happening, but uh, Underworld is getting a 4K uh, disc release, um, <laughs> and then they're re-releasing the other films on Blu-ray. So and they're like super cheap, so they, all the other sequels are coming out um, well, on Amazon because there's a fucking new sequel coming out. Probably, I mean, just re-release them. Probably, I, I don't even know if they're new transfers. Apparently, well, obviously the first one is, uh, but they're super cheap. They're like ten bucks. Whatever catalog titles, I guess, and stuff. So yeah, I've never, yeah. I don't own those. So I mean, I honestly would buy those at a cheap price. I got, I got the actual Underworld box set, all four films, and it was like fifteen bucks on Blu-ray. Like it was like dirt cheap, man. So yeah, I yeah, don't know. When's the new one come out? Oh, January sixth. So yeah, like, that's that's literally why they're coming out. <laughs> yeah, so I think what these are, these are just repackaged. They got different cover arts on them. Uh, obviously, well, the first course. one got four. Yeah, you game. definitely you got to put them out when the new one comes out. You're gonna yeah. sell them. Yeah. So yeah. all these cover arts are very much the exact same. Yeah, they <laughs> look. You know what they look? They look like they should be in like a box set. Like you took out, like you bought a box set, and then like. You yeah, took yeah. Out each individual case, like that's what it looks like. It does. <laughs> it's look a like box that. set without <laughs> the box. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah, and that is pretty much it, man. There's like absolutely no releases. I don't know if you guys have any more that's coming out on the 27th. I was searching around. I can't seem to find anything. Like, nah, I, I, I guess no everything came out before Christmas. This month was really slow, you know, for, you know, the holiday season. You know, you think there'd be a lot more releases, but there wasn't a lot in December, was there? Maybe the 20th had a lot, but... Not really. Yeah, it was kind of a very, very slow month, so... Yeah, yeah that is it, man. That is it. And actually, January isn't even looking too happening right now, either, which is kind of interesting, so... But uh, until then, I guess we'll wait and find out. Yeah, for 2017... Um, yeah, so I don't even know how to do this. Like, how do you do the release of the week here? Make <laughs> it of the week? Uh, what? what the fuck? Like, like <laughs> I, I don't even know what to you say. Know what, there's one you go with the, the house that screamed. I mean, you gotta, no, you gotta, that's not coming out this week. <laughs> what do you mean it's not coming out this week? I thought you said it wasn't coming out this week. No, it's coming out on the 27th. It was supposed to be coming out on the 20th. Oh, okay. The date got pushed a week, so. Uh, and that's kind of really the only horror film in here, like Bonafide. You know, I guess you can count that Underworld films or fantasy horror. I don't know what you want to call them, but. Action horror. Uh, Underworld's action definitely horror. horror. It's yeah, definitely action are. horror, but it's, it's fucking horror. There's definitely yeah, werewolves yeah. and vampires. I've For seen sure. the first one, I think. For sure, I guess. Just over-stylized horror. over-stylized stuff, <laughs> yeah. I would, Maybe we should do that one time. What, one the day. franchise? Yeah, that and the Resident Evil franchise. Once the new Resident Evil comes out. They're doing the same thing with the Resident Evil <laughs> film, films in January. <laughs> that's what I said when we were doing pregame. I was like, what the fuck? Resident Evil films are all coming out, too. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the house that screamed, man. Gotta pick it up. Um, mm. I've actually never seen it before, so I'm looking yeah. forward to it. 
Me yeah. neither. All right, cool. QQ, uh, we got some voicemails and questions this week. Yes, yes, we do. We have voicemails and and questions actually. Um, let's nice. go questions first. Yeah, let's let's do questions first. So, uh, Charlene, I totally forgot about this one until pregame. Uh, she sent this weeks ago for the Christmas episode. Uh, she said, hey guys, if it makes it to the Christmas episode, Merry Christmas, and I hope you have a great time do- during your holiday season. I'm having a ton of fun watching Christmas horror films. I also listen to the podcast episodes relating to the films I watch, Black Christmas, Jack Frost, etc. Anyway, here are my two questions. Excluding The Thing, because it's too uh, obvious of a choice, what are some of your favorite non-Christmas horror films which place take place during winter in the snow? Mine would be Child's Play, Dead Snow, and Misery. Hmm. That take horror films that take place in in the snow, but are not Christmas horror films. That are not Christmas horror films. Whew. Yeah. Gotta say the thing, man. She said. You Besides the thing. Don't listen to the damn anything. She said, excluding the thing because it's too obvious of a choice. Oh yeah, I mean that that really is the ultimate, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, There's oh, one shit. other that comes to mind that's really obvious. Um, Derek, you go. One of your favorite myself movies. This. <laughs> the Shining. Yeah, that's yeah. That choice. was actually the other one that I was thinking of like right away. Um, you know what, man? Shining. Uh, I'll go ahead and move to. Oh, what were you going to say, Derek? I was going to say uh, Cold Prey, the first one. Great choice. Great, 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 great choice. Yeah, I was kind of thinking of Cold Prey, too. Um, I would have to say one that I really enjoy is uh, 30 Days a Night, actually. That one's good. Uh, that, that, that was one of my yeah, choices. Just... That yeah, one just has I... a cold feeling to it. It's just the whole premise of 30 Days a Night is excellent. It's an excellent premise. Yeah, one of my one of my favorites is "Let the Right One In." Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's one a good one. Utilizes its winter setting very well. It feels wintry, and you it's know, good. Oh, you know, you know what? I actually just thought of one right now that I know that you really enjoy, JP, which is Frozen. Oh, how did I forget Frozen? Yeah, that's literally like one of my favorite movies of the last. What, oh, Frozen's so good. Tough watch the, on rewatch value, but it's a really good film. No mm-hmm. way, dude. I've I've probably honestly watched Frozen probably five or six times. And like and one I it, yeah, and one I just reviewed last week actually, which was uh, Windchill, uh, yeah. with with Emily Blunt. That that one's just straight up in the snow. The whole film, it's awesome. Pretty good stuff. So you never we see. We are that still here. Has, we are still here. Has a pretty cool winter setting. Yeah, it does. It does actually. Yeah. Um. One thing I thought had a good. Well, shit. Never mind. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> um. But yeah, I love. I love. Uh. Storm of the Century. Great winter setting. Mm-hmm. Sin, sin. Yeah. Come on in. Um, <laughs> Moots, have you seen that yet? No, I still haven't seen it. No. Jesus. We're gonna. You saw Storm of the Century. I know. It's not crazy. Still not done a Stephen King episode. How crazy is that? Yeah, I know. We, that that should really happen. That should really yeah. happen. Yeah, 100% we're doing Stephen King next season, next uh, after the new year. Um, 
Stephen King. All, oh man, there's so many ideas that I, that we need to do. But um, anyway, so she continues on saying Christmas 2015 could have been branded the year of the Krampus. Past decades have brought us numerous films featuring a killer Santa. If you could direct a Christmas horror film, what would you do to make it different? Ooh. Hmm. So I, what would I do to make a Christmas horror film different? For one, I would try to make it, you know, Santa Claus related in some way, but maybe even throw in Krampus. Uh, and and the key thing that I would do to make it different, especially in today's standards, is I would play it. 100% serious and it would be about Santa or Krampus killing kids. 100%. That's what it should be about. Yet none of them are. Literally none of them are. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. Mm-hmm. I know and, the, and and that's a thing that's one thing about Krampus is that when you have Krampus in a film, it should be serious because Krampus is the Christmas devil like he's he's dead serious. He's just fucking taking people out and punishing them and shit. Can't throw yeah, a so there. I would, That's ridiculous. I would, I would make it. What about Santa serious. Claus? What about a battle? Santa Claus versus Krampus. See, now you're getting into the silly territory. <laughs> no, it could be serious. It could be done totally serious, man. Santa Did, is trying to save Christmas. Already? He's trying to save Christmas, and you know, even though there's certain people out there that lose their, you know, they lose their spirit and stuff, he's he's fighting for them, and Krampus is like, "Fuck you, Santa Claus. Uh, I'm going to take their shit, or I'm going yeah, to." Yeah, but take Santa their Claus soul. doesn't like bad kids either. Yeah, but I mean, he's still going to defend them because he's not a bad person. Krampus is, on the other hand. So therefore, he's going to still stand up for, you know, these kids. I mean, they still have hearts and souls and shit. I mean, he's not going to shun them. He's Santa Claus. Yeah. But I'm just saying, he's going to defend. You can have a bad... You can make it dead serious. I mean, you just have to... You have to really be careful on how you do things. If If you're doing that film and trying to make it serious... Yeah. Because Santa Claus can come off cheesy. Like, if you have an actor playing Santa Claus... Well, I mean, if you have Bill Goldberg playing Santa Claus, I mean... <laughs> come off a little cheesy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. I also just like the idea of films set on Christmas. Like, you don't necessarily have to have Santa Claus and elves and, and snowmen's killing shit. Like, it could literally just be, like, dead end. It's set on Christmas, and you know, because it just gives it a different feel. It makes things feel like they're it's more important too. Like, and there's more riding on things. Isn't yeah. that kind of how P two feels though too? It's like it's set on Christmas Eve, is it not? Yeah. And it's kind of all in the parking garage and stuff. So there's yeah. tons of films that are set on Christmas, and they're yeah, like ATM. Uh, yeah, ATM. Yeah, in, which side? That movie sucks though. I didn't. I didn't hate it. It, it, it has like a brilliant like moments it's got it's got a decent premise to it they just don't execute well at all oh fuck dude the ending just makes no sense to if you really kind of pick apart the film it shit doesn't make sense at all it's ridiculous so um those are kind of our ideas for christmas horror movies just you guys have anything else on that yeah mine would probably be cheesy cheese factor i'd probably make a movie about like killer reindeer or something Killer reindeer. <laughs> I never seen them before in a film. Like Were they in American Horror Story? Was there? I feel like there might have been some killer, killer reindeer. reindeer. That's awesome. Like killer mutant reindeer, like like fangs and stuff. 
I'm actually really surprised that more Christmas related horror films don't have more like you know elves in them like killer elves and shit like that I'm just Why surprised that, that every that? fucking Christmas horror film besides like Silent Night Deadly Night that features a killer Santa Claus is like either cheesy or they just don't they don't exist like it's just weird to me that like, how is there not an axe-murdering Santa Claus that is killing kids? Like, why Why is it so hard to make a movie like that? I don't know. Everything has to be funny nowadays. What, I, it just blows my mind that nobody has got to the point where they're like, I'm going to make a horror movie, and I'm going to make it serious, and I'm going to kill some kids with Santa Claus. Like, it just, to me, it's like a no-brainer. It's like, yeah, of course you do that. It'd make everybody freak out. It would, like... I'll mention more on this later, but um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, again, Merry Christmas, guys! I try to listen to other podcasts, and I gotta say, so far, I haven't found any that I love as much as the Twenty Two Shots. And before Dave snaps at me, I do love Exploding Heads. They're the second best. <laughs> yes, you hear that, Dave? The second best. <laughs> Good shit. Thank you, Charlene. Yeah. That's awesome. Good Merry stuff. Christmas, Thanks. Charlene. Thank you. Anyway. Good so, stuff. Uh, that was from Charlene. Thank you, Charlene. And moving along here, we have one from Mr. Watson, the homie. You. So, uh, Mr. Watson from Horror Corridor, which is a damn good podcast if you haven't listened. Charlene, maybe try Horror Corridor. You might like him more than us. Uh, he says, what's up, homies? I've been meaning to write in for a while about something you mentioned in the news portion of episode 95. JP, you were definitely right that I would love to hear about how the rights to Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles have reverted back to her. I was ecstatic when I heard she was uh, wants to do an epic television program. I mentioned on Horror Corridor's Facebook page that I hope it's like Penny Dreadful. Anyways, episode 95, Moods commented about how he'd heard Anne Rice had converted to Christianity and stopped writing the vampire novels. I just thought I'd weigh in here and say that Moods is right. Around 10 years ago or so, Anne Rice rediscovered her faith and put aside the Vampire Chronicles so she could write novels about Christ. She also wrote a couple novels about a hitman who travels through time with angelic assistance. All of these are pretty good novels. Well, as it so happened, Anne Rice very publicly left organized re religion. See, Moods, you missed that part where she, she you, you, you heard her announcement to go into organized religion, but you missed her announcement to go out. I wasn't 100% sure. I, I didn't want to say anything, but I thought that she kind of renounced that. Okay, you know, right. well, her whole. But I didn't want to say anything because I wasn't 100% sure. I just didn't want to look and sound like an asshole. But uh, that, yeah, so that, that I, I was kind of leaning towards that. So, so that's good, though. That's good. Yeah, so mm -hmm. she left organized religion a few years later. She maintains that she's still very devout and that her heart belongs to Christ, but she wants no part of organized religion anymore. It was around the same time that she began talking she on saw Facebook the page <laughs> about how she misses the vampires. And then in 2014, she came out with Printlestad, which was the very first, which was her first vampire novel in over 10 years. She just came out with another one this last November, too. I haven't read it yet myself, but it, uh, I'm sure it's great. Well, I guess that's all I've got to say about that. 
I just want to formally say once again how much I love the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. I think I told Moods this back when we were Skyping with Brandon and Zach a while ago, but I've been going through all the old episodes, and it's amazing to see how you guys started off so strong and kept getting even better. As a new podcaster myself, it's encouraging to see how longtime podcasters do their thing, and nobody does it quite like you guys. Much love, as always, my friends, Mr. Watson. P.S. Adding Derek as a host was a solid move. Love that dude in his videos. He's a great addition to the show. Blah, 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 yes, sure. thank you, Mr. Watson. <laughs> that, that was a really, really good and well-written yeah, it's fucking Watson, good. dude. Of course, good, yeah, of course, man. It's, it's, it's the homie <laughs> Watson. Anything this guy touches is gold. Thank you for um, the kind words. We appreciate it here at the uh, the 22 Shots Laboratory. It's awesome. Yes, absolutely. We in the lab. Anyway, uh, continuing along here, we got one from Chris Lax, the homie Chris. Um, do you guys ever listen to horror soundtracks instead of regular music? If so... Have you ever been walking outside at night alone listening to a horror soundtrack? I've done it a few times and it brings some odd nostalgia feel to me and sometimes it actually makes me feel like I'm in a horror movie. You should try it sometimes. Sometime. Uh, I mean, I've been driving around at nighttime and I got, you know, I got that shit pumping and stuff. Uh, I don't know if I've ever like strapped on headphones and just walked out at nighttime listening to it. I should try that though. I, I do all the time. Actually, no. I mean, I guess I. I mean, I guess I've listened to it, you know, late at night around a campfire or something like that. But I guess that kind of counts. Kind of creepy, actually. <laughs> to be honest, not gonna I don't listen to like podcasts or anything. I'm usually listening to like horror soundtracks, like walking to work. I work overnight, so it's like late at night, and there's like a lot of like things that happen. Like uh, one thing that happened that was really cool. I was listening to actually like uh, I think it was Goblin. I was listening to. Uh, I think it was Suspiria or either uh, Deep Red and uh, when I was walking all I see is like this green tinge coming from like the stop line I'm like oh cool it feels like I'm in an Argento movie that's funny <laughs> yeah I, I actually had this playlist on on uh, one of my iPods and it's just like horror film scores and stuff and there's there's roughly like 100 150 tracks on there and it's just like themes from everything from like Night of the Demons which I love that theme it's just so awesome oh um, yeah that you know all the you know Argento stuff and Claudio Simonetti, yeah, the Claudio Simonetti stuff and just all over the place. So and I, I throw it on random and it's just it's wicked to listen to, man. It's awesome, really good stuff. I recommend doing that. It's fun. You know another theme that I love, man, is the Howling too. <laughs> the music for that is wicked. <laughs> good, um, good shit. I, per- I personally have never once. Um, actually like popped in like a horror soundtrack like i played them on youtube at work while i was working and stuff um which i like i actually liked doing but like um i would like to try to find like a playlist of just like the most popular themes like cannibal holocaust theme and and nightmare on elm street theme and and mm-hmm. friday the 13th part three theme <laughs> and, and you know Maniac or whatever, oh. or Amityville. Uh, I used to use that in so many videos, man. The Friday Thirteenth Part Three. <laughs> yeah, I know. Music is so good, man. That, that was actually a very popular theme on YouTube. Like, I when I first started uh, watching YouTube videos, I remember seeing that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just real catchy, you know. It's it's good for videos for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's it's one of those things where now that he says it, I do want to like pop in the old. 
uh, iPod and and walk, when I walk my dog outside late at night to fucking go pee because he's an asshole. <laughs> always wants to go outside late at night. Pop on some Halloween or something, you know what I mean? Like, I think that would probably be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, thanks for the tip, Chris. Good stuff, Chris. Yeah. So uh, that is it for the written-in questions, as far as I know. Except for uh, somebody requested that we do Medea for episode one hundred and what? <laughs> <laughs> actually a bunch oh of them. it almost picked up steam for a second like it, oh if, the, if somebody had went and created a poll like i was like i would have been like oh shit like we might actually have to do this now <laughs> um, uh, i can't even say the name of dia without being disgusted jesus like, so I, fucking bad man like you literally would have to make me watch one of those like i would not yeah. do it willingly at all at all me <laughs> worst characters ever man oh horrid who's the guy that plays her that's oh, some weird. that's tyler perry yeah that's some real yeah, I, I don't even like that guy outside of medea so that would be a terrible idea so uh, let's roll into the voicemails. Uh, we got one from Rob. Yes. And actually, I was supposed to play this one last week, but uh, I didn't. So here we go. Hey guys, Rob from Georgia. Man, I wasn't going to follow up my last call so quick, but being that it's December 6th, 2016, and I came home to find my Mad Max black chrome edition waiting for me I just couldn't help but to call in and uh, you know do a little uh, retrospect I guess look back to uh, I think it was episode 57 the uh, West Craven spotlight when I dropped that voicemail and raged a little bit uh, how pissed off I was that studio uh, or the distribution company reneged on uh, the black and white cut of, uh, of uh, Mad Max initially and, uh, and I said uh, then and I, I stayed true but I wasn't going to double dip, and I did not double dip. I never bought it. I stayed clear of Mad Max uh, for the, the year or whatever. And uh, But when this thing went on pre-order, I did it and uh, got it on my mailbox today. But I got to tell you guys something. I've been looking for it the last few days when I got uh, my notice that it was going to be here. You guys are good. Well, Moochie will believe that. I'm not sure without a problem you have with your mail. <laughs> I get home, it's raining, it's pouring, it's western New York, it's winter, it's December, whatever, it's miserable. I go home. Do you know where my my, my Blu-ray is? My package is sitting on my mailbox in the pouring rain. I mean, you know, hanging like it's outgoing mail, not incoming mail. Oh, my Lord, I just about snapped. Pulled in, and I just couldn't even think about anything but racing up to the steps of the porch, grabbing that thing off, soaking, sopping wet. Tears the, the, the stupid thing off, grabs my, my Blu-ray. Thankfully, the bubble wrap kept everything nice and dry, and so it's all fine and everything. But you know what? It just, you know, I'm just glad this, I don't know. I'm just, man, just tired and but happy I got this thing. And so tonight I'm going to uh, put it in, and uh, we'll watch the, uh, the, the Chrome edition of this. And uh, I know there's a little introduction by George Miller, so I'm kind of stoked with that. But uh, 
uh, just just very happy uh, that I was able to uh, hold out over the year. And uh, uh, but anyways, I uh, just wanted to call in with that. And uh, and uh, well, I guess it's a good time just to wish everyone an early Merry Christmas. And uh, you know, we got some good shows coming up, and uh, so very stoked about that. And maybe somewhere off past Christmas time in the new year. We can get that thing show going, uh, that thing podcast. What do you guys think? Anyways, but we got out. Right, um, 100% we can get that thing cast going. We need to start jotting down these ideas, Moods, because um, we have a lot of shows that we can do and we need to do and we've talked about doing. So uh, we need to get that going. Mm. Uh, you know, the Mad Max uh, Fury Road film from 2015 still have not seen it actually mm-hmm. so uh that black and chrome edition which I, I love mad max like um well i don't love mad max i love the road warrior and and mad max beyond thunderdome i, I never really got into mad max at well, the first one yeah I, I i'm having like this crazy deja vu did we not hear this voicemail last week or is it just me like i knew the story <laughs> like well i posted well, I did, on the facebook I did group play, too I, I did play the voicemail before the show. Okay, maybe that's why. Ah, I don't know. Derek, but, did uh, I play this voicemail last week on the show? I'm pretty sure, man. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. They all... I remember that whole story. And I was like, okay, did we play it before or during? I don't know, man. I don't think we did. Because he posted it on the Facebook Somebody, somebody, somebody will take us. He posted or, the voicemail? No, he posted the the, whole, the story on the Facebook group too. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, with this picture, yeah, that's Maybe right. That's what it was yeah. then. Um, anyway, um, yeah, so that's a hilarious story. Thanks for sharing, Rob. That's super fun. Well, at least the bubble wrap kept it all, you know, dry. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah bubble sure, wrap for sure. It's in like a it, one of those kind of bubble mailers. Why didn't they just put it right in the mailbox? Why would they have it halfway sticking out? Unless they had like <laughs> nine thousand packages or mail to go in there too. I guess, but yeah, it just seems like it should be able to go in there, but yeah. No, that that's that is a cool addition. I ended up actually grabbing the Mad Max like for super cheap, but um that, I would like to see it in black and white actually. I think that'd be kinda cool to do. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking high octane film and that film right from the start to end is is just non stop action. It's just crazy, crazy, but the storyline yeah, is very... so the storyline's so weak in the film though. <laughs> I mean, it's not like with a film like that, it really needs to have a complex storyline to be enjoyable. But the storyline really isn't that great. It's kind of it's kind of weird. But I'm sticking by my words on this. It's a it's a good film though. It's fun. Crazy stunts. Yeah, it's good. Crazy fucking stunts. Good visuals. Yeah. Got to get on that JP. Got to see that one. Yeah. Um, I finally saw completely 100 percent off topic, but uh, I finally saw the uh, Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, I watched it a couple nights ago. Reading the crunch time too for 2016 horror films. You're watching uh, Star Wars. I know, man. I was just I was in one of those moods where, like, every once in a while, I get in a mood to just watch something completely not horror. And usually, I'll settle with a TV show. Um, because as you guys know, I seriously watch about eight non-horror films a year. Yeah. Like, yes. If that, sometimes it's it's insane. And I was like, I was thinking about, because Brandon was talking about, like, I'm done with horror for the next, until next year, you know, like 2017. Like, and he's like, I got so much not in horror films to catch up on. I was like, I was thinking, like, 
like I, I never even thought of that. Like I've never thought like, oh, I need to see all these big movies that came out this year. Like, and then it got me thinking. I was like, what is like like big movies that like I did actually have interest in seeing and and never got to because I don't watch non horror. And I was like, well, and uh, straight out of Compton and Star Wars, those are the mm-hmm. two. And um, I couldn't find straight out of Compton in the red box anymore, so I grabbed Star Wars, which was in one of the red boxes. Hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it, and it reminded me how much I love Star Wars, but it, I didn't like it as much as everybody else did. I think. Did you guys yeah. see it? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was like decent, but it was super basic. It didn't really add much to the. Star well, it's, Wars it's like one of those. It's like the, it's like the first film in a new trilogy. So it's kind of like the same in vein of like the other first films of those, uh, like the prequel trilogy and like the original trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. With it that sets actually. it sets up like what's going to happen, and then the, as the film progresses, like a new hope wasn't really mind blown either. If you think about it, like for the time though definitely was i don't really yeah it, I yeah I, new hope is probably my least favorite star wars film out of all of them really so, like even out yeah. of the the new trilogy like episode no, one no no i think that this newest one is my least favorite out of all of them but wow um yeah i lo- i i'm actually one of the rare people that like the prequel trilogy huh well, I guess it helps that the first film I ever saw, a Star Wars film, was Episode Three. Really? Yep. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. The first Star Wars That's film I ever saw was Spaceballs, actually. <laughs> Spaceballs? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind the prequels. If, I, if they're on TV, I'll watch them. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I love Star Wars. Like, Star Wars yeah. is my shit. And I never expected to like it as a kid. Like, I thought it was so lame looking. And then um, I, I was up in Maryland back in, like, I don't know what year did the, the third one come out, the episode three. Fuck, I Probably saw like that. Probably 2000. I saw that. I saw yeah, that in the mid 2000, something like that. Yeah. I saw I it in theaters, too. I can't remember. Fuck. Yeah, I was in Maryland, and whatever movie came out along that time. Whether it was like it was like Dawn of the Dead remake or something like that, um, probably not. But it was something, and I they, there was no show t- times for it. Like when we got there, so it was either that it was either Star Wars or like a chick flick, and we went to see Star Wars Episode Three. And be, both me and my cousin never seen a Star Wars film. Actually, we just got done watching Menace to Society. Um, oh yeah. And we we went to the theater, and we fucking both loved it. Um, and I, we didn't know what the fuck was going on half the time, but it was cool. <laughs> um, nice. So yeah, that's that's my little Star Wars story. Uh, but um, to kind of interrupt the voicemails real quick, there was something that I did want to touch on because we we talked about it last week and never did it, and that was the question that we got about ranking the uh, sort of like the 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 playlist top ten, if you will. Mm-hmm. You remember this question? Did you guys do it? Or you guys? Oh, it? oh I compl- completely fucking forgot. <laughs> I have literally had one of the busiest. Like, I'm surprised I even remembered to watch these three movies for the the featured reviews. <laughs> yeah, I kind of spaced like, because I was rushing to do body bags reviews. Yeah, maybe we'll just do this uh, this question over three different episodes. You can go first, JP. Okay, that's that's cool. <laughs> um, so, you know, I actually spent a good bit of time on this. Um, 
when I say a good bit of time, I mean like 10 minutes. Because uh, normally I don't spend any time on questions. <laughs> um, ask Moots. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Um, and basically, it's a very interesting concept. I, I tried to do it like this, right? Uh, not as like a top 10 list, but let's say I was doing a Moods marathon, right? Like the thing he does with Pips and the thing he does with Dylan where he, he they sit down and they have a 24-hour marathon. And I was picking my films based on franchises. I wanted to watch only franchise films, but I can never repeat the franchise. And I had to only have one number, you know. Represented. Represented. Very interesting, because you want to make a playlist of not shitty movies, obviously. So it really where you place and use each franchise is key to your suffering. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. The way that I did this, we're opening things up. First film of the day. I figure we'll get something that's gonna gonna heighten our just excitement to do this because it's such a good movie. Um, But it's also a little slow at the beginning, so you don't want to do this film late into the night. And I went with Psycho for my number one. Mm -hmm. So you start with Psycho. You start with something old. You start with something classic and just groundbreaking and amazing. Hitchcock and uh, so Psycho is the first thing Um, and then you go into the number two spot which is Phantasm 2 and you know Phantasm 2 is the funnest of the Phantasm films it's got the most going on it's road horror it's buddy cop or buddy film you know a a, a bro film Um, got all this stuff going on really cool stuff with Phantasm 2 of course when you get into the third you have to go with something like Elm Street 3, yeah, because I was like, which Elm Street am I going to pick? Because Elm Street got to be represented, represented. and um, the later sequels are a bad idea, so it was either 3 or 4 that I wanted to go with. So I went with Elm Street 3. Going into spot 4, this was the trickiest one for me, honestly. Um, I think that there is some sort of uh, altering you can do here. Uh, I, I probably would pick something else upon rethinking this list uh but i went with scream 4 uh-huh. uh scream 4 is the second best scream in my opinion but still uh and then when you're five films in you're gonna need something that's just pure fun so i went with final destination 5 mm. so uh final nice. destination 5 for number for the fifth one which is this, you know a real it's a solid final destination uh the sixth film i decided to go with curse of chucky um Basically, I just needed something for six, and surprisingly, it's one of the better it's 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 one of the better part sixes in existence. Honestly, um, true that. So, uh, Freddy's uh, dead. Yeah, <laughs> so Curse of Chucky is uh, the one that I went for number six. Uh, number seven, I went with Chainsaw 3D. So I repeated the same thing that our homie. Um, John uh, James Cox uh, said, so he he went with Chainsaw 3D. I like Chainsaw 3D, so so no problem with you know seven for me. Seven is another hard one to pick. Uh, actually, yeah. it's getting harder as this list goes on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the eighth film, uh, Amityville Dollhouse, surprisingly fun movie. There's like incestual stuff going on in there. Like it's it. It's surprisingly decent. Like I don't, like I watched it for a 1996 show. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh-huh. that's the eighth Amityville yeah, film. Yeah, I have to agree. It, it it actually is a little bit surprisingly decent. 
you just like I mean going into it I was not expecting anything and was pleasantly surprised I gotta say watching a film with uh, incest related um, you know undertones in it not bad <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. Um, and then uh, number nine, uh, like when you're in the nines, dude, like you really got to play it careful with what you save for number nine. So uh, I was saved all my Friday the 13th so that I had something for number nine. So I went with Friday the 13th part nine, Jason Goes to Hell, which I actually do like. So I, that's why I went with it. Um, and then number 10, I went with H2. Um, because it's, it, when you're at number 10, dude, there's not many choices left. I was going to um, say, how many is there besides fucking, I mean, Jason X, H2. I mean, depending on if you're counting the unofficial Amityvilles, uh, witchcraft, uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> how many, Elm, there's not 10 Elm streets. Are there, how many chainsaws uh, are there? Uh, seven. No, seven. I think they're, what is that? Six, seven. No, I guess there there isn't. Sharknado what? eight come out yet? <laughs> Sharknado ten. So, no. It's only at four. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, it, it's very because oh, what you're trying to do with this list is save films that have high franchises that are tolerable towards yeah. the end, right? Because there's like ten Hellraisers, but like you don't want to save Hellraisers for the end. You don't want to watch Hellworld. <laughs> yeah, like he had Hellworld on his list. And I was doing everything I could to avoid Hellworld. That's when I was first looking at the list. I'm like, why is Hellworld on this? Yeah, so I'm actually really curious to see what you guys did do. And Moods, I actually would be really interested if you made that your next marathon. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. Can't repeat a franchise. and make... Yeah, that's that would be interesting. Yeah. So, um, so back to the voicemails. <laughs> Here in a second, where I lost, I lost the voicemail player. <laughs> Where'd it go? Oh no! Um, Inception. So, so what did you guys think of my list? <laughs> it was good. It was good. It was epic. I, I'm actually really looking forward to doing this now. Uh, yeah, it was, it was I, actually I, really fun. That was that was one of the funner like list type questions we've ever got. Yeah, um, I'm gonna yeah. actually put a little bit of thought into this, especially in those later ones. <laughs> From about six yeah. to ten, it's gonna be. Uh, yeah, we got a few weeks to. Uh, figure this one out two moods now so that's good we have more time to work on <laughs> i can write this down man <laughs> yeah all right so uh let's go with of another voicemail hey guys rob from georgia and well you know i'm in western new york uh that's uh jamestown new york actually uh, not too far from the pa border right on the uh, right along uh, lake erie Anyways, man, we are getting dunked on. It is crazy. We've had more than 41 <laughs> inches. It's coming down today. Uh, it's like 12 degrees. And it's Holy like, crap. Man, it's like, uh, like uh, the way it looked outside of, uh, you know, Krampus. Uh, when they looked out the window, it was just like blizzard. It's crazy. Anyway, quick follow-up. Uh, you know, I got the uh, Black and Chrome edition of George Miller's Fury Road. Watched it. Absolutely loved it, man. Right next to Frank Darabont's. Uh, broom edition of the mist. I love this stuff, man. I wish more would do this. And, uh, you know, Miller gives a nice little uh, thing before the, the film and just telling him how this is his preferred vision. And uh, I have to agree with him. I actually like this vision better than the color that I saw in the theater. Um, don't know what you guys think if you've seen it yet. But this leads to a question. I'm, hope, I'm hoping this drops into the Christmas uh, uh, episode. 
But uh, if I could have a Christmas present, um, you know, film-wise, I would love to see more of this. And I got a question for you guys. If, if you could have one of your favorite films uh, be done a special edition into black and white with a nice little, uh, you know, thing by the director, what would it be? I got mine. Mine is absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt. It is the Texas, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And if I had my way, it would be called the Blackened Saw Edition. <laughs> so, question, if you could pick one film to be put into black and white special edition, what would it be? And what would you call it? Have fun with this, guys. Merry Christmas. Stay safe over the holidays. Peace out. Hmm. Thanks, Rob. Uh, great question there. Great voicemail. I like how he like used the Christmas metaphor to kind of wrap it up in a bow. Um, so first of all, uh, stay safe out there in the crazy snow that you're getting. Uh, second, if you're on the PA border, why are you still a Buffalo Bills fan and why not a Pittsburgh Steelers fan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. He, just, um, he doesn't want to jump on that bandwagon. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Our Bills fans are super it's loyal. It's the greatest ride and you, know, you can jump on. And you know how loyal we are. Yeah, you <laughs> have to the be Bills. loyal to be a Bills fan after 16 seasons of no playoffs and four Super Bowl losses. I know, it's brutal. In a row. <laughs> brutal. Because you're the king of streaks. Oh, I know. I know. I mean, we literally have – those are two of the worst NFL records you can own, and we have them. Oh, Super Bowl <laughs> losses in a row and the longest playoffs drought. <laughs> And the funny thing is we had that like five years ago. We're just adding years to that record. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. so bad. It's so bad. Oh, shit. I mean, I wish the Bills would play like they did today all the time. You know? Fuck. It's ridiculous. But it happens. It happens, man. Yeah, this is an interesting well, question, man. Um, I mean, at least you're not the second team to go 0-16, which might be Cleveland Browns here in two weeks. Oh, the Browns are bad. Yeah. bad. I mean, they've used like seven different quarterbacks this year. It's crazy. Um, but, Rob, yeah, that question. You know, I've actually thought about this before. Honestly, I've actually thought about this before. I think uh, after watching the missed black and white version and loving that, uh, I kind of got myself thinking, too, what other films would be really cool. And honest to God, I know this sounds a little bit cliched coming from me, uh, but it just makes sense, though. And I, I have to say, I would love to see Dawn of the Dead in, in black and white. I would. I think it'd be great. Mm, that's a great pick, honestly. I didn't even think of that. But, uh, you know, Night of the Living Dead being in black and white, I, I think it would, would be interesting to see Day of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead, the trilogy in black and white. That's a yeah. good answer. I yeah. like that. Good answer. What about you, Dakia? Dakia, I would... I was thinking about this. I'm like, like a little campiness in my black and white horror films and a lot of like the campiness comes in creature features. So I would like to see the humanoids from the deep in black and white. Terrible <laughs> choice. Um, I'll go next. Uh, I would love to see, with, of course, the intro by one John Carpenter, uh, The Thing. I think The Thing would be interesting in black and white since it is a remake of a black and white film. So, kind of. Uh, so, yeah, The Thing. I think there's so many movies that would be cool to see in black and white. I, I'd like to watch Halloween in black and white. That'd be cool. Yeah, that that would be. I think any you can throw any fucking John Carpenter movie in black and white, and it'd probably be awesome. I wonder how they live would be, <laughs> you know, like in full black and white. Probably <laughs> it'd be kind of weird, actually. But yeah, yeah, I like I like they live. Uh, 
So, mm. um, yeah. one thing that he said is, you know, with the mist, uh, if there's people out there who haven't got the Blu-ray edition, it has the black and white version. Uh, please do yourself a favor and grab that because it's very interesting to see the original vision for that film. It totally feels like that's how it should have been done in the first place. Mm -hmm. And uh, Brandon, who's such a big fan of The Mist, um, Mr. Watson, who's also a big fan of The Mist, I don't know if you guys are listening, but if you guys haven't, I know Brandon hasn't seen the black and white version. Maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll get that for him one day if he doesn't mm -hmm. do it himself. Um, you know, sometime when I send moods of shit out as well. So like yeah, it's it's definitely years. worth a look, man. It's pretty interesting to see in black. I gotta say, man, I was, you know, I, you know, when you watch a film that you've seen for the first time in color, and then you see a version of it in black and white, it's hard to predict what you're gonna think about it. Mm -hmm. um, you guys had the same thing when you watched the Mist in black and white, but as, as soon as it came on, I was like, wow. That's really trippy. I just, I would love, every moment of it, I loved it, man. It's really interesting how you're just, you, I think you're either going to love it or hate it. It's kind of one of those deals. No. Yeah. So, um, thanks for the question, Rob. And we got one more voicemail. Hey, guys, it's Tyler from LA again. I'm sorry for leaving so many voicemails, but I can't help myself. So my question is for, the, uh, for this episode, I guess, is, like, what's the performance that is so bad, but it's really funny at the same time? And uh, I'm the reason why I'm asking you guys this is because I just recently watched The Wicker Man, and, like, the kid's acting is really terrible, but it's so funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> keep up. Sorry about that, you got cut off there, but, um, yeah, what is the performance that's so bad that it's funny? Mine is kind of an answer that I thought was so bad, but I'm almost coming around to the camp where I think it's actually just really, really absurd and out there, and it's actually good, but it, it just it comes off the wrong way, and that is uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. <laughs> Ricky. I knew oh, it, man. I knew it. My God. I love this movie. I, have, I haven't watched it yet this year, but I have to before Christmas. Man, I got to go with one, man. And I, I, when I reviewed this movie on the podcast, uh, I even said that I enjoyed it. Her performance is is completely out there and, and ludicrous. And, like, I can't tell if, like, it, if she was doing it purposely, if she this is, like, how the character is, you know, like, how she envisioned it in her mind. But Can I guess before you name it? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Was it Nurse? Yeah. It is. <laughs> as her does her... Uh, her performance as that character, man, like it almost seems like she's fucking high and drunk through the whole movie or something. Like I, I don't know what it is, but I found it very compelling to watch. But I think if you're watching it from like a full blown critical point of view, it's like that's absurd. That character is ridiculous. Like it's her performance is so bad, but um, I kind of enjoyed it because it was like it was it was intriguing. I was like, is she fucking drunk? Like is she Joe Spinell in The Undertaker? <laughs> Like every scene he's shit based in that movie, man. It's crazy. You can you can see it in his eyes in that film. He's so fucking drunk. There's even a couple moments in the film where he literally starts slurring. <laughs> it's like it's so good, man. So good, but yeah, I don't know. I'd have to say that that performance, man. It just it sticks out for me. Oh right, god. What about you, Dick? Uh, 
fuck, there's so many fucking terrible before. I probably have to say like maybe like fucking half the cast of Muck. It's just fucking <laughs> hilarious to watch them on screen. Fucking like there's one scene in particular where like two characters and one falls, and the girl's like, "Come on, we gotta go." He's like she's trying to pull him and stuff, and he's like, "Just leave me." <laughs> and that was actually better than the real movie itself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, and while she's pulling him, she's getting kerosene poured on by like one of these muck creatures, and she's like, "Ah, Fuck. <laughs> it's fucking yeah, it's fucking terrible that movie." But it's I, guess he, I guess he loves that movie, Brandon, doesn't he? Yeah, that's crazy, crazy. man. I still haven't seen it, but. I haven't heard like anyone say they liked it except for him. There's a scene where like a girl has like trying on lingerie, but she has like nine thousand pairs of lingerie in one small pocketbook. I'm like, where the fuck is she getting all this lingerie? <laughs> it's like in a bar too. It's like in a bar restroom that she's trying all this lingerie on. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that is it for the voicemails. Thank you, Tyler. Um, and yeah. Alrighty, yeah. yeah, that was it for the voicemails. Wow. Yep, it for the voicemails. It for the questions. Crazy, crazy yes. stuff. Um, we got a knowledge segment this week. Derek, did you or something? No, I suck. I know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Leaving it on you to come up with some knowledge segments and uh, just totally failed. Hardcore. I'm hardcore, Sheila. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, alrighty, so, uh, before we get into the featured reviews, I just wanted to, you know, kind of talk about just a little bit of a conversation on Christmas horror itself, uh, what potential films that we are watching during this holiday season, um, you know, it's kind of funny, man, JP, we talked about, like, we have to kind of do these, uh, these viewer choice shows now since we're out of, you know, Christmas-themed, uh, franchise shows to do for the holiday season, Mm -hmm. um, so I mean that it's just such a shame. It's such a sh- like it's such a damn shame that there isn't more franchises based on you know Christmas Is there horror films. Any and things other like- ones? Don't think so. Hmm. So, 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 that I know of. So there's really it's, only two: Jack Frost yeah. and Saw Night Deadly Night. Yeah, it's kind of weird how most of these Christmas-related horror films don't really have. I mean, I guess you could probably say Silent Night, Bloody Night has it's kind of a franchise now because there is a direct sequel that came out what a couple years back okay. is it not Derek that came out and I, there's I also believe... and there's actually a remake of Silent Night Blade Night 2 that came out I think last year so technically there is three films in that franchise so mm. yeah trilogy show yeah it's a good kind of work off of that one right there maybe something we'll think about for next year and uh you know stuff like yeah. that but uh but i mean look i mean there's all these new krampus films that are coming out all these really really bad ones. i mean those are all potential franchises. You definitely do. if we didn't do krampus this time we could have did a krampus show <laughs> oh i know there's it's ridiculous how many krampus movies are coming out but um yeah any other any other holiday related films you guys watch this year at all uh um, I, I watched uh nightmare before christmas and I nice. watched a few. I think I. Watched, I did watch that. I watched that one too. That's funny. I might have watched a non-horror one as well. I can't remember, but I'm I've slacked a little bit. Like me and my friend had this plan where we were gonna. This the idea was to go to Goodwill, 
And then any Christmas film we seen on VHS, like whether it was horror, non-horror, or anything, we would buy because it's a dollar, and then watch it. And we only get we <laughs> bought about like six or seven, and we only watched like two, I think. So, wow, <laughs> yeah, complete fail um, because I have to watch all these 2016 <laughs> films. <laughs> True that. I watched a few yeah. during this week. Uh, I watched uh, Black Christmas, the original, of course. Just to get in the mood and kind of remember it a little bit because we're doing the remake tonight. And uh, there's a few other uh, Christmas Evil, which is actually one of my favorites. I love the setting of that one. Very great snow setting. Mm-hmm. I watch Christmas Evil every Christmas day. Actually, I usually throw it on sometime in that day. So love it, love it. Um, I actually watch. I know G- you watch this one too. All through the all through the house. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one. I watched that in October, though. Yeah, which is so weird for you because you generally don't do things like that. Yeah. Is it because you had a, a, an online screener and you could, you had to use it right away? Is that what yep. was going on with that? That's one? why. I, I wanted to see it for sixteen, and I knew that was the best opportunity to see it since I had it for a screener. Hmm. That's right. Did you end up doing a full review on here? I can't remember not, if you did or not, not. On the show, I did it on my YouTube channel. Oh, okay. Did you, you said you watched it? Yeah, I watched it actually the other night. I really enjoyed it actually, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, I, was, I liked it too. I was actually really kind of taken back by... Well, I was expecting a very, very low-budget film. I mean, it's still a low-budget film, but mm-hmm. I was expecting it not to have you know the complexity of what it really kind of presented to the viewer. <laughs> like, like You're saying you like, thought it wouldn't even look like a movie. <laughs> well, no, not that. I just wasn't expecting that much story out of it. You know, there was a lot of developing stuff that was happening in this film and all these characters that were being introduced to and everything kind of comes full circle and it it was just it was very surprising to me that there was so much plot and so much narrative that actually kind of made sense and you know I mean in itself it's a little bit predictable on what's exactly going to happen but you know the filmmakers did a pretty good job with developing a pretty decent story and kind of a kind of a fucked up story to be honest like the actual, like the reason for mm-hmm. why this person's doing all the killings and stuff, it's kind of disturbing in itself. And you know, I had some pretty interesting characters, and uh, the lead I thought was fantastic in the film. I thought she was really, really good. Um, she was hot, and she was a good actress too. And I believe that's I the director's to... sister. Oh, is it? Yeah, she did a really good job. She was quite believable and stuff. And you know, I thought most of the cast was really good, uh, but the gore effects were something that kind of took me back a little bit. I wasn't expecting to see, you know chopped up penises and things like that and uh, I like the art stab at the beginning this is nasty it's fucking real but you know of course all practical effects but look pretty good man you know some you know uh, those garden shear things through people's heads and uh, necks and shit there was a lot of pretty good kills and stuff and uh, I don't know man I thought it was one of the better ones and after I finished it I was like well you know that's something I'd rewatch. like I'm you know rewatching maybe next year or something like that so so it was a good thing because there's not too many of these films that come out and I'm like, yeah, I really, really need to rewatch that one, you know. So I yeah. thought it was good, though. Yeah, it's just yeah, I gotta check that one out still. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. It was cool. Yeah. And and you know the other thing about it too, it had a really good Christmas feel to it, especially with uh, surprisingly the, uh, the... for the lack of um, snow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, because most of it took place in that crazy lady's house, the one that lost her daughter 15 years prior, and blah blah blah. And it, it, they kind of incorporated that into the storyline where you know the girls that come back for um you know for christmas and stuff she ends yeah. up getting slapped from her 
to come over and help her decorate and she doesn't really want to do it and stuff but this place is just like immaculate you know with fucking christmas decorations and shit i, I really like the feel that they did a good job with it man you know they had to set all that shit up so what did you think cool. about the level of comedy uh it, you know it had some that's the thing man it's it's almost like real dark comedy at times and uh i mean it wasn't like full-blown slapstick or anything i mean i can think of films that definitely have a little bit more silliness to them than all through the house but I, it didn't really bother me to be honest i mean the first penis that dropped on the ground i bursted out laughing because i was like hey, that that black penis is cut in half and it's still bigger than mine and it's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> so see i so don't that find kind of... that that comedic though right well it's just, it's just the way it kind of happened though it was the reaction of the dude right like he gets it cut off and he kind of pauses and he's just like, <laughs> like what the fuck? it's like total overacting but um i don't know man what do you what do you think of the comedy in it because, I mean, I know that's I usually it. I thought it was very toned down to where it wasn't annoying to me, so... Yeah, I was, I yeah. I, I think that's the thing. If you execute that dark kind of comedy elements to these films, it's not... It kind of works on a different level. Slapsticky comedy is just... It's so out there, and it gets repetitive, and it's uh, it gets boring after a while, really. Yeah. You know, dark comedy, I, I don't mind, because, you know, you sometimes feel maybe almost a little bit bad at laughing at things like that so it's like you know he's gonna chuckle to yourself and stuff but i don't know i i think it's just there's a big difference between slapstick and black comedy and shit but i don't know man i do recommend all through the house i know some people have seen it this year and they said they didn't really care for it too too much but you know i, I think it's more on the level of a pretty well-made film you know it's it's psychological in parts there's a lot of story and development and you know the thing that surprised me about the film the most was the fact that for how much story and how much narrative there was that was actually in this film it was pretty well paced you know it didn't really have a lot of down moments where they were really trying to develop and there was like you know a lot of talky parts with shitty dialogue and stuff everything was kind of placed very very well you know for the film itself and that just very very much surprised me so if you haven't seen all through the house check it out i thought it was pretty good so yeah i'm gonna have to check that out somehow yeah, a rating on it yeah, I, I give it uh, about a seven and a half out of ten. Um, it, it's you know it's not like it's not like gonna you know explode your head, um, but uh, it's definitely. <laughs> and to be honest, it is one of the better modern Christmas uh, slasher films I've seen in a long time, or Christmas related horror films in general. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, I I came in at a seven on that one, and I I pretty much thought it was you know as good as you more or less. Um, I actually came in at a seven two, and then I talked myself up into a seven point five. I was, <laughs> I was thinking about the film. It, it stuck with me for a couple of days actually, and then, and then I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go with a seven and a half on this. But yeah, so <laughs> that's, that's cool. Uh, so yeah, a little bit of a bonus review there. Yeah, I guess I wasn't really tr meant to review the film, but uh, sure. yeah, mini review, I guess, without the actual plot of the film, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways. Um, well, I guess let's get into this uh, this Christmas episode here. Yes. Uh, viewer's choice. Viewer's choice. Fourth so what are we annual doing? Christmas This is the fourth, fourth annual Christmas show voted on by you, the fans. And of course, what we did here is we put up a poll on the 22 Shots Facebook page. And uh, you guys voted for these three films. And we got Gremlins, Black Christmas Remake, and we got uh, Krampus. So those are the three. I thought it was very interesting that these were the three films that came up. I, I don't know why I was just shocked that Gremlins was picked. I don't know. 
that was just me. But yeah, I don't I, know about I you guys. Why? Why were you shocked that Gremlins was picked though? Like, I was just I was surprised that people wanted to hear us talk about Gremlins. Like you sometimes know, just I feel like people don't actually think of it that way though, where they're like, "What film do I want to hear them talk about?" They feel like, "Oh, what is my favorite film here?" <laughs> you know that the way people vote too is just like, "Ah, oh, Gremlins, that's a good one," but yeah. then we still have to talk about it. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is, but it's a very kind of intre- Black Christmas remake. I mean, that's that's kind of strange. I mean, I, I guess that we've done Black Christmas and the Black Christmas remake on well, different Black novels, Christmas so. remake is actually one of the more popular horror, uh, Christmas horror films, honestly. Yeah, it does seem to be, doesn't it? It, it definitely yeah. is. Like it, I think that it's because a lot of the older Christmas horror movies like didn't really come out besides Gremlins in, in like the, a mainstream way like they, they had these like limited releases and stuff you know what I mean like you look at a film like Christmas Evil Christmas Evil didn't have a wide wide release you know what I mean I, I think no, a lot of people no. didn't really see it like yeah. most of those Christmas movies I, I seen for the first time in like the last five years you know like yeah so I think Black Christmas, that was a – and when we get to it, I'll, I'll mention how crazy I think that is. But that was a wide mainstream release. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why, that, yeah. why it was picked as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think for the time that came out, it was definitely one that a lot of people saw. And probably I think a lot of people saw that one before they saw the original too. I mean I've heard people say that. That they literally saw the remake before they saw the original one, so kind of ironically, I did too. <laughs> yes, yeah, not me, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It just you know sometimes when that happens, you know, you just kind of have a special place for the film and stuff. I mean, I, I just can't bring myself to do things like that unless I inadvertently accidentally watch a remake before I watch the original because I didn't know it was. I think that happened to me with uh, and there was one film I didn't even know just like a few years back, but. Yeah, I just can't do that out of order, man. OCD, you know? I, I know JP's the same way, too. I mean, mm-hmm. unless, of course, he's watching the fucking... Walking Dead season two. Fear the yeah. Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. Fear the Walking Dead, which I thought was just so strange. But but anyways, guys, let's get into these films here. Uh, first up here from 1984, directed by Joe Dante, written by Christopher Columbus. We'll call him Chris Columbus, I guess. Um, I believe Chris Columbus, he wrote Home Alone and Home Alone 2, or did he? He wrote the screenplays for those movies, didn't he? He, did, yeah. Yeah. he directed them. Yeah, he wrote the Goonies and he directed the first two Harry Potter films. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, so this guy, yeah, this guy's got a weird filmography. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, uh, But, you know, apparently this his original script actually was supposed to be a little bit darker than it actually turned out to be. Is, yeah. is that what the story goes? Yeah. yeah no, so. Like the mom mm-hmm. gets killed and her head gets tossed down the stairs and shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh. I know it would it would have been interesting to see that film like a straight up rated R Gremlins film, see what they would have done with it, but mm-hmm. who knows? Who knows how it would have turned out, but anyways, Gremlins from 1984. Uh read this short little synopsis on your <laughs> This thing just uh they always make me laugh. A boy inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolently mischievous monsters on a small town. I guess that's essentially what it is. Yeah. So it's a lot shorter than the other one. The other one's like a book. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. 
So, so uh, Gremlins Gre- is an interesting movie, um, for one, because uh, it, it kind of it did make our most influential list. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. remember which number it was, but oh, I don't have a clue. It, it I'm sure Derek of... knows what it is. <laughs> uh, it's been a while. Fuck you! I said something the other day. I was like, oh, I, I I can't even remember what I said, but I was like, I told that story on this episode, and he's like, Yeah, you told that on episode blah 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 on the sweatshop one. I was like, Holy fuck, dude! <laughs> Jesus! Like, I, <laughs> how do you remember that shit, man? It's crazy. I gotta get my moods notebook out. No doubt, man. It's crazy. Um, it was okay, number eighteen, actually. Number eighteen. Wow, it was in the top twenty. Whew. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and it it was for multiple reasons. Um, just to kind of reiterate on that. Yeah. It kicked off like the little monster craze, and and really like from critters to hobgoblins to ghoulies to you know any other. Rumble Stiltskins, oh, Leprechauns and shit. Like, troll. Yeah. Troll. Like, it all sort of stemmed from the idea of these little monster creatures that Gremlins came up with. And also, it was huge, and I think this is more why it, it was on the number 18 spot. It was one of the key films that influenced the PG-13 rating system, because Gremlins was PG. It was rated yeah, PG. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting, right? Yep. Yeah, because there's a lot of dark stuff that happens in the film. Yeah, so um, basically uh, the film opens up with a guy who's an inventor, uh, inventor, and he is in Chinatown where he's led to this shitty little crummy like under the basement type shop, like little corner store. And he, he's trying to unload some of his failed inventions that seem to break off. Yeah, he does. And he's also looking Bathroom, for a, a Christmas gift for his son. And there he f- spots what uh, the old Chinese man says is a mogwai, which is mm-hmm. this sort of little creature. Um, and he asked to buy it. Of course, the guy's like, no, 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 no. With mogwai comes great responsibility. Um of course that's not bad that's not bad he, he does end up with the mogwai uh due to you know the the kid who's you know grandfather owns the shop he steals it and gives it to the guy for 200 bucks and he takes it home but not before explaining to him the three roles and i think that's a good spot to start with our review after i explain the three roles one uh do not uh get them wet which uh you know no baths no don't give them any water to drink uh, no sunlight. Um, sunlight. No bright lights in general. Them. Yeah, no, not even yeah. just sunlight. Like bright lights in general can hurt them. Yeah. They do. They do specifically them. say that too. They said like, uh, you know, try to stay away from bright bright lights, but the sunlight actually will kill him. The bright lights technically won't. They just don't like it, but sunlight will yeah. kill them. And the yeah. final, most important rule is never, no matter how much they beg, no matter how much they plead, feed them after midnight. Nice. Um, Close so, from work, from work. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, he takes it home to his kid, and they do break all the rules. <laughs> well, the yeah. way, very it's, quickly. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I do love that whole setup scene in like uh, Chinatown. Though. Oh, it's great, dude! It's it great. has like it, this it like grimy like feel, which I know you <laughs> hate slow mo modes. 
You hate slow-mo and you hate movies that start when they end. With the end? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I do. Um, I like uh, Rand Pelster as a character, like, trying to sell his inventions off. He's awesome. He's like like a cool-ass dad, man. He's just... He's like that's a, that guy actually has a very interesting story of like how he was cast. Uh, he's Hoyt Axton, who's actually a famous singer and songwriter. He actually mm-hmm. wrote uh, "Joy to the World" by Three Dog Night, and one is the loneliest number. And, and really? Yeah, uh, he's a singer and songwriter. He wrote a bunch mm-hmm. of songs for like Randy Newman, different singers and stuff during the time period huh. during that period. And I always remember him from actually a very underrated Jim from the 80s, also uh, Retribution. He's also yeah, yeah. a really good actor. And I like how he's all set up and he introduced himself to like these this uh, Chinese older man and uh, trying to sell the bathroom buddy, which is fucking funny. I like how he's trying to like sell the stuff like everywhere he goes throughout the film. Well, I mean, that's essentially what he does. He's an inventor slash, yeah. you know fucking entrepreneur he's that's what he does he travels around and tries to sell his his shitty products which are actually quite funny though i'm not gonna lie but yeah no that opening scene's great man it, it really is good it's got this really kind of dark feel to it. it it's interesting how that dark approach in the beginning of the film is kind of very prevalent throughout the film and I, I i like that man because you know when people think of gremlins you think of like you know it's family family fun and stuff but it's it is pg-13 right i mean it's PG. meant for or pg whatever um, are you sure? I'm are you sure. sure? It's PG. It's PG on the back of my Blu-ray case upstairs. There was no PG-13 uh, when this was invent when this movie came out. That's right. That's right. So it was right about the time. This is right about the time actually when the MPAA I think was changing the rating system actually. Um, but you know, it's funny. Yeah, because mine says 14A on it too. That's fucking trippy, man. But I guess these are the newer the newer uh, ratings systems and stuff, right? So. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but no, I, I love the I love the dark tone to this film. You know, for a PG rated film, man, I think they capture it quite well. And it it's a lot in due to uh, Joe Dante's kind of. I think it's just the way he is too, right? Like he's very much into like dark humor and things like that and stuff. And yeah. it's very very much prevalent in this film. But that's one thing I always liked about Gremlins is that it doesn't just give you something and not follow through with it. You know, it kind of keeps that dark tone throughout the whole film in a lot of aspects and and it shows with some of the characters too and stuff like that and i don't know it's just a it's a very interesting pg rated film i have to say yeah for sure a lot of interesting weird characters like we meet throughout the town like in the opening credit sequence yeah Mm -hmm. i mean right away this film got like a nice christmas vibe like even though like some of the snow does look fake if you really look at it um it, it it feels warm and like nice like like a christmas movie well, I think yeah. the snow has to be. I think the snow has to be fake in this film because, I mean, let's face it, man. There's some. There's some pretty. I would say obvious plot holes with uh, with gremlins being outside and doing things. I mean, how come they weren't multiplying in certain in some of these scenes and stuff? Let's face it, man. <laughs> snow, snow is snow is fucking wet. Snow is wet. So uh... me, me and the wife we were watching last night. We started laughing. The part where. They uh, they find their dog all tied up in the uh, the Christmas lights. Always made me laugh. So just the way the dog is all sitting there, all calm, <laughs> and he's hanging from these fucking Christmas lights. Yeah, he's like, like comfortable. Yeah, yeah but I get that dog to chill like that. My dog would be but that, tripping. 
I know. That's what I said. I go, wow, that's a really well-trained dog. That's crazy. But the point, of the, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, the bad gremlin stripe and the gang, they, uh, they obviously went outside and did this and it was snowing. There's snow everywhere. <laughs> like, how did they not get wet? They had to have gotten wet. And there, there's actually, there's actually multiple scenes in the film too, where they're, they're obviously getting snowy wet and they're not multiplying. So it's just I, things I always yeah. point out in the film. It's just kind of ridiculous, but yeah, but anyways, <laughs> but you got you got to admit though, right, JP? Yeah, I completely. Like, just thinking of that, the like, biggest right now, fault so. in this entire movie, because obviously, like people have commented on the fact that it's like a comedy as well. But I think yeah. that all actually works pretty well. But the biggest fault to me is the amount of plot holes there are. It, it just doesn't. The story just it's fantasy. And it's a yeah. it's a ton of suspend your disbelief. Like, okay. Well, th- I mean, the the first. I mean, going back to the whole water thing, the thing that always kind of bugged me about the film was the simple fact that one of the rules was uh, okay. I mean, if the rule was don't get them wet, that's fine as long as you follow through with it properly. But the fact is, you can't even give them water. And I'm thinking to myself, going, like, I mean, of course we have to suspend our belief here, but what the hell can live without water? That's Gremlins? that's crazy talk, well, man. Like, I mean, like they have to be like. I mean, that, we're talking about. I mean, physical, that's, that's not a plot hole to me, honestly. The, the it's not a plot hole with, without water. But it's like a, it, this thing is like a little creature thing. It's like a little cat oh, dog. It one hundred percent doesn't make sense based on <laughs> no, creatures that we know that exist in the world. But since it doesn't exist in our world, you know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. like maybe they produce their own water with darkness or something right what? <laughs> but the funny thing is like these gremlins are like they're fiends for food you know what comes with food is comes with a you know a lot of drink you know and, yeah, and well, we get i mean like isn't there like and we get to see it too in, it, like you know cold chicken with like ice crystals on it or like i don't like yeah. like it really really doesn't make much sense like well, if the they person... said something about more along the lines of like um like you even tried to be sciencey about it like like, oh, well, any water won't work, but, like, water with – it has something to do with, like, the air and the chemical running through whatever. Apparently beer doesn't make them uh, <laughs> multiply other in the bars well, in their spring. their bellies – Beer and stuff. It's like – their bellies huge. Yeah, I guess, right? It, there, there's no there's no scenes of them, you know, uh, fucking multiplying after drinking a Budweiser. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but I don't know. I have to. I have to admit, though, man, the one thing about Gremlins that I always take away from is how good the effects are in this film, man. The animatronics with the uh, the Gremlins themselves are fantastic, man. Yeah, they move around so well, and like they did such a good job, man. I mean, this is 1984 we're talking about here, right? Chris Fucking... Wallace actually did the effects. Uh, he actually designed the Gremlins. And of course, a few two years later, he would do the effects on the fly. David Cronenberg's. That's right. Some fantastic puppeteering here. This, uh, you know, we say it time and time again, but but there's just something charming about the fact that it is practical and it isn't CGI, and you can tell, um, you you can just tell that there's more heart to the character. It looks like a real thing, even though it's Mm -hmm. wires and faux fur. Mm -hmm. It's physically there, and it adds adds that. You, yeah. it's not physically there. It, it, with the with the practical effects, it just adds that element of, 
you know, it could kind of be real. CG, you're just like, you you just, th- there's no suspending anything. It's just like, that's fake. That's and you got totally something that they have the actors work off of, too, and stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which great. you get better performances from that. Um, the Gremlins look fantastic, both, like, Gizmo and, like, those ones, um, and the actual, like, green ones as well once they become gross. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just to kind of touch on what we were saying with the plot holes again, because uh, there was, like, you mentioned the dog moods. Like, it makes no sense how they would be able to get their, like, you know, like five, six inches tall. Like, how they strung that dog up, like, I have no idea. I know. <laughs> Me and the wife were laughing so hard about it. Like, none of that scene makes sense at all. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> yeah. And Ooh. also, like, you mentioned the water. And the water is a huge, like, plot hole. But yeah. what about the, like, after midnight thing? Right? Yeah. It's always after midnight. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but what is it about it? Do they have, like, these weird internal clocks that say, when it's 12 o'clock? Well, that's the problem with it, right? What is... what is? Yeah, nothing to explain. Time is is... not a real... It's something that, like, we, like, created to to keep track of things. It's not like... Well, I was (laughs) making cracks as we were watching this film last, and I'm like, what happens if they're, like, on Eastern fucking... Or Pacific Western time or something like that or whatever. Daylight savings time. Yeah, yeah, like savings like, time. Or what? When does after midnight end? Like, is it like two thirty? Like three o'clock? Six a.m.? Like, when's after because, midnight end? Because we know Gizmo eats. So it's like a major problem with this film. I mean, there's three major rules to this film, but none of them make sense. Well, the sunlight one makes sense. The sunlight, I guess. Yeah. I guess it is what it is, right? Vampires. I mean, we just kind of take that for what it is. Yeah, um, but the the like, I think the way that could have handled like the after midnight thing is like if you attached it to like moonlight more like a werewolf right like how a werewolf transforms in moonlight yeah if it like think about it if instead of the mythology of werewolves transforming in moonlight it was if they ate after midnight (laughs) you know what i mean it's the same thing pretty much they're still transforming so if maybe if you if they ate while there's a full moon or like if they ate after yeah you uh, have to have another variable in there yeah it has to be like when you can't just have this non-existing i mean not non-existing but time is like it's all relative right it's like what time is it really you know you can keep asking that question right but i mean if there's physically a full moon out there and you're eating or so maybe that's the whole thing full moon but like maybe like while the earth is at a certain the earth and moon are at a certain part because that's what you know the rotation of the earth and the, and the, mm-hmm. the this stuff around it like if you tie it to that instead of time itself it works so yeah. i kind of thought that maybe it just had something to do with that like maybe when earth said it's like peak pointed yes. at the moon yes. or something you know what i mean like i kind of took it as that so i can explain that one away a little bit myself but it's still but, a little but they, messy. They have such a, yeah, and I mean to work off of that right there. So they're eating after twelve o'clock, and what happens to them when they eat after twelve o'clock? They go into a they turn, state. Yeah, they go into like this weird cocoon state, but they actually physically change like this. Their their body is engulfed in this cocoon and stuff, and then they go through a change. It doesn't actually specify how long they're cocooned in it for. It just seemed like it was like a day or two or kind of thing, and yeah. then when they're fully developed into that new 
Bean or that new character or whatever the fuck you want to call it, they break out of these cocoons and then they're just all of a sudden evil fucking gremlins and shit. Well, they're evil to begin yeah. with. They just they have are. claws and teeth. And that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, but it's funny because the food, I, I guess that's the whole rule, right? It's like, you know, you feed them and this is what happens to them physically. So, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense, but, but, uh, but still the, be, that being relative to the time doesn't. So you, you still need something to go off on there. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's like I understand the result of eating after 12, but the tw- the the time doesn't make any sense to the result of what's happening. But uh, I do like the idea that they somehow cocoon themselves and they just change and they. What, yeah, they essentially, what they do is they grow. They, they grow. They go into like these HR Geiger fucking cocoons. Yeah, and, and which I always liked, man. I never understood why they were glowing green. But I always like that idea, though. It's just it, it kind of adds this whole sci-fi type element to it. Like, where are these gremlins actually from? Are they from outer space and stuff? And this is what they do. It's I don't know. I wish they, like they made like from a like the woods, like the the forests of like China or something. But I mean, I wish they made like I'm... a prequel of like Roll China where they have like nine thousand gremlins and mogwais. You know, but what who else, knows? Though, dude? Who knows? Maybe that's where they were discovered, man. So they came down from outer space into China, and then that's how they got the Mogwai name because they were named from the Chinese and stuff. But who knows? It, it's just like there's so much mystery behind these gremlins, and I don't know. It, they're well, just—it's a strange one thing story. That you can kind of do here a little bit is look at it logically, like basically. Okay. Who? <laughs> Where this Mogwai is coming from is this old ass Chinese dude who clearly, who clearly is old school as fuck, right? Like, like, like yeah. these old ancient tradition, like values and and shit like that. So, what he we only know what's happening to these things based on what he's telling us. Right? And so, you also have to assume, and you also have to assume that he has seen and been through all this too. So if you get these mogwai wet, they multiply. You feed them, they cocoon themselves. Uh, you leave them out in the sun, well, they fry. Yeah, but just right. because just because what's happening is what he's saying is going to happen doesn't mean the reason that's happening is the reason. That, you know, it doesn't mean that the reason he's saying doesn't actually mean for sure that that's why it's happening. It could be a coincidence. It happens a lot in history when you use old, like, traditional methods of science or medicine, right? Like, it's just a coincidence that it just so happens that, like, oh, like, it could be something scientific, the reason why they turn into these cocoons. Um, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, but I'm just, it, but I'm saying his rule, but his rules the way he specified his rules, those things were based on facts. Cause he's like, yo, we got three rules and no, like, he's but not, it's not, you don't kind of get what I'm saying. I'm saying his, he might not know because he's not basing it in science. He's basing it in just what he knows, what, what experience. Right. So, well, that's what I'm saying. He, yeah. I, that's what I said. Cause he totally had experienced this obviously before to have these three rules. Yeah. There may be more rules to these things that he doesn't well, know. Just for example, what I'm saying is if you would look at this logically, like a real life scenario, maybe they're changing because they get an appetite at midnight. And once they become a certain weight, they can secrete a cocoon like formula that, that wraps around them. And they're, since they're like nocturnal creatures, they get more hungry at night, they'll overeat and be able to do this. Maybe it has nothing to do with midnight. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. kind of like that it, makes it could be anything. Like, And that's just a, mm-hmm. that that's not what it is. But I'm just saying because no. he's an old wise tell like guy, 
it could be something scientific why this is happening that just so happens to 90% of the time work with them eating after midnight. And it mm-hmm. happened throughout history with humans all the time where we think it's one thing just because it, it lines up so many times turns out to be a completely different thing. Like, remember the guy that used to come to your house and, and masturbate your wife? <laughs> like back, back, in the, back in the old days, that was a thing because <laughs> of his headaches. <laughs> you know what i mean we did all kind of dumb shit (laughs) but i think honestly when you're watching this film and and you're presented with these rules and stuff you just kind of take it for face value though too you're like oh yeah okay don't get obviously i'm i'm trying to like that yeah that is not what they were thinking when making the movie Oh, for but sure. I mean, just, well, they yeah. obviously they obviously didn't think about the three rules that hard because let's face it, yeah, there's some obvious uh, holes there. But you know, yeah. it doesn't. It, it's not like it. You know, it to me, it's almost just laughable throughout the film because it happens so many times in the film where these things are physically getting wet and they're breaking their own rules constantly through the fucking movie. That it, it's just to me, it's funny. Even though, like, if you're watching a comedy, and I think that's what it is, though, too. It's that, you know, it's supposed to have these funny moments in there. And, and so when these things are, when these rules are being broken and presented to you, you're just like, well, I mean, that's kind of expected, you know. This isn't like, you know, an Oscar-winning film here. So, yeah, you know, exactly. it, it, does, it doesn't really bother me a whole lot. To be honest, this movie is, like, so much fun. It, it really is so much fun. I mean, everything from the fun characters... The, <sighs> Yeah, I, I think everyone is pretty good in this film. The, the one thing about this movie, you know, getting into narrative, you know, kind of story and stuff is uh, the whole relationship between uh, our main character and um, Phoebe Cates. I can't remember what her name is in the films. You know, me with fucking names. I can never remember names. Um, what is her name in the film, Derek? Uh, Kate. Her name's Kate in the Kate. film. Yeah, and Kate and Billy's relationship, like she is such a downer character. But I mean, her story does kind of make sense and stuff. I mean, we at the were... end of the film, yeah, no, dude, that's amazing. That's one of my favorite moments in movie history. Is like, like when she revealed why she hates, yeah, her. dude, because it's so yeah. dark in it. In what essentially is a kids' film, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I was getting at. You know, it's like, uh, you know, but it's just their their relationship is so awkward in the film. It just, you know, I, I wish it wasn't that they were, you know, supposed to be an item or something. Maybe they were just friends and stuff. I don't know. It's just, to me, it always seems like it's taking away from things in the in the movie. It just always kind of, it's just there to me. And I'm just like, I don't really care about it too much at all. I don't know. But I have to admit, though, her story is, like, fantastic. But when, when she reveals it, you're just like, yeah, um, okay. So <laughs> I was like... Gonna... But it's just so fucking morbid. It's so morbid, man. It's great. It's so great. But yeah. Otherwise, the relationship I don't I don't really give two shits about at all in the film. Um, I really? don't mind it. Like I, they're, they're I, I don't. It's it's awkward to me. I wish they were. If it was just straight up, like yeah, we're boyfriend and girlfriend, or you know, or just like straight up good friends. It, it seems like it's just where do they really stand and stuff. And it's just why are you beating? I think it's kind of there like it's it's like oh like there's I guess it's obvious all mutual attraction yeah but we yeah. just 
sort of But she's obviously bummed out because of the Hall. Well, I mean, and that's the other point that I was, you know, trying to get to. I mean, their relationship is a little bit awkward at the time this film is presented to you, which is Christmas, because she's, oh, she's having a bad time at Christmas. Yeah, because she hates Christmas. She hates the holiday season. She's a little bit distraught. So that, that does make a little bit of sense. But just the way their interactions and stuff are, it's like, what are they really doing together? Are they are they actually I mean, item it's or- kind of more of a realistic relationship where it just starts off like as like people who maybe like each other but they just sort of hang out as friends yeah, know we, and yeah. it ends with them for this kids movie. i think it's almost too complex for a kids movie like when you're watching a kids film it's generally should just be black and white you know it's like yeah but fuck that hey, you guys are together man you guys are fucking you guys are porking each other and she doesn't like this time of year so I, but see well, even I mean, as a different. kid like i kind of understood that like i remember yeah. understanding that like i remember thinking too. about that but I mean, good good for Billy though, man. I mean, really, he doesn't have to buy her present shit because she doesn't like Christmas, so you know, save yeah. a little bit of money. Um, you also got Corey Feldman up in here. He's not really in it a whole lot, but his character's neat, you know. Yeah, we got so. Dick Miller. Oh, man of Joe. a thousand movies. Yeah, Dick Miller is the uh, shit. I love Mr. Mr. Spiderman. He's when I watch this too. movie. When I watch this movie, it's like a total 80s time capsule. You know, even though this is obviously the middle, middle of the 80s, but when you watch it, you're just like, there is so many big 80s names in this film. Judd Reinhold. Yeah, man. And exactly. He's a fucking dick in the film, too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Like, there's so many people in this film. It's just like every five minutes, someone pops up, and you're like, yep, reminding you of the 80s. <laughs> it's good shit. Uh, but um, really? there's you know there's a lot of cool moments in this film like when he takes the gremlin mogwai to the goddamn school and the dude you know he's like what the hell's going on with this thing it, like yeah, Mr. the Hansen, only yeah. thing that I I find weird is everybody's reaction to these things like when they multiply with water nobody's like holy motherfucking shit this is the most crazy thing I've ever seen in my entire life my god call the news. <laughs> Like, everybody's like, Dude. oh, really? I bet everybody yeah, that liked that one That guy's like, chill. He's all chill. He's like, hmm. <clears throat> I literally have this written down. Now, when Billy first shows his dad uh, what happened after <laughs> they after uh, Gizmo, <laughs> after Gizmo, like, multiplied, his reaction is just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's oh, look crazy. at them all. They're so cute. Like, he's not even mad at all. Like, wouldn't you be pissed? Like, you got him this one fucking mug, and now you got, like, fucking 12? But he's thinking about it in his head in that same scene, like, you know what? The Pelsler pet. He's gonna sell these mogwais off. So like, yeah, <laughs> I get I guess like the, the true vision of a of a salesman, right? Oh, I can make some money <laughs> off this. <laughs> totally. Totally. But no, his reaction is priceless. He's not mad at all. <laughs> but now when I wouldn't you be put mad it in those type of I would just be, Well, I just be I, I just be, be like, kinda like Dude, away. you have the room for twelve mogwais? Like, <laughs> Jesus, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but I know what you mean. Like when they take it to the school and the the, the teachers look and all that shit starts going down. He's like, yeah, that's pretty wild. <laughs> First of all, just having that fucking thing in there, I'd be like, what the hell is this thing? Like, really, what the hell is a gremlin? A gremlin's a gremlin. It's literally what it Even is. Even later in the film, well, apparently Billy the shows the... send them over in foreign cars. And watches. And watches. Yeah? Nice, nice. And then another scene when Billy's with the sheriff and stuff later, and he's like, they're like playing with Gizmo. He's like, oh, I'll just go home with Gizmo. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> they still don't believe him about this. 
Oh, I know that that the whole dumb cop thing in this, the, like he won't believe him for a second and stuff until they get the call. And it's like, oh, well, there was a big accident with a snowplow at the uh, Walton's house or whatever the fuck it was. And he's like, that was caused from the bad mogwise. Yeah. And he's like, no, nah, it was just an accident. It's like, fuck. It's so frustrating watching characters like that in movies. But yeah. Yeah. yeah what's coming to Apparently, uh, the, each of the animatronics cost 30 to $40,000 according to Zach Galligan. Jesus. Crazy, man. Because man, in the in the bar scenes, holy shit, dude! There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of action in there. Yeah. These are there. I mean, there's a lot of them. Playing poker and smoking cigarettes and flashing. I love that scene, man. <laughs> They're playing poker and drinking beers. <laughs> and Spikes is, shoots the one gremlin because he has the ace of spades. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Man, I gotta say, man, the, the one scene where it, after that whole bar scene where it cuts outside and. They've actually just kind of multiplied again. The the one went into the pool and created like this massive army, and they're all kind of walking down the street. That scene looks funny to me. It just looks. Hey, does it look like stop motion? It does. It does because you, like I know that they were using you know obviously these animatronic fucking. That, that one might have been stop motion. I think it, it could have been. Yeah, it, even like the whole surrounding the background, but it really kind of sticks out when you watch. You're like, yeah, something's off about that scene. But uh, I guess it kind of makes sense because there was literally like a hundred of them, right? So I love the whole scene when the fucking mom is just getting paraded with gremlins and she just slaughters them all, like with the blend. <laughs> yeah. I still, I still think one of the funniest scenes in this film for myself is the the lady on the uh, the chair elevator. Mrs. Deagle. Oh my god, dude! It makes me laugh every single time the way she goes flying out the window. Oh, she was such a fucking bitch. I'm so happy. <laughs> I know, man, but it's just how far she flies out the window. It's so ridiculous. And when the cops just drive by, oh my god, it's Mrs. Deagle. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny too because it works in this film, and it's actually funny. And there's a scene coming up in uh, in Krampus that is very kind of similar to this that totally doesn't work at all. It's funny how it. In my opinion, it doesn't whatsoever. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, Gremlins is one of those... JP movies. just cuts in like he's so uninterested. He's like, yeah, and... Um, <sighs> we're even listening? No, nope, was not listening at all. Uh, but anyway, Gremlins... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can tell you where because you probably would agree with what I just said, so... Yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned Krampus in the scene in Krampus. I heard that. Okay. What the fuck were you doing over there? Masturbating or oh, something? Of course. No, seriously yeah. though. No, I was just I had to deal with something real quick. But I see. Um. Anyway, uh, Gremlins. Yeah. I, the, I, like I love the concept. It just doesn't make much sense. Uh. But yeah. if you can forget about it and sort of try to you know suspend your disbelief, it, it, it's 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 a really 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 fun movie. It got a lot of heart it has all the like christmas spirit and like even the even like the the very end of the film has like you know a warm-hearted like type of like christmas like lesson learned you know what i mean yeah yeah um very, like there's social commentary in terms of like like lessons and uh also just you know it, it, it's creative it's a really creative movie it's a movie that is uh very original and you know even even to the point of its, you know, own flaws, like, 
its originality sort of like hinders it a bit with with the plot holes and stuff. They just didn't have mm-hmm. they didn't really think it through a hundred percent. But I love Gizmo. Like he's a, he's an awesome, cute character that that is really sort of you show that to anybody and they're gonna be like, oh, Gizmo's cool as shit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I love Gizmo. You know who voices? Yeah, you know who, who voices Gizmo? Giz- Giz- no, Howie Mandel. Oh, is it really? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I always thought it was kind of interesting that they that they could kind of talk. You know, kind of an interesting thing for the gremlins. Yeah, and I like uh like when the when the actual gremlins transform into gremlins, they do like keep characteristics of themselves when they were Mogwai. Like uh, certain ones, like uh you know, like Stripe has the white stripe still. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it looks, tell it which looks ones, awesome. certain ones still have the same characteristics as they were as actual Mogwai. Yeah, Gremlins. Um, yeah, I gotta say, man, I, I always thought that the movie's just a tad bit too long. I mean, it runs at like 106 minutes. It always feels like it, it goes on just a little bit too long. I know they were probably having a lot of fun editing this thing, man. I would like to know how much footage they actually shot. Because that huge montage of the, the gremlins in the, the bar scene and stuff, man, that shit goes on a long time. Like, there's a lot of scenes with them just fucking shit up, man. It's crazy. Uh, what, was what was the budget on this film? It had him pretty high. Crazy. Because they do a lot, of, like there's a lot of on-screen stuff, right? So, oh, it says estimated 11 million. That's actually pretty not that bad. Yeah, 11 million, huh? I mean, it made That's, 12 million wow. opening weekend, and it went on to gross 153 million. Yeah, that's wow, it's crazy. I was expecting, yeah, I was expecting it to be a little higher budget than that, just considering all the effects in it. But, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a, like a tad bit long, but you know, it's. It's still very enjoyable for what it is, besides the obvious, unintentional, uh, funny moments with the plot holes. <laughs> like, seriously, yeah. makes me laugh. There's time, actually but... um, quite a lot of trivia on this one. Uh, one. One thing is that Joe Dante actually prefers Gremlins 2 to the to this film. Well, it was more his film. Oh. Spielberg wasn't involved. Yeah, uh, this film, I did hear that uh, Spielberg shot a lot of like a lot of uh second unit maybe is what i've heard i could be mm-hmm. i could be confusing the, the game. so so this movie was directed by spielberg like uh spielberg did um poltergeist i mean maybe that's <laughs> how <laughs> so that movie's all spielberg man <laughs> hilarious that's crazy man i'm actually not a big fan of gremlins too to be honest i'll be completely honest I find it like really boring. Uh, I loved it as a kid, but since then I, I'm not really. No, I watched it like last it. year, and I was like, "Oh, this movie's just such a downgrade from the first one." I I loved it as a kid as myself, but it's like as it, it, it ages badly as time goes on. It's been a while since I actually watched Gremlins two. I don't even think I even liked it as a kid. <laughs> to be honest. Well, so I actually saw Gremlins two before I saw Gremlins one as a kid. Oh, I started. I started in theaters. Wow, crazy! Yeah. I did like I did like Spike. I did this, like this. This uh, 
film, this the dog Barney is actually played in another movie. Uh, he was the dog in uh, Pumpkinhead. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Definitely the same type of dog, yeah. Yeah. Yes, it was the same dog. Huh. Interesting. So, dog trivia. Yeah. Wow. It wasn't too common in that movie. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, this film was actually released June eighth, despite being set on Christmas. Sar <laughs> blockbuster. So uh, that's guys, really bizarre. That's really guys, bizarre. You guys want to get into ratings? Yeah, sure, sure. All right, uh, Gremlins. I'll go first. Uh, I love Gremlins. It's it's a favorite of mine. Um, it's a really good movie, uh, but you know it does have its flaws. Uh, but it has so much heart and it has so much creativity, and the Christmas setting is is good and it's highly entertaining. The dark comedy works really well, and it has very likable and relatable characters. Uh, a lot of nods to other films, other uh, Steven Spielberg projects, things like that. Um, there's just a lot to sort of soak in. Um, I like the inventions and the whole subplot with that. It's just just a really neat thing. Uh, I'm gonna give it eight out of ten. Wow, I thought you'd come in way higher than that. That's crazy. Interesting. Nice. Yeah, um, Gremlins, man. Uh, the one thing I always take away from this film every time I watch it is the. Uh, the soundtrack, the score, uh, the Gremlins. Jerry Goldsmith, yeah. yeah. Jerry Goldsmith's score in this, or the Gremlins theme is just fantastic. It's so good. It, it's one of those things that, like, it's so perfectly done for this film. It's very enlightening and it's very dark at the same time. It's very interesting how he did this. Uh, just such an awesome score to the film. Um, but yeah, Gremlins is great, man. You know, you know, these Christmas films really rely on that Christmas feel to make them, you know, part of that Christmas genre and stuff. And this one really excels in that category quite, uh, you know, extravagantly. I mean, it does. It just, it totally just feels like Christmas, man. It's got a great setup to the film. Um, Gremlins, man, it's original. It's fun. The effects in the film are awesome. Has lots of <laughs> plot holes in the film. Uh, but, you know, at least this one has nonstop likable things that are happening. I mean, there's nothing funner than watching women get thrown out of windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just that fucking scene makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Funny mm -hmm. shit. Because she's a shitty person and when it happens to me, it's like, yes. But I just, I love how she flies out the window like 100 feet. It's just so ridiculous. But, um, but yeah, all around really good film. Maybe a little bit too long. I think it probably could have been short in a couple minutes at least. Um, not really the biggest fan of, like I said, the, uh, the relationship in the film. Even though her story is just ultimately one of the craziest things you ever heard in a kid's film <laughs> pretty pretty gnarly um but yeah good film man i am also going to go with an eight out of ten on gremlins and um that's it man that's it gremlins yeah, yeah okay so gremlins first time i ever saw this was little when i was a little older i did see gremlins 2 first which is kind of weird i know but I loved it as a kid, man. And like, just the whole like mythology of like these gremlins and how these creatures come about was interesting to me. And I love the Christmas end of this uh, movie. And I like moods mentioned in his part. Jerry Goldsmith's score is like fucking awesome. With like it's 
like the whole Gremlins rag theme that plays at the end of the film, but you hear like little hints of it throughout the film too. Like even like the Mogwai's first part of year, do 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 do, and it's fucking awesome, and I love that shit. I like the effects of this film are really awesome. I love how the Gremlins look and uh, a lot of like green blood spray, which is even cooler, especially in that one scene with the mom in the kitchen, which is fucking awesome. Uh, I love the characters in this film. I like Dick Miller, Zach Elgin, Phoebe Cates. I like them all as characters and the development of their relationship. I actually do like their relationship in the film. And I love how the film sets up. And I love Gizmo. I love how he's like a film fan, too. He actually likes to watch movies and stuff. And he actually does things in the film, which is kind of into another plot. How, how does he start that car up at the thing in the department store? But other than that... Oh, the little fucking pink car that he's driving yeah. around in? Yeah, makes no sense. I pointed that out with my friend when we were watching it. I was like... I totally like, forgot about that, that too. I completely <laughs> forgot about it, but that's so true, man. <laughs> I was, like, yeah, I was yeah, laughing yeah. about it last night, too. <laughs> yeah, good one. Yeah, Gremlin's not a perfect film by any means. It has a lot of good effects in it. A lot of plot holes, though. But still a fun watch, and it's very recommendable. I'm also going to give it an 8 out of 10. Alright, it's a solid eight. <laughs> you know what, man? You know what, what invention makes me laugh, dude? The Is smoke that, goes to The smoke, well, no. The, uh, the egg cracker? <laughs> the beak? Oh, oh my god, dude. That, dude, like, it, dude the inventions <laughs> kill me, dude. 100%. <laughs> it's so funny. First, like, of all, first of all, dude, why do you have a fucking bunch of eggs sitting out on a counter all day? Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure those shits are supposed to be refrigerated. <laughs> yeah, but that thing just has so much snap power. Like he, he, they were demolishing eggs. <laughs> uh, uh, good. <laughs> and it made like the chicken noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Shit. So eights all around, eh? Wow. It's interesting. They're like fuck. No ten out of ten, Derek. <laughs> Man, if you had to come in at 10 out of 10 on that, it would have been amazing. <laughs> point Maybe out, like, the intro would have been so true, man. You know, Derek point out, all he doesn't care about plot holes. Gremlins. It's, it's pretty flawed, but I give it a 10. <laughs> <laughs> Gremlins filled with plot holes. But I think that's a giveable, so I give it a 10 out of 10. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. Hey, I'm learning. Ah, oh, fuck. All right, so we go from uh, 1984 all the way to 2006 uh, with a remake of a very beloved film. I know Dave Z loves the original Black Christmas. Um, still gotta check. I still gotta check out that commentary. Uh, but yeah, the remake of Black Christmas, also known as Black Xmas, directed by Glenn yes. Morgan. Um, we actually mentioned on the Halloween listener's choice. Do you remember? Uh, what did we mention about Glenn Morgan? He was in Trick or Treat. Trick or oh, Treat. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. His only that's acting right. role. That is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, get into the uh, the pr- synopsis. The <laughs> this film right here. Uh, an escape maniac returns to his childhood home on Christmas Eve, which is now a sorority house, and begins to murder the sorority girls, the sorority sisters, one by one. Um, yeah, this one is actually quite different. 
in terms of story than the original Black Christmas. Um, (laughs) Like completely, this one just kind of puts all its cards right on the right on the table for you and just kind of tells you everything. Um, What do you mean by that? Just, just the way. What do you mean? What do I mean by? What do you mean by it puts its cards? Well, on the there's table? There, there's no mystery behind any, you know, because it gets into the the backstory of of uh, the killer. Well, Billy and uh, you know his other one there, his family. Yeah, but it's not like it tells you it all right at the beginning of the film. Like it, it does. It, no, it, it doesn't tell you everything, but it it kind of it gets into it and it kind of you know kind of gives you that whole backstory like right away and stuff like that. Um, so what you're which, saying which, is that. They're, like how the original one, you never really find out what anything about the killer. This one, you find out stuff about the killer. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so it's like that, the Halloween. It's pretty much the polar opposite here. It's uh, the original one is a is a huge mystery, and it, it retains its mystery. Its mystery isn't. Yeah, and the... I think it also takes place like during a few days, and this one usually just takes place like during a night. Yeah, yeah. Seems... Um, this one just blatantly gives you a backstory, um, you know, about, uh, about Billy and, um, you know, his whole story and things like that. This one, you know, I think, in my opinion, I, I mentioned this in my review that I did a couple years ago, too. I really do not like the backstory of Billy uh, in this story, in this film at all. I mean, I just find it so ridiculous because we're presented with this this character that has... Um, you know he's Yo. he's jaundice. He's he's jaundice. He has a liver disease and he's jaundice. And his mom really fucking hates him because he's just different and shitty. And uh, she treats him like shit. She locks him up in the basement or up in the attic and stuff like that. And his in his father, you know, he still has feelings for him and stuff. And one thing leads to another. Uh, his mom ends up killing his father. Uh, and then down the road, he's a little bit older. He ends up killing his mom and his and her boyfriend at the time, and all, and ends up actually eating them and stuff like that. Flash yeah. cookies, which so I found was such what, an interesting thing to. Uh, well, you you said you didn't like it though. What what exactly is wrong with it that you don't like? Uh, I think it's fucking stupid. I think that the whole cannibalism part is fucking retarded, and I'll explain because, and you know, the whole incest thing and stuff that's fine. Um, you know, and, and and how he has like a daughter and things like that. I mean, it, th- these things are fine. Um, I just don't. I, I find it a little bit silly. I find it really silly because they present Billy in this. It's pretty dramatic too, because they even kind of joke about his cannibalism and stuff like that. So he's kind of presented to you as this real fucked up mental patient that's also has cannibalistic uh, tendencies, which is not shown at all in the rest of the film. They, they use this as something to kind of look forward to a little bit in the film, and it's just never showcased again. It would he have been doesn't fu- really have an opportunity to pop some flesh cookies in the oven during the final act of the film. Well, that's, tr- that's true too. <laughs> like it that's- ain't like he had time to like to do any of this. I'm just. Saying, I like the cop. I like the cop. You don't have to be cooking. Don't have to be cooking. You don't have to be cooking your meat here. Let's face it, and stuff like that. Um, I mean, yeah, there's too, there's still time for certain. There's still time for certain characters to be ripping eyeballs out and stuff like that and and shit like that. But I just I don't well, know. I don't know why. It doesn't take long to fucking rip an eyeball. Let's it doesn't take long to fucking kill someone and just bite into their arm and eat them. I mean, yeah, but that, that's not, not what that he did. That's, he's not that type of cannibal he's, he's, to just he's like kinda, he's not a fucking dog. He's like still. a Hannibal Lecter type thing. He's like, yeah, like Hannibal Lecter ain't just fucking 
rolling around like eating fucking well, arms at the time, and slashing people down. At that time, of course, man, because he had time. I mean, he was he needed to enjoy his uh, his Christmas dinner. <laughs> I mean, and just because you eat somebody one time, dude, doesn't mean that you're always fucking can't live without eating people. Like, dude, maybe I'm he just, just fucking saying, hated her so much, and he's like, I'm gonna I, fucking eat this bitch, I, yo. The fucking backstory sucks in this film. I think it's... I like uh, it. Dude, it's, I, it's cool. It's fucking Norman Bates with cannibalism. That's no, what it's it not. is. It fucking it's stupid. Norman Bates with cannibalism and liver disease. Yeah, no, it's... But, like, stupid. it's the same story. It's the same story as Psycho. With cannibalism. The, the mom is a bitch. The mom... The mom fucking has a shitty boyfriend who's a dickhead and he snaps and kills him. Same story my, with, with incest too. But, but there was always sort of that weird sort of relationship yeah, but the, that's, between but Norman that's, and Norman. That's a whole different element. This one has incest not only there's like a child involved in this and it's just I don't know man. I really don't care for the story. I've never liked it man at all. It's ridiculous. I, I feel you but th- there's just not a, there's just no like good reason other than you just don't like it but it's I'm, not that, that it was done bad or that it doesn't make sense or anything like that it's just that it's not really your cup of tea no it's not and i i really do not like the the storyline at all i mean that's the it, one thing that i like about this movie more there doesn't than. have to be a reason not to like certain elements of a narrative i mean it's just i just find it a little bit wonky i think it's just it's almost like they wrote this and like yeah we're gonna really kind of shock people with this man we're gonna throw some cannibal shit in there it was pretty shocking dude this was a mainstream wide released movie that that friends of mine saw in a theater and there's fucking incest and cannibalism in it like that's name me another film that does that you know like it's pretty rare I love me some cannibal films, and I love me some... Well, I shouldn't say I love me some incest. That's just fucking weird to I say. I do it. love me some incest films. <laughs> but I just... It was all kind of came together. So I was like, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, okay, this is crazy shit, crazy shit. But, I mean, that's just... That is just one element of the film. I don't dislike... I don't hate this film by any means. Um, I think there's a lot... There's a lot of funness to it. Uh, I think the cast is absolutely beautiful in this film, man. Every, every yeah, chick in this... Trachtenberg, yeah... I think it's like actually the... quite an interesting structure to the film too. One thing I've always noticed about this film is that it never it never showcases and gives you a bona fide final girl in this film. You don't really know who the main girl is in the film because when I first watched this film I was thinking it was one girl and she gets killed off right away or not right away she gets mm. half head sm- smashed off or whatever and I'm just like wow that's actually really cool because you know it's just not obvious, you know, like who is actually going to live out of this, you know, kind of thing. So I I, I like that element and fucking kills in this film are really good too actually pretty exciting yeah so love the kills yeah beautiful women getting hacked up pretty good shit <laughs> and that and that's essentially that's essentially it man um <laughs> for me i don't know man. What, what do you guys what do you guys like about this film so much like i mean i just don't get it i think it has i like the colors and stuff of like the it does have like a very cool Christmas vibe because like that one scene in the mental institution, you see Billy's room and it has like the green and red lights going off. Yeah. yeah there's, really... there's some great lighting in this movie. I, that's one thing that I hadn't noticed until I watched it this time. Like, yeah. I mean, the... the, the flashback scenes are shot so cool, dude. Like they feel like the memories I have as a child, like they have an old look to them to where, like, they literally are nostalgic to me. Like, I'm thinking back, and I'm like, that's how the world looked when I was a kid. It's weird. 
Like, it, it looked like that to me. Like, around Christmas. Everybody time. wouldn't have that reaction because, I mean, that means that to you, right? So, I mean, for me, looking back on it, I'm just like, no, that wasn't. So that you, wasn't didn't, you didn't Christmas. like the way the, the film looked, like how they th- did with the lights and and the greens and the red no, lights and it's stuff. Actually, it's actually shot pretty decent. It's shot pretty well. I, I will admit that. I mean, one thing about this film that uh, it, it actually feels freezing. It actually feels really cold yeah. like, in all the scenes and stuff. Yeah. Like, it actually feels like it's really stormy like and cold. Like, even the house feels cold. Yeah. Like, the, ho- the sorority house, it just it feels cold for yeah. some reason. But, like, Moods, for example, like, when he's at the Chris, he's doing the flesh cookies and stuff, and he opens up the oven, and it's, like, that blaring red. Like, that was a stylistic choice. That wasn't, like, an actual mm-hmm. oven, right? Yeah. Like, that, uh-huh. that, you didn't like that? No, I didn't like, say it. <laughs> that's that's fine. Well, you know me with visuals, man. I mean, I'm going to notice colors and shit like that all the time. Yeah, it does. It looks pretty decent for what it is. I mean, I don't think it's, like, mind-blowing. I mean, it's there's certain scenes in the film that are like that, but, you know, I mean, it's no fucking Argento film, that's for sure. But, no, absolutely not. And uh, I, I'm just saying, like, consider, considering, like, what people kind of think of this movie, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I even reviewed this on this podcast before. <laughs> And I didn't like it as much as I did this time. I, yeah. I saw a lot more to it. And I honestly, you know, really like the backstory in this one. Hmm. I think that towards the end of the film is where my main problems lie. But, well, like, the, the backstory to me yeah. is solid. Then the middle section is solid. Like, I like all the characters interacting. I like how it's jumping from person to person. I like how each of the pers- people have, like, their own dramas and, and stories going on to, to, to sort of um, distract them from, the f- from what's going on in the house and stuff because they're all worried about their own things. I, yeah. I found that that was pretty neat. And, you know, I, honestly, like, I was surprised at, at the, you know, structural narrative of the way that the backstory was told as well with the, Oh, did we get a present for Billy? Like it's a local legend and a myth. And, and even yeah. the one girl who was at the sorority house, Oh, I see that you still do Billy's present. Oh, this is new. Normally we leave a present for Billy. This one, Billy left one from for us. Like, I like that. I was like, Oh, the, the, there's a lot of thought that went into this on how to connect these two stories together. And it's, I, I, yeah. I was genuinely impressed a little bit with, with how it actually, you know, was told the story, even how the flashbacks were implemented with the, you know, narrative of the characters telling the story of Billy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting you see it like and that. And who knows? Maybe he didn't fucking I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's just part of the mythology that the characters are, are telling, because it, it's coming from their point of view, right? They're telling the story. But I mean, now, like legends grow myth, and like yeah, like the legend that. of him is out there though because I mean, even the security guard at the uh, at the institution was even joking about it. You know, <laughs> like he actually says yeah. something too. He's like, ah, he says something about uh, you know, it tastes like chicken, and then he kind of pauses and he goes, "Cause it is chicken." Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I'm like, ah, <laughs> so ridiculous. But man, okay, another dude. I I can't stand the way Billy ends up getting out of out of his fucking. <laughs> The candy cane thing? No, no, no. It's how... The milk thing. The milk thing's dumb. The candy cane thing's cool. No. Well, yeah, the candy cane thing's awesome. I meant how the security guard goes in there. It's like, dude, you know he's in there. 
He can't go anywhere. He gets all of a sudden suspicious that he's, oh, I need to open up the door and go check on Billy. Dude, well, you I don't, don't know, dude. open up well, the door. Well, he crawls through listen, walls and ceilings. No and way. No, no way. No, no, that, no, no, no. That, that's so unbelievable. There's dude, no way. Listen, he listen. He's in the room. Listen, no, because look, that's like saying in Shawshank Redemption, the ending's completely pointless because the guy goes into the room look at, look, looking around for, for the dude, right? Like, it's, like you know what I mean? Like, He's in a it, maximum security fucking nuthouse. But, but they yeah, say but that. They was in a maximum that... security prison in fucking Shawshank, right? Like, and the dude walked because he crawled through. They, you don't know if somebody walked, like tunneled through a fucking... You know, you, you don't know. And he did, didn't he? Wasn't he looking at the ground, like, as if there was some sort yeah, of Yeah, there was, like, a hole in the wall. Yeah, he was looking yeah. at a hole in the wall. You because open the cell and mentioned... see a hole in the wall, you're going to go towards the hole. They even mentioned that he tries to escape every year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, that's that's the leg of him of him going into there. But the point was tried. I mean, of course, as a security guard, you're going to be like, yeah, well, you know, maybe he's actually going to get out this time. But are you really going to fucking go in there? Probably me? not. Probably not, but it just what, doesn't seem it it possible does... for somebody to do that. Hundred percent, hundred and fifty percent. Well, Especially yeah, of course. You... Given the opportunity, if if an idiot security guard opens up the door, yeah, this guy's a fucking maniac in there, man. I would. There's no way that would ever happen. It's but ridiculous. He sees a hole in the wall too, though, right? It's not like yeah. he just wa- moseys on in. He's like, oh, that's where why, the hell's that's dude? When you call for some goddamn backup, man. Fuck, if he's gone, he's gone, man. Don't be going in there just in case he isn't and you can get stabbed in the fucking throat with a candy cane. Yeah, but, <laughs> Fuck that shit, man. I assure you that the guy did not expect a candy cane to be stabbing him in the throat. Well, of course you wouldn't, but I mean, something like that's obviously going to happen. This guy's a diabolical murderer. Candy canes that are like full length. <laughs> Yeah, true that, man. I mean, this. I mean, uh-huh. you don't fuck around with diabolical, fucking insane Christmas killers, man. killer, especially with the Christmas tools. This dude ate his mom. Come on, man. You don't go in there. You you call for backup. Knows how to make he knows. <laughs> yeah, but he knows I mean, to... I don't know, dude. People, it's just too like, easy. I don't know it's if you've ever easy. been to a, a jail or a prison or anything, but they they handle the inmates, dude. Like they they handle the like it's it's they go into the cells. They you know the, it's. It's not so much like oh they never come in contact with the inmates like it's it's there's so much contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in a maximum security. Yeah, any prison. Yeah, dude, maximum security. You know the prisoners outnumber the fucking guards. You know, like twenty that's to why, one. That's why there's certain you know there's certain uh, protocols areas. and stuff. There's certain yeah, areas guys are locked up for a while and, you know, 23 hours a day for a reason. They're not And he's one but, of them. But this wasn't, this was a, this didn't look like a max, maximum, like, security, he, like, he said state that penitentiary. That. You they know what I mean? It's a mental hospital. Security. Yeah, but they even said it was maximum security. That was the wing. That was the maximum security part of it. So there was, there was a lot of security. So, but anyways... Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um, y- you know, honestly, man, like I said, I'm not really the biggest fan of the backstory. I think it's a little bit silly and stuff. But I do enjoy the middle aspects of this film. I like the uh, the kills are good, man. The kills are pretty good. They're vicious. Uh, a lot of different ways people are killed off in this one. Eyes getting ripped out. People get... No, not pretty good in this one, actually. It's pretty amazing. Um, do you like the characters? That... Yeah, some of the characters are okay. I actually like the drunk chick, man. She's kind of funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> she's always puke. Yeah, she's just she's just like 
Uh, I just know so many people like that, and she, there's she's not like a shitty person. She's just getting shit faced because you know she's got family problems. But uh, no, I think the film was pretty good until the third act. I think is a little bit ridiculous. It's over the top for sure. It, it goes it goes way too much, and and it's just it does it goes way too fucking far, and it it is it's stretching the imagination of everything, man. It's just like out there, and you're like, what? Like, I don't you're know, like, man. It's not like it's, thinking, is that Iggy Pop? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. but um, I think that's one of the biggest flaws in the film is there. There is the, one the cool final scene. act. It, it, it is. It definitely is. Yeah. There's like one scene like uh, that I really liked how they shot it. it was like uh, that one girl that we don't really get to know, Eve, the one with the glasses that disappears throughout the film. The red herring. Yeah, and you see her, and you hear about her. She's infatuated like Billy. And when you go in her room, you see, like, with the light, and when they zoom in, her whole, like, wall is... That red hearing is so funny, too. It's, like, it's just so obvious that that's not Billy's daughter (laughs) right there. Like, (laughs) I don't know, man. I always kind of laughed at that, too, man. That's I love about red hearings. You're just, like, really? See, the the person I was watching it with 100% thought that that was her. And I was like, I don't think I ever would. No, like it's supposed to be obvious that's what a red hearing is, but you it's see, sometimes though once once it is revealed that it's not though, like just yeah. because you like sometimes as we're watching movies, if we think about it, we're like, see, I knew it, but really, like you didn't really know it, like you you had a good hunch, well, but you could have easily just went sure. that way too, though, right? They could have yeah. put it out there to be like, oh, it's we're gonna make it real obvious so that it's. So that then they think like, oh, it's way too obvious. It won't be her. And then it is her. You know what I mean? It's all mind games. Yeah, because she was like the weird one in there and like no one yeah. really knew her that well because no one ever really talked to her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course, she was a ginger kid with no soul. It was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good shit, man. I, you know, the shit that kind of made me laugh, though, man, is the the voyeur aspect of the film. <laughs> the when uh, the the drunk chick is taking the shower, and fucking uh, Billy Billy <laughs> fucking even on the floor, man. <laughs> that's dude, that's funny. like so awesome, man. Oh, that chick was hot though, man. I gotta admit, dude. Oh. I like the chick from Pete and Pete. Which one's the one from Pete Which and one? Pete? Michelle Trashenberg. Trashenberg. Oh, oh, the chick from chick. Buffy. Yeah, yeah, Buffy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a good-looking cast, man. They cast, whew, fuck everyone. You almost feel right. bad for someone when they're getting gnarled up, man. The one guy, the one <laughs> one chick under the front, the front deck or the front porch thing. Oh, dude, she takes oh, that. Oh, the uh, party of five, yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh, fuck, that just seemed like it was. Oh, this is nasty, man. Nasty kill, but one character I didn't really care for was chick's boyfriend, though, because he was kind of a piece of shit. Well, he's just he's presented as a total total dirtbag, like. I mean, he even says, he's like, oh, he, you know, he stole all my videotapes. He yeah. pluralized that. So, like, he was doing this more than once, you know. It wasn't yeah. just like, fucking yeah. asshole. Yeah, he's definitely there to be. But then he, he gets, he you know, he gets it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, this, this is uh, also, this is shot in Canada. Yes, this is a Canadian film, yeah. Mm-hmm. Produced by the late Bob Clark. That is, um, that is right. 
Good work, so, Yeah, um, this film uh, also was had a nine million million dollar budget, and it went on to gross sixteen million. So it did make money. It did a little better worldwide, you know, in all the other places. But um, yeah, I, I remember like two thousand six. It came out. Like I remember being so surprised when I seen it that it was uh, it was that it was it was that goddamn like hardcore for for you know. Oh, the mention, yeah. But you gotta remember, man. Like in 2006, uh, The Hills Have Eyes also came out too. I mean, that had a theatrical release, and it was pretty brutal too, man. You know, so this was—I don't know. I think there were some films that came out around that time that were pretty heavy on the pretty heavy it, on the gore and nasty shit. I mean, okay, even if I was in three, the Hills Have Eyes. The, the Hills Have Eyes moods, though. Like you, you've probably watched the unrated version more than the rated version. I don't think I've ever seen the rated version before. Okay, so that that's something as well. I mean, is it is it a big difference though from the theatrical to the unrated version? Like, like do we know I exactly like what? I feel like it's a it's a it's a definitely it definitely cuts a lot out of the rape scene. Yeah, well, I mean that's probably explainable, but I mean that rape is not like hardcore gore. I mean the movie's pretty gory and shit. Well, um, I, I'm more I'm talking about Hatchet like, came out that year. Hatchet came out in 2006. Yeah, but Hatchet wasn't a theatrical film either. Hatchet, yeah, man, didn't yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean it was limited, but I, I'm saying this was a wide release, and I, it's more about the incest, like the 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 fact that it this mom went and had sex with this kid. Okay. Okay. Well, let me ask you something then. So we, we watched the unrated version. What is cut out, or what is different about the unrated version to the theatrical cut? So if you watch this in the theater in two thousand and six, um, are they showing the mom walking into the room? I mean, they don't show it even in the unrated version them physically fucking, but I mean, it's pretty much implied. This is. I mean, obviously it's implied. There's. There's. Yeah, a but then they also they also tell you that that that. that that's his daughter. And that's his what I'm daughter. saying. There's a product there. There's a product of their incestual relationship. Yeah. I don't right? actually, I didn't actually daughter. need to see the actual, you know, like, I, I don't know. Even, I, I mean, if I just, the, the suggestion was enough to like, there's, if there's, I, I, I say I'm a big him. fan of incest because it's a hundred percent cringe inducing every time. Like, <laughs> and I like feeling feelings <laughs> when I watch movies. So like the cringe one always affects me. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Say I love films about necrophilia because it's just like, damn, man. Also like, cringeworthy. That's, that's a fucking real taboo shit right there. Yeah, now, if you get incest necrophilia, that's where it's at. <laughs> yeah. God damn. Uh, you talking? But, uh, it is. So we, we have one actress in this film that is actually in the original as well, correct? Andrea Martin, yeah. She plays yeah. the headmistress in this one. Yeah, that's right. That, that's neat. Yeah, I mean, you pretty. I like when they do that, though. You know, they bring yeah. back somebody from the original and you know put them in obviously in a different role. It's a lot of years. She couldn't exactly be a sorority girl, could she? No. Just yeah. one running it, man. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, all the <laughs> girls did their own stunts in this film, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. That usually never happens. Yeah, really. For wow, usually those type of girls that look like that are going nowhere near the. Uh, yeah, I remember watching the special features before and. Uh, Michelle Trashenberger actually had like the bag over her head and the other girl in the dirt was actually getting like face down in the dirt and stuff like getting polarized 
Well, the passed out chick, uh, she did her own. So I, I guess she let uh, Billy feel her up. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a really good stunt right there. Um, did you guys watch all the alternate endings on the on the release? No, I didn't. I, I didn't. Okay, because there's three alternate endings. Uh, to be honest, all of them are pretty shitty. I'm, I'm not going to lie. One of them's okay, but I would, I mean, really none of the endings are that great to this movie, to be honest. But there is three alternate endings, just to let people know. So it was probably one of those deals in production. They're like, well, we're going to shoot a bunch of different endings, and we're, we're going to show you which one we used at the premiere. Yeah. That's um, actually what happened, probably. Billy is actually based on a real-life serial killer. Um, Edmund Kemper, who had a bad relationship with his mom and sister and went on to attack a sorority house and killed some of the girls inside. Yeah, the co-ed butcher. I actually talked about him last episode during the killing of America. Oh, yeah. That's right. You know, I, That's right. after when I was in the edit, I, I must have blanked when you were talking about that. But I remember watching a Discovery Channel, like, you know, true TV, something like documentary on that dude one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they actually interview him for that documentary. Also, the uh, sanitarium in the film, called Clark Sanitarium, reference the the director of the original, Bob Clark. That's yep. right. That's right. Um, th- this is a very interesting one. The film was marketed as a Final Destination movie in Japan, because Final Destination was real hot at the time. Plus, what? It's for, plus it's from the written by the two guys who wrote Final Destination, yeah. Glenn Morgan and Jeffrey Long. Hmm. Yes. The same year uh Final Destination three came out. So Yeah, they yeah. wrote yeah. yeah. Uh also I think they share some actresses or something as yeah, well. Yeah, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She's in Final Destination three. She's the one like Girl that goes with uh, the headmistress during that one scene. They're gonna leave. Oh him. yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, shit, fuck. Actually, Mary Elizabeth Winstead said, uh, said during breaks she would often read message boards and comments on the um, like IMDb of the original film being remade, and she would be entertained by the hate and outrage of the fanboys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, Glenn Morgan was good friends with Bob Bob Clark, who directed the original Black Christmas. He received his blessing to direct the film and remained on set as an executive producer. Clark managed to watch the remake before he passed away. Mm-hmm. Wow. Lot, lot of trivia on this one. So, yeah, so this film was shot in Vancouver, uh, around my stomping grounds here. And obviously they used fake snow because it doesn't fucking snow in Vancouver. So <laughs> that's actually kind of interesting how we even said that, oh, it looks, you know, real cold and shit like that. Yeah, it probably was not cold when they shot this movie. So that's yeah. interesting, too. Uh, the liver disease that Billy had is actually a real sickness. Oh, yeah, of course. There's actually a house I delivered to, man, and... Uh, this girl has this baby that has um, a liver disease. It it literally looks like an Oompa Loompa. It's so crazy. Like, I'm not even making fun, man. It's like, I've never seen anything like that in my life. The baby is fucking yellow. Like, Oompa Loompa, like, orange yellow. It's crazy, dude. It's so sad. I'm just like, oh my god, I feel so bad. <laughs> but yeah, he's got, like, that jaundice disease or whatever. So It's crazy. 
Yeah, it's the only only thing, only person in real life I've ever seen like that. It's quite a quite a sight, man. Ugh. Uh, so this is a little interesting trivia trivia thing. After this film was not a huge financial success, uh, Bob Clark began to work on an actual sequel to the original Black Christmas uh, with uh, Olivia Hussey and John Saxon reprising their role. Uh, but unfortunately passed away, which prevented the film from ever coming to fruition. Yeah, oh, shit. Hmm. Imagine what that would have been like. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. It's a film that could have had a sequel based on... What happened in know, the end. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Um, but yeah, uh, really, really cool stuff. Uh, it was rumored that this film was supposed to have a PG-13 rating during production uh so uh, some things probably changed and they were like shit we gotta we gotta amp this motherfucker up. incest and and they saw that hill they saw that hills have eyes trail they're like we gotta amp this shit up dude your flesh cookies are super gross though like i like the flesh cookies that's a great concept yeah flesh cookies are always great <laughs> Ah, shit. I would actually like to see the theatrical cut of this movie now. Just to compare, because there's... Yeah. Well, there's the websites theatric... that'll tell you the differences. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, it's different if you just watch it, too. But, because uh, the theatrical cut is 84 minutes and the un- unrated is 94. Oh, so it's minutes. Jeez. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm wondering if they left out a lot of the backstory or something, cut out the whole incest thing. I don't know how they did it. They they probably chopped that up a little bit, and I bet you the gore scenes are cut. I bet you any yeah. money scenes are definitely, definitely cut because they're fucking pretty gory in this film. This man. is the same year Hostel came out, wasn't it? Or Hostel Two? Can't yeah, remember. maybe Hostel Two. Yeah, something like that. Um, but anyway, you guys want to hop into ratings? Okay. All right. You go first. Who, me? Okay. All right. Maybe Black... Derek, Derek here. Derek here. <laughs> okay, Derek here. Now, Black Christmas Remake. I've uh, seen this film years ago, actually, when it first came out on DVD. Uh, very interesting take on, like, a Bob Clark story. I actually do like the backstory that they go into Billy's character with, like, this incest and flesh cookies and cannibalism goodness. I like the characters for the most part. There's some of them that are kind of iffy on, like the the girl's boyfriend character played by Oliver Hudson. I didn't really care for him as a character that much because he's just a complete ale. But I do like most of the... That's true, too. That's true, too, but strong male character. I like kind of like like strong males and like the characters and... I'm sure you do like strong males oh <laughs> ooh bada bing <laughs> but I do like uh, like all the girl characters interactions with each other I like like uh, Michelle Trashenberg and uh, Katie Cassidy I believe that's uh, the actress's name and I like uh, uh, how the all the gore scenes and the totten and POV shots and the lighting of certain scenes that happen with uh, certain characters. And the big downfall for this film for me is its third act. It's kind of way over the top and it goes to dimensions that I haven't seen like this type of film. So it's still a solid watch in my opinion. It's still fun for like this time of year. So I'm going to give it a solid 6.5 out of 10. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Black Christmas remake... Uh... I think the, I think the last time I reviewed this film, I said I was 
not gonna watch it again. <laughs> that, always, that, that always happens to me. That always happens to me. Um, no, I don't. I don't dislike this movie. There's just things about it I don't like. I guess I really don't care for the backstory. I think it's just silly. I, I think it's ridiculous a little bit. Um, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not my favorite. Um, I really enjoy the kills, man. I love the cast in this film. I think the girls are just absolutely beautiful. Um, knowing that they did all their own stunts, that's a big plus. That's actually really cool. Because generally chicks of this caliber aren't uh, doing mad stunts and shit like that. Um, I, but I do like the look of this film. I think it's really good. Uh, this, the house that they shot in and stuff. Uh, they did a good job, you know, with, you know, the whole Christmas feel and stuff. You know, this film being shot in Vancouver and knowing it doesn't snow there. Uh, that's kind of interesting because, you know, it, they did a good job, you know, sprucing this thing up and making it look cold and, you know, authentic looking because, well, yeah, it's there's really there's green Christmases there. Just put it that way. Um, but, yeah, the biggest flaw in this film, though, is the third act. I've always disliked it. I think it's ridiculous. I think I, I don't think they should have went that way at all. I think it kind of ruins the overall feel of the film. And it just it, it it just stretches it way too far. It's completely over the top so ridiculous it's unbelievable it's just not believable i mean i understand what slash films doesn't always have to be but this is a little bit ridiculous at times what's going on um fuck it's shaking my head right now uh but you know it's still oddly enjoyable it's not it's not a classic film or anything um i'm gonna stick with my original rating with 6.5 that i did a couple years ago so nice so uh, I actually really love the backstory. It's probably my favorite part of the movie, if I'm being honest. I like it more. You're only seeing that because I hate it. It's going on. Yeah. Um. No, I mean, Devil like Death. I said, it is. Like Mood says, it's silly, but it's it's no sillier than Norman Bates, right? It, to me, it's it's like the, along the same lines. It's it's typical. It's no sillier than Rob Zombie's Halloween. It's the same story. There's a kid who's abused by his parents, and he snaps and kills them. It's mm-hmm. it's classic. No, there's a revenge. little bit more to it than that, though. I mean, there's the the cannibalism, but there's the the whole having a baby with your. I mean, there's just. It's yeah, ridiculous. which spices it, differentiates it, and spices it up a bit, honestly. Um, but I get what you're saying, and, but and it doesn't come off silly either. It's the, when the when the mom like, like she, she seems like she's the type of bitch to do that. Honestly, like she doesn't seem like she's yeah, like, she's like one of those trashy like, like... tongue in cheek or like mustache twirling. It's like this bitch is crazy as fuck. You know? Oh yeah. So. Um, the middle part is, is is solid. It's it's solid slasher stuff, and it, it's I like the mythology of the character. How they the the present Secret Santa thing was cool. Like I really like that. That's yeah, that's like that's an really extra cool. thought that a lot of filmmakers would not implement into their film. Uh, and then uh, the the final act is weak. It, it really is. It's over the top and it's kind of annoying. Goes on too long. I was looking at the time. I was like, this is, yeah, it, you know what I mean. And oh, yeah. even the even the person that I was watching it with, they they even felt that way, and and we differ differ on a lot of things. So, um, I, I think that this movie is a lot better than I ever gave it credit for. Uh, I think my last rating was a six out of ten. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and bump it up a full point. I'm gonna go ahead and give this a seven out of ten. Um, I do what? think that I do think that uh, it's better than. Um, the other Christmas film that we talked about, not Gremlins, All Through the House. Uh, it, it's it's like on that level, but just a little bit better. 
You know what I mean? Then that when I was looking at that rating, I was looking at this rating. I was like, I at least got to give it the same rating I gave that film because this is a little bit better than it. So um, yeah, that's wow. why I bumped it up. So uh, Black Christmas, Black Xmas. It's 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 solid. It honestly is. It's not too bad. It's 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 fun. Mm-hmm. So much potential to have a lot of tits and ass in this film too, but they. Just you get minor, yeah. you get like minor, yeah. minor glimpses. You get a like half an ass and maybe half a boob or something like that, and that's it. It's crazy. You know, with it's a cast like this, man, I'd be like, "Hey, ladies, take your clothes off. <laughs> it's go time." <laughs> yeah, we're gonna sell this one to the fullest, man. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting how there's not a lot of nudity in this one, but a whole point, a whole point. Wow. A whole point. I, I, I'm not going to get mad at you. I'm not going to just, well, I'm, I'm actually surprised to know that you had it only at a, uh, 6.5 and I had it only at a six at one point. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I feel pretty much the same about it. I mean, nothing really changed for me, you know? So I, yeah, I, I just, had a five before, to go so up a point. it's crazy. Well, you had it at a five before. Yeah. Wow. What, what did you give it? Derek seven. 6.5. 6.5? Second time watch. So it was like... All right, let's, uh, let's roll into the the final film of the night. Yes. Guys. All right, so we're going to move it all the way up into 2015 with one of our latest Christmas uh, extravaganzas here. Um, and oddly enough, another film that is, uh, well, PG-13. So Black Christmas was intended to be a PG-13. We got... Gremlins being PG, PG-13, I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, yeah, Krampus in 2015. This is Krampus. one of the three Krampus films that came out, I think, within like a matter of a couple weeks uh, last year. It was pretty weird. So, uh, But yeah, synopsis here. A boy who has had a bad Christmas ends up accidentally summoning a festive demon to his family home. Yes. Um, so when I describe this movie to people, this is how I describe it. I basically say this movie right here, um, is a Christmas vacation meets full moon's demonic toys with a Christmas deception with a Christmas devil in the in the middle. Of it. I, I was getting it. Like, it's funny that you mentioned demonic toys. Cause I got like a heavy demonic toys vibe when I was watching it too. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, the storyline in this film of course, is about this little boy, and he's having—he's kind of losing his Christmas spirit a little bit, and he's having a shit time. Well, the the annoying family comes over for Christmas, and he all shit breaks loose and completely loses all spirit and wishes his family gone. Blah blah blah. Krampus shows up, so the whole storyline with this family, you know, showing up and kind of wreaking havoc is exactly Christmas vacation. It's like exactly, me and the wife are watching. She's like, "Is this?" Yeah, like con- even the one dude reminded me of like a tamed down version of Cousin Eddie and. Yeah, yeah. Which is surprising that Michael Doherty would be influenced by that. Hundred percent. I'm I'm almost guaranteed that he cites that as an influence. Oh, big time! It's the exact same thing. I mean, there's this this movie right here, man. You know, I just it, it's a it's a this is a frustrating film for me because. It has so much goddamn potential to be so good, but I, I, I'm sticking to what I said before about it. Not, even on rewatch. Yeah, even on... Well, not not completely. Completely. 100%. You gotta let me finish talking here. Jesus Christ. Right. Um, no, but I'm gonna stick to the fact that this film is... It's very confused by what it wants to be. It doesn't want to be a comedy. It doesn't want to be serious. This one has the most tonal switches in it 
out of any type of film like this I've ever seen. Like the beginning of the film, I'm watching with my wife, and she's like, "Is this a comedy?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I know that. That's kind of the funny thing about this film is that it starts out like a comedy." And then it kind of gets super, super dark and serious. And then it co- goes back into it's got this comic relief from the annoying auntie and all these characters and stuff. And then it goes serious again. And then, you know, it, it's kind of like back and forth. It doesn't really know what it wants to do. And that's my, one of my biggest problems with this film. I wish it just had a picked a tone. Be fucking funny or silly the whole thing. Yeah, we'll roll with that. Be serious toned throughout the whole thing. Um, it mixed in with, you know, certain aspects of comedy, comic relief, just not over the top. But this one, I mean, for the first 20 minutes of the film, it's just like nonstop rips and gags and shit. And you're just like, ah, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, it still kind of bugs me a little bit, to be honest. It's not horrible or anything. It's just, why doesn't it just rely on one thing? You know, it's just one of my biggest problems with this film, to be honest. I, I've I've personally never had an issue with comedy in horror, right? It's not that that I don't like. Um because I, I like horror comedies, but it's just it's it's I prefer them to be serious. What I do usually have an issue with is like how certain comedy is implemented. And in this film, for example, I don't necessarily feel like it didn't know what it wanted to be. Like I feel like they they did know, uh, or, or at least the director did know. And I think he executed it how he saw it in his head. Because well, I know he did because I. I, I well, I, I've listened to him talk about this film. Mm-hmm. He always sort of saw saw this in the film, like these these comedic moments. Um, my... Comedic moments, though. The problem is the first twenty minutes of the film is just nonstop comedy. Though it's like see, I, I don't mind I'm it. I'm actually <laughs> surprised that you like. I don't. I didn't see. No, but like, this when film. I was watching the beginning of the film. Like I didn't. I didn't even like. It's the con. It was just like the, the family. Film. What's up? It's just the total – it's the content of the film here, man. We're dealing with a, with a Christmas devil, right? And that, yeah, those but at the beginning, the, we're dealing with a defunctional family. Yeah, like, for that sure. That seems sure. kind of normal at the beginning but that's, of the film. But that's the problem for me is that it sets it up like it's going to be a comedy and kind of silly throughout the whole film. But then it gets super dark, and I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then it starts – it kind of goes back and forth, back and forth throughout the film. And it's just like – you know, I have no problem with horror comedies because they're generally horror comedies throughout the whole fucking thing, like Deathgasm or something like that. I love it. It's fucking fun because that film know what, knew what it wanted to do. It wasn't going to go all serious and get all crazy and fucking make you teary-eyed and shit like that. This one goes back and forth. It's a goddamn roller coaster, man. And I'm not saying it's like a total horrible film or anything. It's just my problem with the film. I wish it had to just lightly implicated the comedy in the beginning and then went super serious and stayed like that you know uh, to be honest, that's I, that's my problem with to be this honest, film. i had no problem with none of the comedy in this film <laughs> yeah I, I just I, I wish this film had been dark toned i mean when you're dealing like i said yeah, I, I just felt like it was like a dark humored film with like dark harmony intended with its characters not with a lot of the shit I, was I did... the family and stuff with the fucking the little boy girl cousins and shit like that and like well, that's normal, like family stuff. That's what no, usually happens with family. And... It, but it's not funny though. That that's the problem with it. Like for me, I I, I thought that, that all that stuff worked fine. The the like interactions with the family and stuff, and I I thought that it was balanced with its comedy. Like I I didn't feel like it was I can't necessarily as all over the place. Um, True. but what's that, Moods? 
I just can't believe you're defending it because like it just seems like something you would totally shit on too. No, well, you didn't give me a chance to you know finish my thought, but I don't have an issue with how that the early comedy is like with the family. Like I usually like stuff like that, honestly. Like it makes it feel more, more natural because that's like yeah. my family. Vacation where it's like that the whole movie and it's silly and fun. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want that. Like, that's not what I want either, though. I don't want a fucking Christmas vacation uh, the whole time in my horror movie. You know what I mean? So once it gets dark, I'm with it, right? Like, I'm like, okay, like, like you set up this happy family to make it feel us feel bad or this dysfunctional family that's like, you know, that you get. It's like typical, like, family. It's like family on Christmas that can't get along. It's like typical, right? That's how everybody's family is, at least mine is. So I, I was waiting too. with that. And then once it got dark, I was like, all right, homies. My problem it, it comes in with, I'm pretty sure it has to do with, like, the, the main tonal shift that you talked about in your first review. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was waiting for it. And I think it did ease the punch a little bit when, when because I knew that was going to happen. But I am I 100% cannot get on board with that. It just is retarded to me. It's like, Thank how do you, you make that choice? Like, like you have Isn't the opportunity poor... to make oh the, this movie no. one of the greatest horror films ever, you know, greatest holiday horror films ever with how you play out that section of the film. If you remain dark and you, you know how like there's a part towards the end where it's kind of there's like sad music and like things are happening. And it's like, oh, this is kind of sad. Uh-huh. Well, if there hadn't been fucking gingerbread men, CGI gingerbread man at that, jumping around and like doing flips and being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Like that's that what I said. I said the impactful. Pillsbury gingerbread. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I know, yeah, dude. And I'm 100% and that percent with you on that. Like I like like I was ready this... for it, and it still was annoying. <laughs> but this, but that's what I'm talking about, right? Like, I mean, if you if you cut out that scene with the gingerbread man and you keep it dark. I like that that. scene. (laughs) See, but that's the problem. It just comes off so silly and shit. And you're just like, what the fuck? Again, there's that roller coaster. Apparently a lot of people do, but it's that roller coaster, right? We're, we're up here. We're, we're laughing and we're getting serious. Then it fucking does it again. You're like, what the, is that supposed to be funny? Like what the hell? I I don't know, man. And then it just kind of, it just kind of does it a couple times in the film. I mean, there's a fucking scene where we got it. Well, actually, I think you posted the gif of that thing, uh, the the flaming uh, gingerbread man that comes flying at uh, Uncle there. Yeah. <laughs> the dog my, my main question, like, oh my god, man, like, is why? I don't why know. Do I like why it? is that, that necessary? I don't. Why know. can't it be straightforward from then on out? Like, you can have the family being, you know, the family still. Like, they can still be the family, but. But, like, why do you have to take it to this fucking cartoon level? Because that's what that was. That was a cartoon. A fucking cartoon invaded the movie and was like, hello, I'm here to show my face. You know what I mean? I, and it's it could like, be worse. It could, is this would it be better if they did the ginger dead man? No, but, but that's, that's what that's I'm saying. Fucking, this is literally full moon demonic toy, like funny ass demonic toys. I'm like, this is fucking what the hell, man? Like I have, I didn't really have a like a huge problem with some of the with some of the toys and stuff, but it was how it was set up and how it was presented to no, you. It just came off. The was fine and stuff, and, and like I'm, and I was okay with was cool. some of that stuff. The, the goddamn 
cartoon art. gingerbread man. They were literally cartoons. Oh, I know. They looked like cartoons too. Yeah, they sounded like cartoons. They come straight out of mm-hmm. Pillsbury Doughboy commercial. Hundred percent. That was a good reference, Moods, because it is. That's what it is. Like they, yeah. that's what it's doing. It's, I know. Listen, the moment that happened, and you know some other moments in the film, I was like Michael Doherty, like literally caused the chain reaction of making his film from like one of the greatest things ever to to just pointless. Like that is a pointless scene. Like he ruined it. Like he literally yep. ruined it by putting that in there. Yep. It, it's it's not a good choice. There's no reason that that needs to be there. None. Mm-hmm. Tell me why, Derek. Tell me why that needs to be there. It just What does it add to the film? See the way I look at it, you don't have to have that comedic setup with that with those gingerbread and shit. I never thought it was comedic. I thought it was Some of the toys you were never actually... thought it literally was like, "Whoa!" and it like spun around. Like that's not com- that's not a fucking cartoon. Are you kidding no, me? It's a gingerbread it's, man. That's what it's, it's supposed cartoon. to sound like. He takes the bite out of the gingerbread man. Don't make it, sounds. They're it goes gingerbread. It goes like this. It goes. Like this and yeah. it fucks him up. And I'm like, what the fuck? This is so retarded. Oh, that, that's straight up cartoon, man. You just put a Looney Tunes cartoon in the middle of a fucking serious part. Like it's all like serious Listen, toned at that at that moment. There was this time when I was a kid and me. And my friend were were little kids, and his sister was babysitting us. And we're in. We have a porn tape, right? It's it's pornography. It's it's a porn tape, and we're watching it because that's what you do. You're like, oh fuck, I got this porn tape. Like, like check it out, man. And then like his sister said, we hear his sister coming down the hall, so we hurry up and po- pull it out and 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 you know, flip the channel to to Toy Story two i think <laughs> and or toy story one i can't remember and she's like what are you doing and we're like watching toy story one that's what this was like right you're watching something hardcore for adults and then all of a sudden you're watching toy story one <laughs> it's ridiculous i was like is this fucking toy story what's going on with this gingerbread dude why is he in my movie so do you, do you figure it like if they didn't have that set up with the gingerbread like they took a totally different approach and you get introduced to all these demonic toys um, do you think that would have been fine? Because like once you yeah, get into like because the Jack in the Box, still the Clown, be and scary. Right? Well, those like things they... actually were pretty damn cool though. Like yeah. once those things are kind of shown to you in the film, and like there, there's a really dark scene where you get uh, the Jack in the Box. I think is is eating that kid, right? You just see kind of the shoes getting stuffed down and stuff. I'm like, that's... Uh, that was before that scene. Is it be no? No, it's yeah, not. It's before, yeah. And then the gingerbread man come after when after he hears the screaming and he gets shot with the Neil guy. No, after the gingerbread man from the from the the fireplace I'm talking about. Oh, okay, the fireplace scene. Okay. Yeah, no, after that, that's kind of the that's the trigger moment in the film, and then all the shit kind of goes haywire from there. But I, I, I kind of one thing I do like about this film is that they're not afraid to like kill kids. Like the first couple of people that are that are that died. PG thirteen film. 100% with you on that. That's that's yeah. great. It's yeah. pretty good, man. The first two people that are di- that you're killed are kids. And and, and it's kind of interesting who the first victim is, too. Like, it, it's kind of, you know, they, they took some chances with that. I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. But, Could you uh, imagine if they did just play it straightforward, though? If they played it straightforward, people would be talking about this movie like, yeah. like dude, holy shit, Michael Doherty did it again. Trick or treat too. This is fucking. He 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 fucking murdered both holidays. Like you know what yeah. I mean. Like 
Ah, I, it's just I frustrating. Even too. Like after we left the theater, and I said, "Man, honestly, like I would, I was complaining about like you know the overabundance of comedy stuff." But I think how if it had played out like this, you know, you have the beginning of the film the way it is, you know, the the comedy and stuff like that, and then you don't have that trigger moment in the film and it kind of plays itself serious and you know it's mostly serious throughout. i mean there's obviously some more comedic moments with some stupid gingerbread men and stuff but i think it would have changed the overall feel because Fucking, listen, take the gingerbread point, man like, out completely 100 exactly. all of them and you have this movie everybody would like it more they don't yep. the, some people serious. are willing to excuse it and forgive it dave i cannot i don't have no fucking idea how that dude didn't get mad at that because he's, he's like me with that shit man he doesn't like comedy he's in that i don't I, i'm confused because <laughs> like not question uh, that like how the fuck like you always complain about comedies uh i don't know yeah it, it's pretty crazy man it's a complete moment but, that does not belong in that movie it, it, it just seems like he, i mean it's not a total waste i mean if you can look past that and stuff but which i there, did I, like i'm gonna be honest i i really like this movie aside from that stuff the uh, the visuals in this film are fucking outstanding. I mean, what, honestly, some of the oh my god, dude! Like the out, like dude. Yeah, the it, outside. When, it, it's like when it's, it's like that dark, 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 dark snow. Like, dude, like that reminds me of when I was a kid and I would like go, ah, oh, dude, like like you night snow about, snowboarding and shit, dude. Yeah, you want to talk about like cold, nasty feeling, man? That he captured that atmosphere so well. When the sister was going to her boyfriend's place, like that was fucking crazy. And like, and you know, when they went looking for her and they, they go into the house and stuff and it's just all snowy, the doors open, everything's like all desolate and dead and stuff. And Uh oh man, it's just, it's so awesome. I love that shit, man. That DHL driver. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You signed for this? And I'm like, oh God, that's me. Jesus Christ. (laughs) In that fucking shitty weather, man. Oh, fuck. Yeah, but uh, yeah, good stuff though, man. Good stuff. Yeah, the the visuals are just fucking yeah, out. I mean, not only man. the visuals with the actual just like snow and like the the inside the fireplace stuff like that. Like Krampus looks cool as shit too. The, Krampus, my, my only yeah, complaint that's... with Krampus is like for a movie called Krampus, there's not a whole lot of Krampus. Well, no, that that's kind of what I how I why I say you know. A Christmas vacation mixed with demonic toys, you know, with a Christmas devil in there. (laughs) There isn't a lot of uh, Krampus, which is kind of unfortunate because Krampus does look awesome. Like, the look of Krampus is is really interesting how they made him look. Like, his mouth is open. He kind of has this, like, stupid look on his face. You know, but he's, like, really evil. He must catch a lot of flies. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He, uh, He kind of reminds me of, like something that Jim Henson would have done, you know, just the overall yeah. big look. It's kind of interesting. I just always kind of got that feel. The, the shape um, of him is great, right? Like yeah. The, this, huge like, sort of huge that one scene where he comes out of the fucking chimney, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. He's, he's definitely scary, man. And that's, yeah. that's again, proves my point why if you kept it scary, okay, it, so it would have been really effective. And there's another point. This I literally looked at Dylan in the theater, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? That just happened." There, the scene where Krampus rips—no, I don't even think it's Krampus. Is it Krampus, or is it one of the the elves, or whatever? Uh, I think it actually is Krampus when he rips the uh, ante out of the house. The sound effect. No, on it's that, all the elves. It's like whoop. Yeah, it is the elves. Like, it's literally dude. it's literally that Looney Tune sound. It goes whoop, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" I look over, and I'm like, "That did not just happen." Like dude. what the fuck? Yeah. Those are the serious moment. The Everyone's fighting man, for dude. their life. Everyone's fighting for their life, and all of a sudden, this Looney Tunes sound effect. I'm like, holy fuck, that 
had that not just happen? That is like, so dirty. That stuff makes me. That stuff. That's the type of shit that literally drives me to have a heart attack. I have it. Like written. you're ruining Jake, this, bro. <clears throat> I just want to. As soon as he goes to type this shit, I just want to smack his fucking hand out of the way. Like, dog, stop. Seriously, yeah. man. You're fucking ruining this awesome thing you have here. Like, you're what? super smart. You're creative for coming up with this, but you need to calm the fuck down. Yeah, Do you I think Hollywood had involved with the script at all? There's no, no need. Hundred percent no, because I heard him talk about it. Like he before the movie even came out, he mentioned the comedy stuff. He was like, "Yeah, some people, you know, I, I don't know, dude." It's just it's frustrating to me because um, I like this movie so much with it in there that it would have been one of my favorite movies ever without it in there. You know, what yeah. I mean? like I I really really like this movie. Like it's it like there's shit in here that makes me want to slap my mom, but like the other stuff I like a lot. And, yeah, yeah. Um, like the Christmas spirit, like there's even like, um, you know, kind of getting into the end of the film a little bit. Um, yeah. I thought that they were, I, I felt like they were kind of ballsy, but at the end chose a sit on the fence type of ending. Like, like, I oh, I kind of, yeah. What's up? I don't think it is, man. I think it's just a really, really dark, awesome ending. I think it's great, man. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I feel like it's also on the fence. You think so? Yeah, because what it is is like there, there's a way you can end it really dark. Yeah. And there's a way you could end it like very Hollywood, like oh the family like all survives and they're all back and stuff and everything got erased and it was all a dream like something like that. You know what I mean? That's not what happens, guys. I don't want to spoil it because that's not what happens. But yeah, um, I felt like he kind of sat on the fence a bit where it's like okay, like. If you really think about it, it could be the like you know the dark stuff, but also like not as explicit. Be- yeah, you know, yeah. As as uh, you know, so so still has that sort of lighter tone. And I feel like it's more like on the fence. Like even though like it's definitive on what's happening, like the yeah. way that you see it, it's a little it's more subtle to you. It's on the fence. It's like I don't yeah. want to be that much of a fucking dick. And, well, this and, put it this way, super dark. Yeah, I think I think the approach that they take. I mean, they obviously they throw in a twist right there, right? Is essentially what it is because yeah. there's a moment in the end of the film where you're like, "Are you fucking kidding?" And you know exactly yeah. what that moment was too. You're like, yeah. "Are you fucking kidding me? That is not happening. That's bullshit." Yeah. And then it throws you a fucking twist, right? And then, okay, so that's all cool. But put it this way: say the film ended when. Uh, the boy go. I don't know how to say without fucking spoiling. Uh, well, there, are you saying the before scene, the the pit the... scene? The pit scene. So okay. say he just he, so he falls into this pit or whatever, and then the shit just ends. Yeah. Like would that would that would be crazy because at that point everything is pretty obvious what has just happened, right? I mean, it's dark and mm-hmm. it's just like, like fuck. Like if that had it just ended right there, you would have been like, God damn. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the that's the ending that I probably would choose, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> because like, yeah. I like it's my yeah. I like my motherfucking my motherfucking devils to 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 not have fucking to be devils. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I like yeah. my devils to actually be devils. You know, I, like they they need to act how they act. Like and. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm mean spirited when it comes to endings. I think they're more powerful than happy endings. I, nine oh, times out of ten, a downbeat ending gets me more 
feeling than a, a positive ending. But that's not saying I don't like positive endings because you need them, or else the bad, the negative endings wouldn't have as much weight if they were all they negative. Lose, so. Yeah, they lose yeah. weight for sure. Um, but it's just more just like the Krampus's henchmen and his little evil um, elves and shit like that. Don't they kind of remind you of like Troll Two trolls? Yeah, with masks cover yeah. their. You totally do. When I first watched it, I was I said to Don, I was like, "Those are troll two fucking elves right there." <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? I, I didn't have a problem with it at all. I think they actually look pretty damn cool. But yeah, uh, and that's the thing. They're running like, through those snowmen, like past them and stuff. Uh, snowmen look fucking awesome. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I, I just think there's okay. Actually, I do have one question. Um, I don't know if it's missed in the film by me twice. I don't know. The uh, what is the family's background? The the grandma. What is she speaking? German. German. Is it is German? Okay. Because yeah. it just doesn't sound fucking German to me. Like I understand. Like some of the words that she was using, I'm like, yeah, those are German uh, words and stuff. And I was like, it just didn't come off as German. Aaron's like, I think she's German. I'm like, yeah, I think. Yeah, so. the she, actress is actually German. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that makes sense. But I was just making sure Dude, that that's what their background actually was because um, a lot of the you know the Krampus and stuff. A lot of that folk legend and stuff i think it, comes from um well, I, I know there was certain things in amsterdam so i know that's what sent it's or definitely saying. european for sure yeah it, there's a few different i uh, like that flashback scene it's all done with like animation well i was just gonna say derek fuck you i was like I gonna say that as much as i fucking hate the fact that they put a cartoon in my movie with the gingerbread man like i like the fact that they put a cartoon in my movie with that flashback <laughs> because it was artsy and it it, it made sense right yeah. it's it was supposed to deliver a certain feeling and whatever feeling the gingerbread man was supposed to deliver oh, kill yourself um, that but the, me the, the, that flashback you know, was good man i liked it yeah you know tarantino didn't kill bill with the little animated scene and stuff yeah it's like the same thing it gives the same effect. yeah um and it and it made sense like i i like the um whole sort of thing that they did there and you know getting back to like other things in the film i loved the final 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 like i'm just gonna say snow globe like i like that concept a lot like mm. yeah, yeah because when it because when it pans back and then you get to see like the whole picture yeah. and you're like oh fuck that's so crazy man <laughs> you know it, it is cool man it's cool yeah yeah just some just some minor to big flaws in this film actually you know otherwise it's uh it's pretty good i don't know how anybody doesn't find that gingerbread scene completely pointless though like i don't know how you could not agree that like oh yeah that shouldn't have been there like it was my first time at least see that say like it would have been better without it like i could could agree with that it might be a little bit better without it i still enjoy it for what it is for the cartooniness but maybe on a second view i might not like it as much type deal oh man the first time i watched it like oh (laughs) i'll never forget the moment man me and dylan literally looked at each other and went what the fuck and we said it like out loud we're like that did not just fucking happen (laughs) it's like it's so crazy (laughs) exact same reaction exact same reaction crazy but yeah i don't know but this film uh was shot for 15 million dollars which is quite a small budget for a wide release like that and ended up grossing yeah. 42 million um in the usa which you know pretty That's good it? 
That, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's all it made. I'm surprised it didn't do a little bit better. It was marketed pretty well. It's interesting. Yeah. And it being PG-13, you think it would have done a little bit better considering who could get in the theater. So. Yeah, yeah true that. <laughs> Kids so... just aren't uh, that excited about... Uh, Christmas-related horror films these days, I guess, or that's brutal, man. Crazy. Uh, I think if this movie I, I had, you know, know, like when we were growing up, I think it would have been probably done a lot better. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I didn't end up seeing it, so I can't really. Yeah, me either. I saw it this first time. Watch. It's actually kind of funny that I'm the one that got to see it in the theater and you guys didn't, <laughs> considering it's usually the polar opposite. Yeah. Um, uh, Krampus uh, was uh, Austrian and German folklore. Mm-hmm. Austrian, yeah. I mean, Austrian, German, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Nice. Um, yeah, so... Uh, you guys want to... Get, get in the ratings? Do it. Let's do it. Sure. Right, so... Um, oh, one little bit of trivia. 90%, 5% of this movie was actually shot on a sound stage. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Also, for, uh, not screened in advance for critics. Yes, I, d- I actually did read that. I was on IMDb earlier. Really? I wonder what the critics would have said about the uh, the gingerbread. Man. I don't know. They gave it a, actually got very good like Rotten Rotten Tomatoes. This film. You know, like I'm not gonna, like I'm not saying. You know what? Um, let's go into ratings. <laughs> <laughs> Who didn't go first? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that was me. Um, do you remember what I rated this film before? I think you gave it like a six point five. Did yes. I? Uh, really sure. Yeah, uh, Krampus, man. This movie—it's a little bit of a roller coaster for me in parts. Um, but you know, I think there's a lot more good parts to this film. I just wish that the bad parts or the upsetting parts to me weren't that upsetting <laughs> you know the tonal switches man in this are just like it, it's it's something i've never really experienced in a film i think it's because i just wanted that atmosphere to continue and just go into dark dark territory and stuff considering what we're dealing with here we're dealing with a christmas devil you know things are gonna get bad you know this is the whole point of the film having this outrageous ridiculous comic relief in it it it, it threw me for a fucking loop and you know even upon a second watch it just did not get any better for me um ridiculous i mean i don't understand how that dog didn't burn its mouth up eating that flaming gingerbread man are Um, you kidding me like he just snags out of the air it's all flaming he just eats it like it was not on fire I used to put cigarettes out on my tongue. And but that thing was like a ball of flame, though, man. That's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, you can put those things. I know how to do. You just put spit in your on your tongue, but. Yep. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? It's like ugh, fucking stupid. Um, but no, overall, man, it, it does have a lot of uh, good things going on in it, man. I mean, the visuals are just something else. I love the way Krampus looks. I like all the the little add-ons besides the gingerbread man. I think the uh, the Jack in the Box is really good. Actually, pretty much all the toys were, I mean, very influenced by Full Moon and Demonic Toys. I mean, you can't get any more Full Moon than that. But, I mean, it worked, though. I, I think they were actually pretty fun and pretty uh, – the, the effects on them were really good, too, I have to admit. They look pretty nasty. Um, but, you know, for a PG-13 film, I think the biggest surprise for me is the fact that 
he had a little bit of balls in this film, you know, killing off kids and, and things like that. And, uh, that is uh, something else you don't get to see every day. And I give him mad props for, for pushing the boundaries in this film and doing that. Especially in PG-13. Well, that's, yeah. that's what I said. You know, PG-13 film, it's like, it's something unheard of. You just never see shit like that. Um, but, you know, this one plays out pretty well. And I really do like the ending. The ending's actually a saving grace in this film, you know. Uh, you know, I think they could have ended this film pretty poorly. I mean, it... <laughs> Uh, and it could have completely been a, an abomination, but you know, overall, I think uh, the whole film as as a whole is actually a lot better than I was giving it credit for before. I think I was just so shell shocked by the fact of what I had seen, and I just couldn't get past it. I just, I really yeah. could not get it, past. It definitely it. helped that you softened the blow when I seen it. I knew it was coming. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, to be mm-hmm. honest, watching this time around, you know, knowing what I was getting myself into really did help. And I kind of tried to overlook it. I'm still not happy with what I've seen with that shit. But the rest of the film is pretty good. You know, I mean, the acting is really good. Um, there's there's a lot of good direction in this film and stuff. I just wish, uh, another bit, a little minor complaint, I wish there was more Krampus on, on screen. You know, yeah, and you get cool as shit. That's the thing. Like, you really only get to see Krampus up close in probably the last 20 minutes of the film. I mean, you get to see a little bit of him here and there and stuff, mostly his henchmen and and demonic toys and shit which is kind of an interesting premise in itself i don't know if that's actually part of folklore if, if krampus possessed these other things i would actually like to know more about the actual legend of it but if that's something that doherty just threw into the film himself it's kind of creative it's kind of cool i guess it makes sense it's christmas there's toys around i mean it's just it is what it is right mm-hmm. um but uh yeah you know krampus man i definitely enjoyed it a lot more this time around i'm gonna give it a seven and a half out of ten i'm going up a whole point on this one and uh i do recommend it though i mean you know what you're getting yourself into so all right so uh yeah krampus to me um i knew going in this is the first time i seen it by the way i knew going in that that there was going to be this sort of tonal shift in the film so it did it did help with me expecting that it wasn't as jarring jar jar um, jar jar <laughs> to the jarring jar. Uh, yeah, so uh, I did really much enjoy this movie. Like, I like it a lot. It's definitely one of my favorite Christmas horror movies now. Hundred percent. I, I I really feel that way. It's 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 gonna be one of those that are gonna people are gonna talk about it for years. You know, at ten years from now, it's gonna be considered a Christmas classic. Um, that it hear me out on this guys people listening like even if you like the movie right if you like the movie if, or if you love the movie honestly ask yourself this question if the gingerbread sound effects and the flipping around and the Pillsbury Doughboy thing and the woman flying out of the house with the sound effects if that had not been in the movie would it be better and I, I can't believe that somebody would say that it wouldn't so just honestly ask yourself that and that that is where i'm coming from with it um in the Uh ending room i just don't i i just feel like you make that call and you're like "Ah, i feel like this is not the this is not the appropriate vibe um but with that said that's really the only negatives i had in the entire movie the entire movie like yeah and that's why it's so i'm staying on them so much is one it's it's the only thing that i had wrong with it and two, had they not been there, I would have liked it probably two points more. Um, 
it, I love, I do love the atmosphere though. That it's one that it might have some of the best Christmas atmosphere of all time. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give Krampus 2015 um, a solid eight out of ten. Nice. Wow. Wow. Two points higher that would have been. Without those things, it would have been a ten out of ten. It could have been. It really could have been. If they played I, it straightforward the whole time, dude, it might be. It might be. Honestly. No, I I hear you, man. I'd be in you know the high nine range too, man. Because otherwise, this film is pretty damn good. Because it changes the whole. Like when when you see the end, right? The like the things that are happening to the last people, the last characters involved, right? Had there not been that lighthearted silliness that becomes way more powerful. So that yep. one little lighthearted silliness thing I know. changes how you feel about characters and what happens to them. It 100% does because that makes you feel like, oh, it's silly. Everything's going to be okay. But if it ends on a, wow, yeah, that yeah. sucks. Like, it's essentially like hell, you know what I mean? It's the devil. Like, it, it, that, that, that scene does more than just stand there on its own as a scene it changes how you feel about the characters i probably would have been up around eight with you but i think the second time around the uh the ant getting thrown out the out the house <laughs> with that tune sound actually bugged me even more this time around because i mean i've put sounds into movies before and that is completely an utter fucking ridiculousness they, you know they do that, that trick was- or treat right yeah, yeah I, just, you, I think you guys said you couldn't hit, you didn't remember it happening, but it, it totally happens in Trigger Trigger. This one is just so damn blatant, though, because it's long, too. It's like, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? I can't even do that noise, but you guys all know that Looney Tunes library sounds. It's like, oh my god. Like, in the middle of, like, a serious scene, too. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Yeah. Okay. Necessary. Okay, so... Krampus, 2015, first time watch for me. Uh, very interesting development of this film with like its comedy aspect. With like, uh, get to meet like this family during Christmas and the way the family dynamics is. Dynamics. With the uh, dynamics. Dynamics. <laughs> dynamics. That's how I said it, man. That's how I talk, yo. <laughs> You're the new Jeremy. <laughs> Suburban uh, film. Suburban <laughs> <laughs> film. Oh shit! I love it. Suburban film. <laughs> Sorry, man. Keep going. I'm fucking dying over here. Dynamic. <laughs> I could think it was fucking the dragon breath part from uh, Gremlins, and then the gong sound in the background. Gong. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, I hate that part too. That's fucking so <laughs> ridiculous, too, man. It's the same shit, right? Fuck. Yeah, but at least in Gremlins, the whole fucking movie is silly. My point exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Derek. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. Where was I? With the dynamics. family dynamics. Yes, I got it this time. <laughs> Fucking... You were talking about the dynamics. Dexter, get out of here, fuck. I talk now? Thank you. But I like the whole family. <laughs> How long have we fucking been recording it, man? We're like losing it. 
Dexter, go, you asshole. Dude, so sorry, man. Fucking, uh. My dog's being a dick. Go. Get out of here. All right, continue. Okay, the family's development throughout, like, the beginning scenes, and it has, like, this character of Max, and we see, like, he wants to really believe in Christmas, and he loses his faith, and then he rips up his Santa's list, and Krampus comes, and then this dark atmosphere happens. And I like how Krampus is kind of like a devil in a way because he doesn't actually interact with our main characters and most of them, for the most part, he actually sends out his henchmen because it's more of a cat and mouse game with him. He likes to be mischievous and have fun and tighten his meat up for the real send them to hell type deal. So he plays a little cat and mouse with them before he actually sends them to hell and I like like the atmosphere, and I like how these like snowman look. There is a few scenes of comedy that I could agree with, even though I didn't really mind them. The gingerbread man scene is silly, but I didn't mind it as much because I did like the the cartoony aspect, and I did like the one fucking line in the book. I just got my ass kicked by fucking Christmas cookies. Let me ask you this, Derek: Why do you like the cartoon aspect of it? Because I like that kind of stuff in movies. You just like cartoons? So yeah. I like cartoons, too, when I watch Looney Tunes, not when I watch Krampus. <laughs> man, I fucking love Looney Tunes, man. Looney Tunes is my shit, 100%. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'll ride I a guy could... with Looney Tunes. But Isn't it funny when you take Krampus. the Looney Tunes out of the Looney Tunes and you put them into something else? You're like, fuck Looney Tunes, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. But right. either, either way, I just like the cartoony stuff in films, I guess. I do like my serious stuff, too. But this film has, like, this very interesting ending. I love the whole fucking end of this movie and the whole concept that goes with the ending. And it could actually lead to maybe more Krampuses in the future with Cram- others. Krampies? Yeah, Krampies, yeah. How do, you, how, how do you pluralize Krampus? Krampuses. I don't think you can pluralize Krampuses. No, I don't even think it works. I don't think you can do that. Krampies. Krampies. This portion of the show right now is almost as bad as the fucking gingerbread. This is like the cartoon part of it. This is the roast of Derek. It's because we've been recording for a while, and I think we're all getting tired. Yeah, we're on but yeah, I do like the cast, the characters, and the ending and the development. A little cartoony, but it couldn't be in the film. But I don't mind in the film, so I'm gonna give it a solid eight out of ten. Also, Sweet. wow, I'm the lowest. What a surprise! Um, used to be. I'm the highest. What a surprise! Used to be the highest all the time, right? Yeah, that was you for a while. Well, I mean, you got to you got to remember we have Jeremy who fucking hates everything, yeah. and uh, I mean that's pretty tough <laughs> to be fucking lower yeah, than. Yeah, and me. I'm I'm the fairest of them all. Fairest, Jesus Christ, Mara, Mara. I gotta say, man, I don't know why Krampus didn't have a better tagline. I mean, you better watch out. <laughs> I feel like there needs to be like a legit like like I've been listening to a lot. Like I get mad at sports radio when they start talking about like fucking McCutcheon or like baseball during off season. I just have no interest in it at all. 
this I'll change it and like the next station is like a Christmas usually music and like I'm listening to all these Christmas songs and I'm like oh, th- there's like st- how does a Christmas song become a classic Christmas song right like we all know the classics like they're they're everywhere right but like, when do you get it. when do you get one so it's like the worst one um when <laughs> when do you get so popular <laughs> so like when how do you hit find this gold like strike a match like strike lightning to where like the words are perfect and it becomes this classic Christmas song and I'm like doesn't really happen that much anymore like I can't really think of any from you know well obviously it wouldn't it takes time to become one but you know even like the most of them are old as shit right so um I was thinking like somebody needs to really sit down and make like a like a not a silly dumb but like a good Christmas Krampus song right like a like a Christmas devil song and it doesn't have to be like straight like he'll bite off your fucking guts or whatever like it, it could be like subtle like you know like um What's that one nursery rhyme thing like the ring around the rosy Parker pole posies that that you know how it's like all about ashes uh, ashes we all yeah fall. yeah it's like the black yeah. plague right so yeah, like, yeah. it could be like more subtle like that you know what I mean like <laughs> so, somebody needs to do that man. dude yeah that's because there's, there's there's hundreds and hundreds of songs about Santa Claus and Christmas and stuff what about the opposite of it right the Christmas devil the bad parts. Maybe get uh, fucking ICP to do the song or something like that. Fuck it. <laughs> they probably it. have a fucking Krampus song, man. <laughs> they, they probably do. They fucking uh, from... have like a million songs. Yeah, I know. Shit, man. Yeah. Alrighty. So I guess that is going to do it yeah. for this uh, fourth annual Christmas, Christmas extravaganza. Yeah, man. Stole the Probably words right out of your mouth. <laughs> you did, man. Um... God, I don't know why I just I like have the giggles or something. It's so fucking weird. The good thing about these films though that we review today, they do have a like cool Christmas vibes all of them. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah. next year I'm I'll, I'll be curious to see what we get, you know, if we do the um <sighs> viewers choice again, who who knows what there's like I think that Moods was kind of bummed that we got these three like the most it's pretty much basic movies that you can possibly get for this. But yeah. If anything, that opens up next year for for being a little bit more um, unpredictable with what mm-hmm. we could get, uh, which is pretty cool. So, uh, really excited for a year from now. Always. You know, it's actually interesting because you know we talked about all through the house, and I believe that one didn't even get one vote, and there was like twenty five movies on that list. That's kind yeah. of crazy. What did you vote for? I voted for Don't Open Till Christmas. Um, fuck, I don't even remember. Don't Open Till Christmas, I think. I have no idea. I can't I remember. I think I voted for Gremlins, Dead End, and P2, maybe? No, oh, or, I, think I, I think I voted for Elves, elves, too. I might have voted for Elves. Elves, Don't I, Open Till Christmas, and some else. I think I voted for Gremlins, Krampus, and Sheetan. <laughs> So you pretty much got all your wishes there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, is demonic toys set on Christmas? I don't know. Actually, I don't remember. To be honest, it's not. It fucking should be. Yeah, it really should <laughs> God be. Damn it! <laughs> Missed Watch, opportunity. Well, I Charlie, he... Charles Bands listen to this podcast or now? Demonic Toys Three comes. Is, is Ginger Dead Man Three set on Christmas or is no, it around? It's set, the... No, it's set in the seventies. 
Yeah, but it, well, but it's not was set still around fucking Christmas in the seventies. I know, I know, it's a throwback to the seventies, but isn't it set around? Is it not set? What am I thinking of? I don't know. Ginger Dead Man One on Christmas at least. I don't know. It's something like I, I know there's a film I just can't remember the setting of the film. It's so fucking you weird. Know, but that's, surprisingly, Full Moon is like you know they tackle a lot of like things. Like I'm surprised they haven't exploited the Christmas market yet. No doubt. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Huh. Well, anyways, that is going to do it, guys, for episode 97. And uh, yeah, so our next episode is going to be the 2016 year in review show featuring uh, Derek and Andy's coming back for that show. So they're going to be four lists. I'm sure that'll be just a drunken mess. Yeah, I'm getting BS for that episode. Yeah, I think I actually might as well, honestly. Yeah, that'll be fun, man. I'm looking forward to it, man. Just got we got a couple weeks here. Down to the uh we're down to the nitty gritty, man. Nitty-gritty. I gotta check out a few more films here and hopefully there's one or two I don't know if I can get my hands on to see, but I need to see them. So um maybe hit up I'm Jason Lloyd because he gets a lot of screeners and he can maybe help you if Yeah, if, I'm gonna see what I can something. do. Because the... he helped me with one too so okay or even dave so uh yeah ayo that's my (laughs) dude all right guys uh jp take us out of here yo yo guys thank you for checking out episode 97 of the 22 shots of moods and horror podcasts we love you guys thank you for making christmas viewers choice i think volume this is uh, Viewer's Choice Volume 4 Christmas 2016 Edition possible. Uh, if you want to do any of the things that I ask, please do so. iTunes reviews always help. Voicemails for Episode 100, both your greatest horror film and just anything you want to say about the podcast. Also, Top 10 of 2016 list. Email me at 22ShotsOfMoodsAndHorror at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to follow us on twitter 22 shots podcast we're on horror Mino, uh or however the fuck you say that facebook.com slash group slash 22 shots podcast you got d bougie 83 you got mood 616 <laughs> you got double shot j on youtube uh instagram what's the instagram derek at 22 shots of moods and horror podcasts Right. Was out of his way to purposely say his name wrong <laughs> <laughs> and then uh also Seven two four four two six 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 five. Um thank you guys. See you in the new year. Merry Christmas, guys. Be safe and out there on Christmas too. In New Year. Yeah.